warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode Hi, it's Nick Swartzen, and welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <gasps> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right, Jake, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I missed you guys last week. It, it sucked. Yeah? So, yeah? Work and all that stuff? All that stuff, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, last minute rearranging with people having fucking bullshit going on, so you'll have that. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the best podcast out there. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm just in yeah. time for the San Diego Comic-Con extravaganza. I know, this San Diego Comic-Con extravaganza. <laughs> Should I say it like that for the rest of the podcast? Please do. Yeah, extravaganza. Do they consider, like, uh, car sales, like, you know, like a local car uh, company, like, uh, like a dealership, would they call like their their big sale? Would they like would they call it a blowout or an extravaganza? I think they call it both, but once a year. Once a year, yeah, and they it only happens. And an extravaganza. It only happens once a year. Each of these sales, right? Exactly. Every sale is exactly. the biggest fucking sale they've ever had. It only happens once a year, Jake. Now's the time. Only to, once a year. Now's the time to get that new Hyundai, Jake. You been thinking about that new Hyundai? Now's the time, Jake. I think I'm going to have to miss another episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jake, what's the, uh, we got guests. I'm going to introduce them. What's the pussiest <laughs> name for a car or what's the dumbest name for a car? Oh man. I'm trying to think that's a, that's a rough one. I um, got, I got a couple. Hold on. Let's get our guests in here. And we'll ask them the question too. We are joined by Rebecca Daling from number one comic books and the animated Badcast podcast. Welcome Rebecca. Hello, good to be here. And guess who's back? Mr. Jacob Harmon from Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Welcome back, Jacob. Always a pleasure to be here with you guys. All right, question for you. Uh, Jake, have you thought about it a little bit more? Man, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm racking my brain. I don't really know any of them that don't sound, you know, pretty damn manly. I, not, not even just man, just a dumb fucking name for a car. I think the, the Pontiac Bonneville. 
right? <laughs> the Bonneville. That's the bon- a good like, one. Like, what are you driving? I drive a Bonneville. That sounds like that sounds like a neighboring town that nobody goes to. You're like a large purse. Yeah, uh, a large purse. How so? I don't know. Just the, the Bonneville. It just sounds like some kind of like utensil. Oh shit! So like you're pulling out like a purse, uh, a, a purse uh, gift guide, or like a yeah, what are they uh, like a and they they got the different models of purses in there, right? This is this is uh, this is a thing that exists. This book, and so you're looking at different models of, of purses, and you get to the Bonneville, and it's got it's got all the pouches. It's like Rob Liefeld shit a purse. Exactly. It's got a wallet inside the purse. Yeah, it's got a wallet inside of a purse. It's got zippers all over the place. The Bonneville. You know what I think is the dumbest fucking uh, car name? The uh, Chevy Malibu. Because nobody that lives in Malibu would drive that piece of shit. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. You know, it sounds like a spray on cologne. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. What is that bod spray or Axe body? It's the Axe body spray of the car world. Exactly. Yeah, Who it. needs to shower when you have Axe body spray? Oh my gosh, fucking Axe body. The smell of middle school locker rooms all over America. <laughs> oh man. What was the weirdest place? That, like, I know you did it when you were a teenager and you first started using the cologne. Like, uh, did you, did you put the cologne in places it shouldn't be? On places on your body? I totally did. <laughs> Probably, I don't have any memories of doing that, but I, I I'm not saying I, I, I shame it. I'm sure I did. I was like, I was like, all right, let's put it on the balls today. Let's do this. <laughs> I think all young men have been there at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. I think balls. It's a place for lotion. It's not a place where you fucking mist yourself in Dracar Noir. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> Especially after Manscaped and it burns a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our San Diego Comic Con 2019 episode. We're going to be talking about San Diego Comic Con 2019 and all the news that is coming out from San Diego. I think, uh, Jake, I think that uh, I want to get my name in the headlines. I'm actually going to legally change my name to Sandy Ego. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, and I'm going to start my own convention. And people are going to show up, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? And I'll be like, my name is Sandy Ego. <laughs> and, and are you going to allow them to play their trailers? I, if they want to bring trailers, they can. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I think I'm, I'm trying. To, the, the goal here is to actually get sued by San Diego Comic-Con. And I'm going to spell my last name, E-G-G-O. I want to get sued by the Waffle Company as well. Oh, it's the twofer, the right. classic twofer. Yeah, I want them both to go for me. You know what I mean? I want San Diego yeah. Comic Con to gun for me, and then I want the fucking, I want the the waffle place, the waffle people to fucking come after me too. I believe I believe it's Kellogg that will be coming after you. Oh, Kellogg makes the old egos. Yeah, yeah. I'm already ranking this one as one of our worst episodes. <laughs> I will. I will go ahead and, and say if we were power ranking just comic-con episodes this is the worst of those already oh that's easily easily the worst <laughs> of the comic-con episodes but i'm just saying overall too i would put this in the in the bottom half you know what i mean i don't i'm not ready to jump that far this is pretty yet. craptastic i'm gonna change my name to sandy ego and let's talk about the bonneville purse for 10 minutes <laughs> I, I know, know what <laughs> happened the pre-show talk was absolutely hilarious we had like running gags in the pre-show talk and now we're just like bleh, bleh. <laughs> 
jeez. Oh, All right. Let's move on into, uh, we've got some iTunes reviews. Let's read these fuckers. It's one star forever it gives us a five star uh, it's titled drunken slurring and screaming and uh i love this podcast makes it worth listening to all six hours when the host gets drunk and either starts slurring his words or screaming at his co-host highly recommended all right well we got a doozy of an episode for you tonight i think why, why would you say that i don't know i just assumed well, yeah i'm gonna start slurring my words and just yelling at you I mean, you're not drinking water. I'm, I'm not. It's not like I. <laughs> not like I plan these things. Like, oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. It's not. It's not like it's uh, fucking like I'm Arnold Jackson. And it's like what you talking about, Willis? Like my catchphrase is fucking just yelling at you incoherently. <laughs> you're getting so offensive. I, I'm hardly saying the world is flat here. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see here. Uh... No, it's just, uh, you're, you're calling, you're calling, like you're Babe Ruth over there, calling it. Like, oh yeah, we got a doozy for you tonight. Wait until, wait until he gets all drunk and starts yelling at people and shit. <laughs> Why are you gonna scare our guests like that too, you know? I'm trying to help out, man. This guy gave us a five star because of those very things. I mean, a lot of people hate it though. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. I, don't, I might start right now. I'm not even drunk. Fucking, let's fucking. <laughs> there we go. I don't know if people will like that as much. Yeah, the sober arguing. If you think the drunk arguing gets people uncomfortable, the yeah. sober arguing really fucking does. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, lemon party lover sixty nine. Uh, oh god. <laughs> oh, I think only our listeners have these stupid <laughs> fucking. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah, there's no chicken or the egg question here. Obviously, they came up with these names after listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's titled Love the Podcast, guys, slash ladies. It's a five-star. Been a huge fan of the podcast. I've been listening since the Infinity War episode, and every episode is always hilarious. I think at least once every episode, Brian says he hates this episode, and it's always funny to me for some reason keep up the great work and i also would like to add that y'all little sensitive and you starts what is that and this review is going so oh well. hold on hold on it's it's anus tarts but he combined it into one word <laughs> i know it also he called, us, he called us sensitive anus tarts no 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 hold on hold on oh, it's, let, me, let me back check here <laughs> Okay, he, he, he gave his thought, thoughts about the podcast, and now he is, uh, he or she is giving their feelings on, uh, people that listen and don't like the podcast. They, they, uh, this person goes on to say, and I would also like to add that, uh, all y'all little sensitive anus tarts writing. I, <laughs> <laughs> Those are not Kellogg products, just so you know. I like, oh man, I think it's, that's brilliant because I think the reason he combined those, he or she combined those is because iTunes probably would have like, if they would have saw the word anus in there, they would have removed the review and he's like, you know what, I'm just going to combine it with the word tarts 
and uh, they'll <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows what this word is. <laughs> Sensitive anus tarts. Oh man, I I right, like I'm that. I'm back on board. I do like that as an insult. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna start using that. Fucking sensitive little anus tart. <laughs> yeah, I also like the yeah, that all your little, little sensitive anus tarts writing bad reviews need to grow up and stop calling Brian a bully. Go find a safe place for your feelings and shove ro- uh, shove rocks up your cunts, you little babies. Whoa. I mean, shit. I love you, guy. <laughs> I, love, I love. I fucking love this guy. Stop calling Brian a bully. Go find a safe place for your feelings and shove rocks up your cunts, you little babies. So, so he doesn't. So he censors the word anus. Yeah, but he doesn't censor the word cunt. No, the oh, yeah, hold I'm on. Get ready to bring this point up, here. guys. How many times do I have to tell you the asterisk is a beautiful thing? It's a beautiful thing. He spells it C asterisk N T S. Ah, yeah. Ah, okay. See? He's got multiple methods in one review to this, get all these swears by. He is a fucking master. This is like uh, this is like my swear sensei. Uh, learning so much from Lemon Party Lover sixty nine today. I love your guys' banner because when you have friend because uh, when you have friends like how all of you are, this is a normal debate. LOL. Sorry for my long review. I you know what I it could have been longer. You know I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. This is great. If this, yeah. if, I, if I was rating this on Rotten Tomatoes, which I can't do now, I would give this a fresh rating, Jake. <laughs> yeah, if we would have started with this review, uh, maybe we wouldn't have been talking about how bad this episode was already. I don't know. This guy, he gave, he gave it a jump start, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good now. Mm-hmm. Shove those rocks up your cunts, you little babies. Oh, I love it. <laughs> beautiful. What a wordsmith. I'm telling anus tarts, right? I mean, jeez. This guy's a fucking poet. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. The next one comes from Shway3190. Uh, it's titled, I Love the Podcast. It's a five star. I love the conversations that you guys have. The arguments are hilarious, and you'd have to be a fool not to love the show. I don't always agree with some opinions, but that's fine. I don't know how to make the show any better because, in my eyes, it's already perfect. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that one was a little bit much, right? No, I liked it. I liked it because he's like, you know, I like I like the show, but I don't always agree with their opinions. Like there was a little bit of, uh, you know, like, hey, I don't always agree with your opinions, but you know, no, I took that part. He's also I hate it when people I don't you know that's like one of those things like where people you know when people are like, hey, what can we do to make the show better, Jake? I don't give a fuck. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, and I get that too. It just falls off the rails when he gets into the. Uh, it's already perfect, and any little change would just distract from how perfect you guys all are. Kind of stuff. It was yeah. like, oof. I don't know. It's just one, of, especially in an iTunes review, when somebody's giving me advice on how I should do the show. Oh, maybe a little less of this and more of this, and it's like, oh yeah, because. Uh, uh, Johnny Fucknuzzle says, uh, oh, Johnny Fucknuzzle 712 says we need to do this. We should start doing this now. You know? <laughs> yeah, fuck Johnny Fucknuzzle. He's an anus heart. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I like this review. I thought it was Shway 3190. I liked it. It was good. Dannerman 71 titles his pop culture takeover. It's a five star. And he goes on to say, I had a stable uh, of three to four podcasts that I used to listen to on the way to work and back. I was happy and content. Then I discovered this podcast. (laughs) 
like they say in the bumper, if you can't stand a long podcast, move along. If you can, do yourself a favor and lock this in. You will discover a brilliant, great-paced show led by incredibly informed, well-researched, passionate hosts that will open your pop culture world to things you may have never heard, seen, or played. Guys, great job. Keep up the great work and get to the friggin' advertised content whenever you want. Thanks for dominating my ride to work. Peace out. Dannerman71. Nice. I like that one. I like how he kind of implied that he doesn't even listen to other podcasts now because mm-hmm. we're basically, we basically knocked him out. We won like a, some kind of podcast battle royal here. Yeah, exactly. They're all fucking dead in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he said they were in a stable. He had a stable of them? Like they were horses? Like that. I thought that was an interesting choice of words. Really, Rebecca, you're gonna you're gonna use you're gonna pick on the word stable. I wasn't picking on it. I thought it was funny. That's what I said. <laughs> she said she liked it. <laughs> he had a stable of three. You've never you people use that. Yeah, that's. I think the word stable is actually what led me into kind of making the wrestling metaphors because they talk about stables of three or more people. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. Didn't know that. Mm. So much for our incredibly informed and well-researched, passionate <laughs> hosts. Yeah, I got to go and die back and exposed. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. If that goes down to a fucking four-star, we know why. Anyway. Okay, it'll be my fault. <laughs> um, no, this next one is my fault. It's titled One and Done. And it's by McFly718, which... McFly, M-I-C-K-F-L-Y-7-1-I. This person might be on Twitter. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Um, it's, uh, it goes on to say, I really wanted to like this one. The deep dives into so many great topics and overall friendly banner had won me over in the Endgame episode. Until it was mentioned, oh, that Cap returned Mjolnir. Then, my God, did it turn into a full tantrum by Brian. Other people on the show had at least some points to raise, but instead of maybe trying to convince them of his interpretation, he just shouted over them (laughs) with such arrogance and immaturity, then copped out by saying he had passion. Uh, Props to the other hosts for putting up with the behavior. This turned me off from the entire podcast. I can't stand the thought of potentially hearing (laughs) another shrill shutdown, shout down. Uh, It's just not good entertainment. And that comes from McFly718. I love the way you said passion when you mm. read that review. It's yeah. my favorite part of that review. God, people are... Man, we live in a world of pussies. We really do. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> oh, man. I like how the whole thing just went off the rails. It was like one of those horror movies that you don't realize is a horror movie at first, right? What do you mean? It's, you know, like like the Dust Till Dawn effect. Kind are you of, talking you about know, the where, review or are you talking about the episode? <laughs> either. Okay, I was just trying to narrow it down, so it's it's either or. No, I just I'm thinking of it through his eyes, how like how he narrated it, how he was like, oh, I love this in-game episode, and then the whole thing turned dark. Oh god, <laughs> oh god, and then Brian invaded my safe space. <laughs> oh my god, I would ra- <laughs> see. See, here's the thing. I mean, even if like even if like we wouldn't have had like a big blow up that episode, there would eventually have been an episode where. I would have done something in a future episode that this fucker wouldn't have liked anyway. So it's good to weed him out early. 
Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that we did it right. Like, usually yeah. the problem is, is we win them over with the big movie episodes, mm-hmm. and then they listen to a couple more, yeah. and then we got to hear all then the we gotta, stupid yeah. fucking complaining. Uh-huh. I love their movie reviews, and then... Yeah, we killed it. We killed it. The Endgame episode was a roaring success, is what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. So those are the iTunes reviews this week. What do we got here? Oh, yeah, I want to thank... Um, I want to thank all of our Rotten Tomatoes reviewers that have really put in a lot of work. Um, uh, big thanks to Brooke Doherty. Um, she's done a fantastic job. Michael Winkler, you've done a great job. Joe Stark, uh, Melissa Sloter, Stephanie Chapman, uh, and Tristan Brown. And then Rebecca, you've done a lot of work you know, doing the research and stuff, and I really appreciate everything. So thank you guys. Yeah, everybody's been, um, yeah, I know Brooke, Brooke and I are doing a lot of like the getting the stuff together and, but, but Brooke does the lion's share where she's like, uh, picking or she's, she's doing like all, all the drafting and stuff for getting people their reviews that they want to do. So yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's definitely a team effort, but I think everybody's doing an awesome job. Yep. You guys are doing great. I, I cannot do it without you. You guys are fantastic and it's really appreciated. So thank you so much, uh, for the wonderful reviews. Got a couple of emails that I did want to read before we start jumping into things. And the first one comes from, uh, Robert Pangburn and he says, Brian, it's been a while since I sent an, an email and I wanted to give you an update on what's been happening in my life. Uh, the last time I wrote in, I had talked about how I've been having trouble with my marriage and i appreciated your advice on this subject i just wanted to let you guys know that since the last time i wrote you my marriage has done a complete 180 my wife and i have recently been able to repair our marriage and we are in a great place i wanted to thank you for your input and support it hasn't been easy but we realize that we need to work out our issues for the sake of our daughter who is autistic uh we have worked really hard to repair our marriage and we are in a great place we didn't want to give up on each other or our family i wanted to thank you all the show has been so helpful to me and has offered me an escape and has helped me get through the tough times i've endured over the past year so thank you guys for being you and always taking time to acknowledge my emails but also the other emails you read from listeners and the respect that you give us all as listeners. I know you guys like to have fun with our emails at times, but in the end, you're always supportive of your fans. You guys are awesome, and I can always count on you guys to bring a smile to my face and laughter to my heart. Keep up the good work and keep being you. Many thanks, Robert. So I I just want to thank Robert for just taking the time to let us know that and let, let us know that you're doing a you know, good, and it's very encouraging that uh, that uh, things have turned around for you. And so, um, I, I like reading stuff like that. This this lifted me up this week. Uh, reading, uh, you know, a couple of these emails that I got from people. It's a, it's been a, I've just had a shitty week, um, and this was just a fantastic read and update from from Robert. So thank you. Yeah, Robert obviously really gets us too. I really like that. You know, it's we kid, we joke. You know, sometimes we really hard rib the stuff that you know listeners email or put in the iTunes reviews. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's what we do. You know, we're just having fun and busting balls. And mm-hmm. you know, man, we you know we recognize that you know what the listeners do for us, and yeah, we, you know we love the majority of our listeners. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just uh, that's uh, that's great, man. I'm glad that you're doing great, and uh, I mean. Just uh, if you need anything, just reach out. Never uh, hesitate to uh, send another email. Um, also got an email here uh, from a listener. 
uh, Stephen Redgrave, um, and uh, goes on to say, Hi, Brian. I want to thank you and Jake for the long hours that you put into this podcast. I should also apologize for not doing so sooner, so sorry for that. Almost a year ago, this great community came together to help you through some financial hardships while you recovered from your Achilles tear. My contribution was to send supplies for your cats. Uh, shout out to Rebecca for being so kind and helpful to me, a complete stranger at the time. I sent you a brief message within the shipment, but what I didn't say is that this podcast not only entertained me with discussions of all those uh, of all these forms of media that I hold dear, it also helped me through a personally dark time. Obviously, it's apparent that I am a cat lover. I also I also live in an area that has a terrible stray cat and dog population. It's very hard for me to see uh, dead animals every day on the side of the road. At one point, I found a kitten no more than eight weeks old. I brought him home and checked at the vet with no cause for concern. He was in my life for two weeks and then abruptly had kidney failure. After rushing him to the emergency vet, all I was told is that I would have to put him down. It was the hardest thing I ever had to decide on. I realized that I'm just weird and most people wouldn't have the response that I did, but I went through a very long depression over this experience. Some days I would be fine and then just start crying at the thought of this kitten. I still have those days, even now as I'm typing, but they are much more far and between than before. This podcast really helped me so much more than I feel I could ever express. And on top of that, you guys gave me a shout out on an episode and compared me to a vampire hunter. This is like Redgrave, right? Is that a whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen Redgrave, vampire hunter. Is that a thing we did? Sounds like us, right? That very much sounds like us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It sounds silly, but just feeling special in that moment meant a lot. It truly helped me get through my issues and become a happier person again. I've been listening for a long time, and I only started being more active in the past six months, I believe. Probably even annoyed you at some point with so many Facebook comments. Uh, just know it's only because I really enjoy the content. Um, I've been interested in starting my own podcast for a while, but never found the courage until I heard your episode recently with Ryan from What's the Focus. Turns out his co-host is a longtime friend of mine, and I reached out to them. They had me as a guest on their latest episode. It truly is a small world. That was my first time doing a podcast and beyond nerve-wracking, but I did it and felt great after. I'm hoping I can use that experience to create something of my own. I've also uh, seen uh, Brooke Doherty post about wanting a few more writers for the PCL website reviews. I would love to contribute to that if at all possible. I'm so excited for how far PCL has come and wish you and Jake nothing but success. Uh, to end this message on a positive note, I ended up taking home another kitten off the streets. Clearly, I was resistant at first, but I did it, and she is living a great life now. Thanks again, and sorry for this long email. I just needed to get that all off of my chest. I also sent some more treats for your cats. They should arrive by the end of tomorrow, if not already. I'm hoping you still live at the same address, or someone will be very confused. Uh, it comes from <laughs> Stephen Redgrave, um, aka Classy Cat Dad, on social media. I did get the treats, and I these are I usually get my guys' temptations. These are the frisky like uh, chicken treats. My guys are going nuts for these fucking things. <laughs> it's crazy. I like they heard me opening a bag, so they came around, and then I put them down for them and they went nuts and then like now every time i go to the part of the room where the treats are they're over here wanting to you know fucking eat them because they love them so thank you they love these treats and now i'm gonna have to start picking those up with the temptations i don't even know if they're gonna go back to the temptations but um they love these new frisky that's a great fucking email 
Yeah, that was fantastic. It's always the people that – the only people that ever apologize for long emails are the ones that don't need to. You ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry for the sorry for the long email, and it's like one of the best emails I've ever read. Usually, uh, usually the, the terrible the terrible ones never apologize. Yeah, when I get to, when somebody's watched like the newest Marvel movie and they give me seventeen bullet points that they want me to read on an episode, I'm just like <laughs> by fucking by point seven, I'm wanting to shoot me shoot myself in the fucking head. Like, oh. <laughs> I you know, it's like for those people, I just want to reply like, "Hey, dude, you need to start your own podcast," and I'm not being sarcastic. I'm like. If you have this much that you want to talk about, you need to start your own podcast. You you know what I mean, Jake? I feel like for people that have that are passionate, so passionate that they'll they'll write a long letter like that. Like they, if they have those thoughts, they need to get them out there. Start their own podcast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I think you know Stephen Redgrave obviously has the chops. You know, writing an email like that. Have you heard his uh, appearance on uh, his buddy's podcast? I have. Like I've. Oh man, there's so many different podcasts that I have not been able to listen to recently. I'm not driving as much these days, and that mm-hmm. was what I used to do: is uh, drive and, and listen to podcasts. There's a new there's a new Rogan episode where he's talking to a guy that I guess worked at Area 51 in the 80s, and I'm like, I I haven't wa- I haven't listened to that yet, and I've been dying to listen to that fucking thing. So you know, I, so I haven't listened to that one. Me yeah, the Bob Lazar episode is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. As yeah. is the documentary on Netflix. That's what I'm hearing, man. That's what I'm hearing. So it's like I'll probably listen to the podcast and then check out that fucking documentary. So, yeah. I, I definitely go down those Area 51 rabbit holes. I want to believe, man. I want to believe. See, this whole, this whole <laughs> like, let's uh, fucking invade Area 51 thing, it's like you've already set a date. And it's like you've now you've given them two months to, like, if, the, if there was anything in there... I don't think they're worried at all. But, like, if there was anything in there, they have plenty of time to move it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not like your parents coming home a day early from vacation. Like, you're you're planning this months in ahead. They're, they're going to sweep everything under the couch. All right, guys. We're going to move all the aliens today. You know, you know. <laughs> it's like. That's right. why we need to strike at Area 52. Yeah, yeah. There we go to Area That's 52. Where they That's where all the good shit is now. That's where all the good shit is. Area 69, that's where the good shit is. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jake, I think you wrote that Lemon Party 69 review, didn't you? No, that's not me. I'm, 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 I'm Lemon Party 420, so different Lemon Party. Yeah, Jake, Jake, Jake is Anus Tart 89. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is me, Blueberry Anus Tart. Mm, my favorite <laughs> flavor of anus time. Does that come with like the toaster strudel drizzle on it too? Uh, you just said yeah. you just said come and drizzle in the same sentence, buddy. Oh man, you belong, Jake. It's true. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's uh, let's move on into this week's uh, good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we would like you to be familiar with our rating system. 
The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Real quick, again, I just wanted to say thank you for those emails. Like, I really needed those this week. Those were fantastic. It really, that, like, lifted my spirits this week. So thank you guys. Really fucking appreciate. And all, all those who didn't send emails like that this week, shame for shame. <laughs> Where's this Brian coming from? I don't know. I'm just bullshitting. It, no, I, I'm totally, no, like the, the for shame shit was all bullshit, but thank you. That was, it was, it was fantastic reading those. Um, Jake, uh, if you haven't, just let me know, but have you finished Stranger Things season three? No, still got a couple episodes left to watch. Been then, watching it with Michelle. And we're gonna it's been, a, been a rough week. We're gonna wait. I don't want to hear nothing. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't, I don't want to know your thoughts until you're fucking done. So okay. We're holding on. We're gonna hold on for one more day. We're gonna Wilson Phillips this shit. All right. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think yeah. I have three left. All right, three left. Let's see here. Uh, good pop, bad pop. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, yeah, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, they showed the... No, this was not at San Diego Comic-Con. This was at the... Uh, at uh, Warner Brothers is not at... They're, they're not at San Diego Comic-Con. They are actually at Scare Diego, which is a completely different convention that just happens to be happening adjacent to San Diego Comic-Con. So that's where the it chapter two final trailer was revealed i believe that's kind of what you want to do with your name change except not as good of a name hold on what i'm not following you dude you like you're <laughs> like seriously like you're, you're like your jokes you ever see that fucking meme of charlie from it's always sunny in philadelphia where he's got like the the fucking the, you know what i mean like with the with the strings exactly behind them the strings behind his, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta dumb them down a little bit man i, I i'm not following you with the uh, the Brian <laughs> the the Brian Ego that convention, the oh. scare, scare Diego. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that. Just another the, detractor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it, it was uh, Jake. It was a it was a dumb joke when I brought it up, and you you're not breathing any life into it. Okay. Can we just? I just, scratch, I just scratched down. This is no more recurring joke. Yeah. Can we just cavort? Can we? <laughs> can we cavorky in the fuck out of that joke? Can we just <laughs> give it a back, give, back to the anus tart? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So mercy killing on my San Diego waffle joke. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Oh my god. I don't know what I'm saying at the beginning of the episode. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I will never reference anything from the first 10 minutes of an episode please, later ever again. Please, this episode, nothing in the first 10 minutes actually happened. Let's like, like those emails that we read, like those people are like, they're like, I don't know if I feel the same way about this show anymore. <laughs> oh man. Like when you hate it, like if like, uh, you know, even listening, you're you're one of these guys that sent like these emails in. You're you're propping us up. You're propping us up, <laughs> and then you're like now you're like I'm going to tell some friends that they need to listen to this. You know, I'm going to do some I'm going to do some of that some uh, grassroots, and I'm going to get out there and let and tell, and then this is the first episode they listen to. The first ten minutes for yeah, I'm going to start my own convention, Sandy Ego. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Man, the San Diego shit was so bad. It, it was pretty funny to me. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I think it's uh, I think it's real interesting how like you get all these series emails now. Yeah. And when I was emailing, like I sent a list of the top five robots I wanted to fuck. <laughs> like times change, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. I mean, uh, we uh, yeah, the good old days. Um, no, we we get we get a. We used to get like a blend of serious with with the funny like that, and then there was just a time I was just getting so many emails that we just stopped read them on the show. Remember that, Jake? Like, yeah. Remember how emails became like its own another segment on the show, and it was like it it would be literally another hour of reading emails. So I just there just had to be a point where I just like I couldn't read them all or. Yeah, it was so. wild. We were doing episodes in Jay's at that point. I remember yeah. we do like two whole segments with breaks of just nothing but reading emails and yeah. just the, the discussions that would come from those, you know? Because no. most of them are yeah. just giant cans of worms and not like, hey guys, you're great. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know, it's, it's, so I, I, we just do iTunes reviews now and I read, you know, select emails and I just want, I, I do appreciate every, everybody that sends them in and I, I do read them all, so thank you. I just can't read, I can't read them all on the show. It's just, I can't. Yeah, it's, don't. Don't worry, Jake. We still get power ranking list of objects people want to have sex with. We just don't read them anymore. Good to know that uh, that I'm not alone. It's usually just Jake sending me emails of things he wants to fuck, and it's like <laughs> Apple from Turbo Kid is still on that list. <laughs> no, like, oh yeah. Just... Well, what are what are the three new things that have shown up since we last heard? Uh, I recently started watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Do those robots count? Like. Yeah, robots are robot, man. Robots discri- are robot. I don't discriminate. Oh man, well, I'm not saying I'd put my dick in it, but it's a cool show. Is, like I might. I want the. Is there a porno? <laughs> and I want you to. I want. I want one of you to Google this right now. Is there a porno, porno called Robots with Robots? <laughs> Look it up. I want robots with robust robots. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you got yeah. Trying to one up me there, Jake. <laughs> My, my 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 title wasn't good enough for you. You had you had, you had a, it needed one more row. Yeah, one more row. Robots yeah. with yeah. robots. Is that happening? Are you sure you weren't looking for? Did you mean robots with robots? No, Google. <laughs> oh, I'd be hilarious. Robots with robots. They're like, no, they're like. Did, did, are you sure you didn't mean robots with robust robots? <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I didn't. Mean, a, I didn't uh, mean Jake's mirror. superior title. <laughs> according to a Mirror.co.uk article, for the cost of twelve thousand euros, you can buy a fully functional sex robot. Mm. So uh, I'm going to be starting a Kickstarter soon. Um, yeah, Ford built something called the robot. It's a it's a robot butt that actually sweats that is used for testing vehicle seats. The ro- the Ford robot. Wait, why would you want to fuck a sweating ass? <laughs> That's not hot. That's not hot. It's not like when I fucking like have a fantasy about you know doggy style. I'm like, and the ass is sweaty, very sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like I mean, what the fuck? Again, I don't discriminate. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, gotta have a sweaty ass when I'm going doggy. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, perspire all over my cock. That's so hot. 
Somebody put some antiperspirant on that chick's ass. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) She's sweating all over the place. My God. Rebecca, you are oddly silent. (laughs) Listen, it's a very specific kink. I don't know if if people are into that. I I don't even know what to say about the sweaty butt robot butt fuck sex, whatever we're talking about. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to kink shame. If that's your thing, if you like sweaty butts, you know, if you like, if you like a sweaty ass, you know, I mean, I'm not here to judge. It's hot, man. Ooh, it's so sexy. A sweaty, glistening. It's like they look at like an apple with like the condensation building up on it, and like the one little fucking like the the, the little the, the water drip goes down the apple. And that, does that turn them on? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like uh, they have like that uh, that American Pie reaction where they're just like just want to stick their fingers in it. They're just like, oh yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's hot, baby. Oh god, that's sexy, sweaty asses. I don't know about that. That's weird. It is weird, Jake. You brought that up, like that, 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 like that could be something that you would fuck. No, I brought it up because it was actually called a robot, and and you were asking if robot porn existed, but I, I would, could not find. I would fuck that sweaty ass in a Bonneville. <laughs> Pontiac Bonneville was a beautiful car, Brian. <laughs> What's odd hey. though is it's it's just the ass, like it's completely like not connected to anything else. Well, where are we? Uh, we were going to talk about the uh, it chapter two final trailer <laughs> at one point. That's what I thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, ne- I never knew that was on the table. Jake, what did you think about the the final trailer? Oh man, I thought it was really great. Um. I like that it was a bit more of like just what I would expect as a regular trailer than the last trailer, which just kind of more felt like an extended scene with some, you know, quick flashes of some stuff at the end. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. Um, I didn't think it looked too spoilerific for people that aren't completely clued into what's going to happen. And yeah, I thought it really drummed up excitement for the for the movie, man. I love the uh, crazy Jack in the Box music cue that they always have going in these trailers. That always makes my hair stand up, you know. The pa 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 or mm-hmm. whatever noise they have going on there. Oh, you so, could, yeah, this, this, you sounded just <laughs> like it. <laughs> Stop it! I'm like the guy from Police Academy. I was like, who's who's playing the trailer? <laughs> that's, that's rude while Jake's talking. What? It's like a moment I was think I was thinking like as you were talking, I was just thinking about a sweaty ass, and then all of a sudden you brought me back into the conversation when you sounded like the commercial, the trailer. <laughs> Did your hair stand up? I was like, whoa, oh my gosh, Jake sounds just like the trailer. Yeah, this, I, I especially liked the carnival stuff. I thought just the way that stuff was filmed looked really cool. And but I also I, one thing that was really weird was I couldn't help but kind of get joker vibes from pennywise at the very end of this trailer when you saw the you know with the not as much makeup on pennywise so a little bit of heat ledger joker vibes from that look there mm-hmm. huh? yeah it, it, well, it just looked like alexander what's his name oh skarsgård skarsgård yeah it just looked like him with like a little bit of the makeup on yeah the carnival stuff like that wasn't in the miniseries at all was it no, no, that's um, and we talked about that when we had Paul Hart on for the talking about the first trailer. Yeah. That's a pretty famous sequence that is in the book that they kind of cut out of the miniseries. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I was like, I don't remember that from the miniseries. So, um, I 
I personally thought the trailer was fantastic. I didn't love the movie as much as you did, um, the first one. I thought it was really good. I wanted it to be a little scarier. Um, but I thought that this trailer was absolutely another great trailer from uh, Chapter Two. I I thought the first one was fantastic. I thought this one was great. I am so ready to see all these, and I think the adult actors that they have here um, are going to do a great job. Bill Hader, like I cannot wait to finally see him like playing that part that Finn Wolfhard played in the first one because like I think. Bill Hader has like really impressed me over the last few years. You know, I loved him on SNL, but like even with his acting, like I loved him in Skeleton Twins. I thought he was fantastic in Barry, and so I really want to see him in a big kind of like Hollywood movie here and see what he can do. This looks really good. Yeah, I agree. I also like how they um, Warner Brothers themselves have dubbed this the final trailer, and I think that's smart. And uh, you know, we don't need to see any more here. We've seen enough where people are putting butts in seats already yeah and this like comes out in september jake uh harman uh did you see this i did and uh i'm gonna give this this trailer a tupperware uh it's got me super excited for chapter two uh i mean the first trailer was great as well i loved the that whole creepy scene with the old lady like that was that got me excited but this trailer same thing it just got me pumped yeah uh, i'm excited to see it and i'm really like you said about the adult cast i think they did really good casting and mm. i'm excited to see how they're going to play out yeah mcavoy big get for them right oh huge mm. and has he done a whole lot of horror before uh he did split and he did i would consider that horror agreed yeah split and then even uh glass i would consider both of those kind of like in the horror genre mm. yeah so I'm trying to think if he's done. Suspense, I guess, if you're going to yeah. get picky, but I, I consider it all the same. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, he's playing a completely different character in this one, as opposed to, like, the multiple characters that he played in Split. So this will be, I don't know, this is going to, Rebecca, did you see this? I did, yes. Did I did you, see the trailer. Yeah. Um, I actually did see the first movie as well. Not in theaters, but I did see the first movie. Um, and I actually enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, and even though, like, oh, not my thing, but I did enjoy that. Movie. And I, I'm actually really interested to see this second movie. Um, I actually enjoyed that first trailer, the one with the extended scene with the older woman. I thought that was, like, really creepy. Um, but this one definitely... Um, this one, it leans into the gore. Like, you see a lot of blood, and you see a lot of, um, like, people like, covered in blood, which is... I mean, they're not shying away from that, which, you know, blood, it's that's what this this property is um i i'm actually also going to talk about the trailer i i i think i might actually like go see this in the theater i i go with somebody who can hold my hand but i will <laughs> go and watch this actually i'm pretty sure i'm going to see this in the, in the theater because it looks really really intriguing and i i too am a fan of the casting of the adult actors and i i do like how this trailer also kind of just does that real quick thing where they'll show you all the kids and then show you the adults just to you know in case you weren't clear this is you know same people but just like you know 20 mm -hmm. plus years later so uh yeah really enjoyable trailer and i thought it was really uh it, it really set the tone for this movie yeah i uh i'm really looking for i hope it 
I know everyone loved this movie, and I did like it. I liked it a lot. I gave it a high taste it, if I recall. Um, I'm hoping that, and I think like this could be a Tupperware. Like this does look really, really good. I hope that they stick the landing on this one, and it doesn't turn out like the ending to the <laughs> miniseries. Which, I mean, in all honesty, like you know, they just the budget ran out on that one was another thing. So, um, you know, yeah, they they got the creature showed up. It looked like crap. And they yeah, had to improvise right then and there with whatever they had. Yeah, it it showed. Yeah, it totally did. So we'll see. I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this one, and uh, I hope that they can stick the landing on it because it looks fantastic. I'm not going to lie; I think the trailer looks great. I saw a new movie in the theater this week. Rebecca, did you get a chance to see The Art of Self Defense? I did. You did. Um, this is the new Bleecker Street movie. Uh, it's uh, after he's attacked on the street at night by a roving motorcycle gang. Timid bookkeeper Casey joins a neighborhood karate studio uh, to learn how to protect himself under the watchful eye of charismatic instructor Sensei and hardcore brown belt Anna. Casey gains a newfound sense of confidence for the first time in his life. But when he attends Sensei's mysterious night classes, he discovers a sinister world of fraternity, brutality, and hypermasculinity, presenting a journey that places him squarely in the sights of his enigmatic, enigmatic new mentor. It's written and directed by Riley Stearns. Uh, he directed a movie called Faults that I have never seen. Uh, and he, uh, this stars um, Jesse Eisenberg as our main character, Casey, uh, Alessandro Nivola as Sensei, and Imogen Poots as... Anna, Imogen Poots. That is a weird fucking name, um, right? <laughs> it is. Doesn't it's it sound like? Name. Doesn't it sound like? A, it sounds like a sentence. Like it sounds like a like a cute way of saying somebody farted. Like you know, and then they all ate the shrimp. Imogen Poots. <laughs> yes, you know, it does. It totally does. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> fucking weird. Why well, does shrimp make people people fart? Why did I say that? Does the shrimp usually make people fart? Do you have shrimp farts? Is that a thing? Seafood I think farts? any, I think anything can make you fart, right? I suppose. Can I any agree. water? You water making you fart? Well, then you probably have stomach problems. But if it's just water, it's yeah. making you fart. But any food, how about that? Yeah, poots just fart. sounds like a cute way of saying. It's like poo toot. It's like a poop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> QA scenes of farted. Pardon me, I just had some poots. If we had her on the show as a guest, I'd be like, your last name sounds like a cute name for a fart. <laughs> I imagine I imagine she would become a regular at that point. She she <laughs> What a weird fucking thing to say. Oh yeah. Imogen Poots. Well, let's see here. And our next guest is William Shatner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> On the same episode? Dude. Oh, my God. What an incredible episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Fecal Matter. Hey, everybody. <laughs> 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 do you remember? Uh, do you remember in the in the Mel Brooks movie Men in Tights? There's um there's a really funny line about about like pooping ish where the uh, sheriff of Rottingham says to like the witch character that her name is her name is uh, 
latrine and uh no it's 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 not the sheriff it's the king he says he says what kind of name is that anyway latrine and she's like we changed it in the fourth century you changed it to yeah used to be shithouse and he goes it's a good change it's a good change (laughs) i haven't seen men in tights in years Oh it's a man, movie. that was a funny movie. Oh, I know. It's a great oh yeah, movie. I love it, dude. Never touch another man's French fries. <laughs> <laughs> so, the art of self-defense. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Carrie Elway's so good in that fucking movie. I love him. Oh yeah, he's yeah. great. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Art of self-defense. Rebecca, I'm actually going to have you uh, give your thoughts and rate this one first. Okay, so I saw this movie on a a Thursday night, and I will be honest with you, up until like maybe 10 minutes ago, I was still unsure of my rating of this movie, because I've really been on it since Thursday night. This movie is really weird. It's it's a dark comedy, for sure, Um, and it is... It's sort of almost like Napoleon Dynamite esque. Oh my god! So, yeah, like b- both things that you've said, I've thought. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely a dark comedy. Um, it, this does feel like Napoleon Dynamite in that same uh, type of filmmaking, um, because in the first, I would say first uh, third of this movie, you're just watching Jesse Eisenberg do stuff. Like, he goes to work, and then he comes home, and he feeds his dog, and, and like, things happen to him, things happen around him, but it's presented in, like, really short, like, like 60-second scenes almost, and then, so, it, the first third, I felt like, was a bit slow, it took a while to get where it was going, but then once it does, once it really gets going, and he joins the karate studio, and, or, or the dojo, excuse me, and, and he's... And then, like, the this whole, like, toxic masculinity storyline get, gets going. I felt like the movie then really took off. And and I am going to Tupperware this movie. For, for me, this is a Tupperware experience. Um, but I think this movie is not for everybody. I think I could say I love this movie and another person could go and watch it and think I'm in, I'm insane for liking it. But it's so right up Jesse Eisenberg's alley for what he's really good at playing that I really, by the end of it, thoroughly enjoyed the movie so much that I, I had to give it a chop where I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it has its flaws, but just for the experience I had, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is a a tough one. I saw this as well on uh, Thursday night, and it was like, you know, we had maybe 10 people in the theater that night, and I felt like everybody that I was watching this with, I felt like they were all, like, hardcore Jesse Eisenberg fans, because, um, like, they were laughing and, and uh, really getting into this movie, and, like, there were points where I laughed in this movie, and then there was other points where they're laughing, and I'm just perfectly silent um Mm -hmm. but i too like you said like i even as i'm saying even as words are coming out of my mouth i don't even know what to rate this i really don't know what to rate this movie it's hard it's a really hard movie to rate because my I, i saw it with my best friend um and as soon as it was over she turned to me and she goes 
well, good luck rating this on PCL. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I know because I had no, I really up until five minutes ago, I didn't know what to rate this movie. Yeah. I'm not, I, I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's like, it's either, I, I think it's one of those movies. Let me just explain it this way. And then I'm going to talk about it and unpack it a little bit more. I am going to give it a high taste. It, I am, this is not going to be the last time I will watch this movie. This movie has rewatchability value, in my opinion. I think it is that good and that weird and that quirky and some something that we're not seeing a lot in movies right now. It's just so weird. It is so weird. And it's something that I do want to see again. Um, so I will watch it again. And so, like, I feel like this could be a Tupperware at the end of the day. Like, and I think like mm-hmm. this could be one of those movies that years from now people talk about the art of self-defense and like, what a weird, like it'll have a small cult following, you know? Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, cause it is so, so different. Um, it, you've got this, this, and it went a different way than I thought it was going to. Some of the stuff is predictable, but like it totally went a different way than I thought it was going to within the movie itself like we're we're introduced to casey and he's this very uh as the synopsis calls him a timid bookkeeper he's an he, he does audits for this company and he's socially awkward and there's a night where he's going out to get his dog dog food and he is beaten on the streets uh and he's in critical condition and then from there it's like you know he, he's scared to live his life the way that he used to so he's uh, taken time off work to recover from his injuries and he thinks about contemplates getting a gun to protect himself and then joins these karate classes meets interesting people and kind of dives into into self-defense and just the people like sensei is just a weird dude he is like you were talking about like you know toxic masculinity like that character mm-hmm. reeks of toxic masculinity oh, uh, yeah and uh i mean it's just this underground world and these night classes and all the things that happen in this movie are just so bizarre it goes it goes very dark it goes very dark it's a very dark comedy but it's never at one point in this movie was i ever bored never at at one point in this movie i was like oh my god i can't wait for this to end or like oh my god this is like not interesting it's not keeping my interest it's one of those things where it's like you are watching and you're not sure if you like it and you're not sure if it's brilliant, but there's something about it where you are invested in the story. And at the end of the day and upon maybe second or third watch, like this could be like the most brilliant movie you've ever seen. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really weird like that. It's really weird. I, yeah, I don't know if I can tell everybody to rush out and go see this one in the theaters. Um, I, I don't think I can tell everybody to do that. I don't, I, 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 it'll find its audience. I don't know if it's going to find its audience in the theater. I think like if, if this movie has the potential to be a hit, like I think it could be, it'll find its audience when it's released on like Amazon prime or Netflix Mm -hmm. or, you know, Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, and earlier, you know, and, and, and you agreed to have that Napoleon Dynamite-esque feel. Um, certainly, in the theater, I don't think Napoleon Dynamite did gangbusters, but Napoleon Dynamite, once it came to, you know, DVD and then once it came on streaming and all that stuff, I, I think that's where it really found its cult audience. And it, it 
in even today, if you if if you reference anything from that movie, people get it right. Like you, you say something like, you know, uh, I was hunting wolves in Alaska with my uncle. Gosh, like everybody knows what that's from. And so I think this movie absolutely has the potential to have a cult following once it's on streaming. I I almost am reluctant. Not reluctant. That's not the right word. I I'm not going to tell you to rush out to the theater and see this movie either. But I think that if you like a dark comedy, if you like a weird movie like uh, Napoleon Dynamite, and to a degree, even like three billboards outside of Ebbing's, Missouri, that was like a odd movie. Um, it had its dark comedic moments as well. It, it, to a degree, it, it's kind of in that same feel as this movie, although th- this movie doesn't get, I don't think, quite as dark as the other one does. But, um, yeah, like it's this is a weird, weird little movie, and I mean stuff like when the news is talking about how this motorcycle gang is, you know, beating people up, and so the cops are, are recommending that all citizens arm themselves with either a gun or a large knife if they have to go out at night. My, my theater burst out laughing. So everybody, I I belly laughed when they said that that's what the cops were telling people to do. Like, it's just such a weird movie. But again, like, thoroughly enjoyable. I never felt like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I, it's something I, I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'll watch again, and maybe I'll appreciate it more. I'll give it a high taste because it it does have value, and I did enjoy it. Um, it's a weird fucking movie, though. It's it's <laughs> it fucking is. weird, but it's I, it's very weird. I'm glad it was made, though. You know, I really am. I'm glad it exists and that I was able to see it. So. Yeah, so yeah, the art of self-defense. Um, let's see here. Um, Rebecca, what do you have for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Uh, let's see here. I think uh, some stuff I know that you watched also, but um, yeah. I uh, Stranger Things Season 3, but I think you're going to hold off on that one you said, right? Yeah, you can give me your thoughts. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so like I did, I did finish Stranger Things season three. Um, I th- I'm gonna Tupperware the whole season overall. Uh, I thought this was a return to form in storytelling. Uh, although I I liked season two. Um, it wasn't like my I, I thought I still thought season one was the better season. To me, I think this season three is better than season two. Um, it's. I, I would put it right behind season one as far as like storytelling and my enjoying of it. Um, I thought it had some really great emotional beats to it, like made me care about characters that I didn't really care that much about in season two. Um, and I, I don't know, like I, I loved all the, um, I love the never ending story reference stuff that happened later on. That's not really a spoiler, but um, yeah, I, I thought the, all the new characters were really interesting, especially like Robin. She's the, she's the girl who works with Steve at the ice cream shop. Um, I loved seeing Lucas's younger sister Erica more in this. I thought she was great. Uh, I, she almost stole the whole series for me, but, um, it was just great to be back in this world and just to kind of see this return to form of storytelling. And I like how they kind of split everybody up into little groups to kind of, go on their own uh, missions and stuff and come together at the end. But yeah, I, I'm going to talk for the whole season. I thought it was, I thought it was really great. 
Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought the uh, Jim Hopper shirt. Yes! Awesome! Yep, <laughs> yep. I, uh, I made the trip, and I finally, they had one left in my size. And it just nice. one. They had one left altogether, and it was in my size. And I was like, fuck it, I'm buying it. I got to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. Jacob. Yeah. Uh, I will also throw in my thoughts on season three. Uh, I also give this a Tupperware. Uh, I agree with Rebecca. It was better than season two. Seeing the mall in its full glory was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, it was, I really liked the new characters. Robin in particular was a great addition to the cast. And uh, yeah, it's a solid season. I like the the tonal shift where they went more body horror you could really tell where they they pulled some inspiration especially from like carpenters the thing yeah uh that really shows through and i absolutely loved it yeah i also a lot of uh invasion of the body snatchers um and then uh oh yeah and then i would say terminator was like a big oh for sure in this season as well so yeah, I also went to Coca-Cola's website and purchased the Stranger Things Coke package. I have two of them. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed a can of new Coke, and it was it was sweeter and bolder and better. Yeah, I uh, I, I bought two of those, and um, since I told I told Jake, I was, Jake asked me how it was, and I was just like, I always drink diet stuff, so it was I I I, I didn't enjoy it because. It was, I'm used to diet, so I'm not used to the sugary sodas. And so, soda, like, uh, the sugary sodas all taste like cotton candy to me. So, not a huge fan of the sugary sodas because I always drink diet. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I went all out for, I, I don't know if I went all out for Stranger Things, but I bought two of those Coca-Cola things. And, cause my, my niece is a big fan and, uh, she loves Stranger Things. And so I got, uh, I gave, um, some, a couple of the bottles and the new Coke to my niece. Cause she loves that shit. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, glad everybody liked it. I, I, I loved it too. I, and honestly, I think some of these episodes are better than, Stuff that we'd seen in season one. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this. Dang, season one. So chill the fuck out, everybody. I haven't made that. I've only seen season three one time. I have to watch it again before I can make that determination if it's better than season one. But I, um, um, I think like for me, uh, the last three episodes of season three are some of the best that are, that have ever been in the series. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think season four is going to be the last season, or do you think they're going to go five? I think they'll go five. Nice. I think they'll go five. Uh, is I it- think they're going to have to do a, a time jump, though. The, these kids are literally aging in front of you as you're watching the episode. Like, these kids do not look like the age they're supposed to look. And if uh, they just started filming season four, like now, um, I think they're going to have to do some kind of a time jump. Because the, the these kids just look older. They just don't look the age that they're supposed to be. Uh, I mean, Puberty definitely hit hard between yeah. seasons two and three. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they even looked older in season two. I was like, geez, these are not the same kids anymore. I mean, they're just not the same little <laughs> kids that we know. No, they're yeah. yeah, they're not. Like if you look at um, and they did like some flashbacks in this to like season one, and 
the 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 difference in how they look is it's huge. I mean, because they're they're young, right? So they're going to be growing fast, and I just think it makes sense to do a bit of a time jump just so that. When we see them again, they look the age they're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I've even heard like people say, like, I think like in the final season they should do kind of like what it's doing and get adult actors to play them years later. I don't like that idea at all. Um, but anyway, back to I. I don't know. I, I mean, you had in the Spider-Man movies, you had like you know Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire playing high schoolers, and they were like twenty-eight at the time. So I mean, I don't. I don't know how – and they're really – I feel like they've really done – Netflix has done a – like all the – every every almost every acting gig these kids are involved in, they're playing really, really young kids. Like the Godzilla movie that Millie Bobby Brown was in, they tried to say that she was 12 and this – you know, when I'm reading stuff online that she was 12 years old and even Finn Wolfhard is playing like characters that are still really young and like he's the size of Kevin McHale – like who played for the Boston Celtics back in the eighties? Like he's yeah. he's ridiculously tall, and, and like he, he, I, he's he, he reminds me of Brand Standing. You know what I mean? So Brand Stark Standing, he's just that mm-hmm. tall. Like Brand Stark is like seven foot. It looked like, but yeah, I don't know. It's we'll see what they do. I, I don't I don't know if they're going to do a huge time jump because what what year they were in eighty five? I would say I mean. I don't see them do we see them leaving the eighties? I don't think so. I mean probably not. Even if they jumped like three years ahead, eighty eight, I I think that would be a reasonable time jump because the way that it I don't want to say the way it leaves off. Um I think it would be a reasonable time period of three years if they did that. Because at least at least the kids would you could make the joke of like, oh my god, you you've changed so much. You know, what I mean, like it, it's, I don't know. That just makes sense to me. I think they'll just. I I I don't. I think that a lot will have to do with what pop culture stuff they want to include from what year. Mm-hmm. You know, this was yeah, eighty five, and there was too. a lot of Back to the Future stuff, and um, you know, we'll see. You know, if they go. 87, you know, we'll see what they do in 87 or 80. Maybe, maybe they'll go 86 and we'll get to see, you know, uh, Steve wearing the aviator glasses from Top Gun. You know what I mean? So. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Sign me up for that. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Um, (laughs) I love Harmon's excitement for that. Yes. I love it, man. I love it, dude. Steve gets a motorcycle. I'm I'm there. Oh, and we hear, oh, Harmon, we hear. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it, man. Well, Steve. Oh, no, I'm going to shut up. I don't want to spoil anything for Jake. I'm going to shut up. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, speaking of Back to the Future, I don't, Rebecca. I don't know if you got a chance to see this or Harmon or Jake or anybody. Uh, it's a it's a it was, I think, limited release in theaters. It's now you can rent it. I saw it on YouTube. Uh, it's a movie called Framing John DeLorean. Oh, I've not heard of this. Rebecca, you didn't get a chance to see this one. 
Unfortunately, no, I did not. Oh, that's okay. Um, it's, uh, who was the real John DeLorean? To some, he was a renegade visionary who revolutionized the automobile industry. To others, he was the ultimate con man. Uh, this one's directed by, got two directors on this one, uh, Don Argot and then Sheena M. Joyce. Uh, Don Argot has worked on movies, uh, he worked on Believer and then that, uh, Sex Drive movie. Um, this stars, this is a weird kind of movie. They kind of do what they did in that Hugh Hefner, um, biopic slash documentary. I don't even know what to call it, but there's, it's a mix of actual footage of John DeLorean, videos and interviews with the family and him and, and, uh, people that were like, uh, investigating him in the FBI. But then there's also actors in this that are playing, you know, John DeLorean and his, uh, wife who was a model, Christina Farrar, um, and then, you know, other people that he worked with, you know, Bill Collins and then, uh, John Valesta, uh, John Valestra, the guy in the FBI that was kind of like, um, trying to, trying to bring him down. Um, but Alec Baldwin plays John DeLorean in those scenes. Marina Baccarin, uh, plays Christina Farrar. Uh, you got Josh Charles as Bill Collins and Dean Winters as, uh, John Valestra. Um, the movie kind of starts off, it actually starts off with a, uh, uh, with John DeLorean, actual footage of John DeLorean taking a polygraph test. And I was like, right out of the gate, this got my attention. And, um... I didn't know what to think about like all the acting scenes with Alec Baldwin at first, but then they kind of went into how John DeLorean's story would make the perfect movie. It has all the elements that you want in a fucking big Hollywood movie, and no one's done this yet. And so they kind of do that here. And some of the people that they interview throughout this, uh, underneath their name, it says they were part of an unproduced John DeLorean film. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is kind of brilliant what they're doing here. And I appreciated it. And some of these stories, uh, some of these little clips that, uh, scenes that they would film with Alec Baldwin and Marina Baccarin kind of like filled in the gaps of the story. And I really started to appreciate that a little bit more. This guy led a crazy life. Um, absolutely crazy. He got a taste of what it was like to be, um, you know, king shit of fuck mountain in the automobile industry. Like he, he revolutionized cars. Uh, he had his choice of uh, when GM hired him, he'd worked for a couple other car companies. He was a big name. And when GM hired him, he had his choice to work, you know, with, uh, with, uh, five different other car models. And he chose Pontiac, uh, 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 makes and he chose Pontiac because Pontiac like was like uh, uh, older people were buying the car and like not everybody was like really it, it, they, they, they they it was almost going to go away and so he had more freedom to kind of like think outside of the box and and do something new with with these Pontiac cars and that's what he did and he and he he found ways to make Pontiac like a cool car for young people and. You know, he he was wanting to produce 30,000 of this car that he had designed, and they gave him, they said, oh, we'll make 5,000 of them. They ended up selling 50,000. <laughs> and uh, so uh, then he started to get a big name, started to um, do a little bit of plastic surgery to himself and, you know, divorced his wife and then uh, married, like, the, the model and, uh, you know, adopted a couple kids and lived on, I, I think he lived on, uh, Park Avenue, you know, and like this, he had the life. 
he had the life. And then he started to get a, he started to get a little too big and too cocky and started to make some other moves that made other executives push him out of the company. I'm not going to spoil everything because, like, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I, you've heard the name, you know the car, but you might not know the entire story. And it came down – they call it framing John DeLorean because overall this guy was brought into court because he was trying to fund his own car company, the um, De- DeLorean Motor Company. And the money was coming from drug dealers, what he thought were drug dealers, and it was actually FBI. And they were trying to bring him down. And um, it this is an incredible fucking documentary. I thought it was really good. Alec Baldwin is really good. They, they put on full makeup for him and make him look like John DeLorean. And I, I really like that. It has It does. It has all the elements of the perfect... Hollywood movie, a movie like I can't believe that Martin Scorsese has not jumped on this. It has, it has drug dealers, it has the FBI, it has, um, you know, models, it has fast cars, it, uh, it has a, a guy building a, a, um, um, uh, a, a, a factory in Ireland where, where, uh, Catholics and Protestants are, are, are fighting at the time with one another. And uh, it's just – it has everything. It has the, the makings of a perfect Hollywood movie. Like this, this screams Scorsese. Like I could see like you know Martin Scorsese doing this movie, DeLorean, and it, he's cast George Clooney as John DeLorean. Like this could be huge. Nobody's made this movie. It, this has – this documentary though has like interviews with his son, his daughter. Um, it's it's you guys got to watch this. I thought I thought it was really cool, and it does talk about uh, uh, the legacy that this man kind of left behind, and the legacy that Back to the Future has given that car, which is really cool too. So I I, I highly recommend watching Framing John DeLorean, and uh, you can run it now on YouTube. It'll probably I would I would imagine this will eventually end up on one of the streaming services. So I Tupperware it. Yeah, this is definitely something that's, like, right down my avenue, and I totally plan on watching this relatively soon. Uh, John DeLorean's life is just so fucking out there. Like yeah. he, Like you were saying, he lived the dream. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this, they know DeLorean for, you know, the DMC. Um, but he brought us the GTO, the first yes. real American fuck you muscle car. Like... Yeah. That's real important. <laughs> they, yeah, um, they talk about that in the, the Chevy documentary. Vega. Like he yeah. he changed the automotive industry, and uh, yeah, he just lived a really interesting life. So I'm definitely excited to see this movie. Yeah, like Scorsese could get fucking get Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like old enough to do this role now. Get him to do this movie with Scorsese. It'd be incredible. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I highly recommend this one. I was, I, this is one that uh, I was hoping to catch in the theater. Um, never played around me, so when I saw that it was available on demand, I had to check it out, and I, uh, I'm glad I did. I learned a lot about the man. He led a crazy life, and um, his son. Oh my gosh, his son, his son, his adopted son, um, says fucking a lot. The word fuck. He. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the end of the documentary, it talks about when John DeLorean died. Uh, it's, it said uh, John died in, in uh, this year. I think it was 2005. And it said he was fucking 80 years old. 
<laughs> and I, I I laughed pretty hard at that shit. So, yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna go over one more movie, and then uh, we'll we'll take a break, and we'll get back to your good pop, bad pop. Uh, Rebecca, I don't know if you got. Did you get a chance to see Sword of Trust? Nope. Okay, that's all right. I watched Sword of Trust. This is another movie that was not released here theatrically. Uh, it just came out, I believe, on June 12th. Uh, it had its premiere at South by Southwest and then was... Re- no, I don't know if it is. It, it might be theatrical, but very limited. Um, and I saw it on... Another one I saw on YouTube. Um, Cynthia uh, and Mary show up to collect Cynthia's inheritance from her grandfather which ends up being a sword believed by her grandfather to prove the South won the Civil War. And uh, this is a comedy. Uh, it's directed by Lynn Shelton from a screenplay by Shelton and Michael Bryan. It stars Mark Marin, John Bass, McCullough Watkins, uh, Tim Paul, Whitmer Thomas, Toby Huss, uh, Dan Beckadal, and uh, Jillian Bell. I'm a big fan of uh, McCullough Watkins. I loved her on Casual, loved her on Wayne. Um, and I love Jillian Bell. Um, Jillian Bell was from, she played Jillian, uh, Jillian in Workaholics, and I think she's great. Have you seen the trailer? Have you, have, have any of you seen the trailer for Britney Runs a Marathon? No, I have not. not. Yes, I have. And Rebecca, that movie comes out pretty soon. I think it comes out in August. That yeah, it's, movie it's, looks incredible. It's the corner. It looks, I can't wait to see it. It's it's on my list of must see movies. It looks absolutely incredible. Well, here's the thing, Jillian Bell in that movie, she starts to her she she wants to like change herself, and so she starts to like run these marathons, and it's it's all about like I does she is she actually losing the weight throughout production? It's an, it's unreal. I think it, I think she actually is like. She might be. I I don't know enough about it to say yes or no. Um, but I did see the trailer. I think I saw the trailer like before seeing yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like that that movie does look absolutely incredible. Her journey to lose weight and start running a marathon, and it is based on a real story. Yeah. So I it it just looks exactly like something I would love, and yeah, it's definitely on my must watch list. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It just, it looks like you know because I know her from Workaholics, and it just looks she definitely starts to in the trailer that I saw like she's like she's getting thinner, and I'm just like I think like this is an actual like she's actually doing this for the role. Like this is something you know like we see Christian Bale do stuff for roles and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. like this is a transformation she herself went through while filming. It really looks that way. So looking forward to that one. But I saw Sword of Trust and. Basically, you have um, Michaela Watkins and Jillian Bell. They're uh, they're a couple, and uh, uh, Jillian Bell's grandfather has passed away, and he's left her something in the will, and uh, he leaves her this sword, which is this sword that her racist grandfather believes that proves that the South won the Civil War. So it's uh, very. Uh, she just wants to get rid of it because it's not like it's a it's a good keepsake or a good family memento to hold on to, you know. And so mm-hmm. she just wants to get Makes rid of sense. it. Yeah, she so she takes it to a pawn shop, and the pawn shop is owned by Mark Marin. And uh, it's Mark Marin as a pawn shop owner is pretty fucking great. Um, and uh, it uh, it goes down this road where 
Mark Marin uh, turns down their initial kind of uh, interaction, and he kind of lowballs them as far as uh, what he'll pay for the sword. He finds out that there are people uh, that uh, these kind of uh, uh, antiques, these people that believe that the, there's a whole group of these people, kind of like flat earthers. They also have these people. They call them. They call themselves provers or something. And they they believe that the South won the Civil War. It's just this weird thing. And these people will pay top dollar for these artifacts from the Civil War. And uh, so he, they start working together to uh, to meet this guy who's apparently going to buy this sword for for big money. And uh, it is a it's a weird movie. It's definitely an indie film. It's a comedy. And, um, I, I, <laughs> I liked it. I like, I, I, I didn't love it, but I'm going to give it a high taste. It. And I think like, I, uh, I don't, I would just wait for this one to show up on a streaming service somewhere. I don't think you have to, I spent like eight bucks to watch this, <laughs> but I, and I felt good about it. Cause I, I, I really do love Michaela Watkins and I love, you know, Jillian Bell. And I think that Mark Marin has become, uh, I, I've really enjoyed him in glow. I'm excited for his role in the upcoming Joker movie. And so I did want to support this movie. Uh, if you're a big fan of those two, uh, or even Mark Marin, I would, I would, yeah, go ahead and rent this one. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It is a weird, weird movie. Um, and the dialogue is written well. It's, uh, it's a good movie. Um, I would probably watch it again, but I don't think it's like the, like, this is fucking like the best thing I've ever seen. Um, but, uh, I, I would recommend that you watch this one when it does, uh, when it is available on Amazon or Netflix or one of those. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, called Sword of Trust. Weird name for a, for a movie. I had no idea what this movie was about going into it as well. I just knew that it wasn't about... It, when you see Sword of Trust, you're like, oh my god, it's an action movie or something. All right. Yeah, it's like The Raid or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> or, they, or Knights, you know? Knights. It's medieval times, yeah. The Sword of Trust. I just I knew it was a kind of like a weird dark comedy with Jillian Bell and Michaela Watkins. And it's really all I knew. And it had... You know, I, I would check it out. Sword of Trust. Yeah. So... Uh, do you guys want to take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish up Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Sounds sure. good to me. Be right back. back we've got more good pop bad pop um yeah apparently the marvel trailer is good the marvel hall h thing is going on right now you guys are driving me nuts with this whole sh- like uh, here's the thing like i'm i am going to i'm not following it right now i'm going to react to the news uh when we get to marvel news i'm gonna have you guys bring it up and uh, i'm gonna react to this news because it'll be the first time i'm hearing it i want to do it fresh right yeah, I'm super excited for that at this yeah. point. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Holy Definitely. fuck! Shut up! Just- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> some blow your dick off news coming. Oh man, shut up! I don't want to know anything. <laughs> Stop it! I don't want to know anything. Wait. All that juicy squirrel girl news. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I missed that. <laughs> She's the new leader of the Avengers. <laughs> did you guys get? We're not going to spend too much time on this, but did you guys get a chance to watch the Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer? Oh, hi. I did. Hi, Mike. I did not. I did not watch it either. Harmon, what did you think, man? They started off pretty, uh, pretty intense. Like they're doing like an FBI raid, and then he drops his pants and his dick's tucked between <laughs> his legs. I was like, okay, this is this is what we're signing up for. All right. Um, I don't know. Like it. I don't know how many times they can keep going back to this well. And, mm-hmm. It seems funny enough. I mean, it's it's a middle of the road taste it for a trailer. I'm probably going to check the movie out when it comes out on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something I'm going to run out and see in the theaters. Yeah, I uh, I I love Kevin Smith. I uh, I'm really I this this movie has just insane cameos, and I, I was blown away uh, by a couple of them. One I was really blown away by. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen this trailer. Uh, Matt Damon cameos in this one because he did he was in Dogma and and he was also in uh, Chasing Amy. That was like he was he was one of the guys in the wasn't he was in Chasing Amy. I know he was in Chasing Amy. Pretty sure he was in Chasing Amy. Do you remember very young Matt Damon was in that boardroom where they're having the meeting about the Blunt Man and Chronic movie? Or the animated series that they're making. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I haven't seen no. Chasing Amy in, like, forever. Chasing Amy is one of my favorites. I, I absolutely love that movie. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Matt Damon was in that one. I know he's in one of them, and he's got a very small role in it. It was before he really took off. Um, but Matt Damon has a cameo in this one, and they actually, I can't believe it, Kevin Smith got Ben Affleck to do a cameo in this. And they haven't. As far as I know, they hadn't talked in years. So, um, oh, I saw the photo of them reuniting with Moose in the photo too. That yeah. was that was pretty cute. Yeah, and uh, even Kevin Smith like tweeted about it on he on Twitter. He tweeted something like, "It feels it feels like it's twenty five years ago again." Uh, when he responded to to Affleck and um, on Twitter about uh, his appearance in this. Um, I'm definitely going to see this. I'm, I'm halfway tempted to drive to one of the cities where Kevin and Jason are going to do a Q&A. They're going to show the movie and then do a Q&A afterward. I'm half tempted to actually go um, and watch it with them in attendance. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm excited for this one. It just feels like it's the same movie. And I, I think he's doing that intentionally from like everything that I've heard him talk about. On uh, you know Hollywood Babylon and, and and his other podcasts that he's just doing, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. It's going to be the same movie. He's just repackaging it as a reboot here, and um, with even more cameos. You know, so we'll see. I mean, he's got Jason Lee. He's got uh, uh, Q from uh, uh, Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. I'm trying to think of a bunch of a bunch of cameos in this one. So I'm looking forward to it. But I'll also, you know what? Yeah, I'll also give it a No, I'm gonna give it a high taste that I enjoyed it. I just I don't think the movie's gonna be I don't know. I, I haven't loved a uh a Kevin Smith movie in a long time. It's been a long time since I loved a Kevin Smith movie. So 
What was the last Kevin Smith movie that you were completely smitten by? Uh, Red State. I thought Red there State was an absolute Tupperware. Um, that is a great fucking movie. That was the, the last really good Kevin Smith movie, in my opinion. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Lion King came out this week. The, uh, uh, Rebecca, dare I say, live action Lion King. <laughs> it's not fucking live action. There's nothing live action about this movie. The scenery move. Ooh. The scenery move because it was animated to move. It's, uh, <laughs> the scenery was actual real scenery, wasn't it? That's a thank you, Jake. That, I read an article that said that it was not. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you can read an article that'll tell you whatever you want. So, oh so they, wow, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so they did. So they did like what Avatar did and made a completely new world for this. They just didn't go to like Kenya and these places and film this. I don't believe so. What? No. I thought they did real on location set filming for this. this is, I, I, yeah. I swear that's what happened. This is, I like, I, for, for people saying that, like, I think, yeah, I do. I think, I, I, if it's on set location, I still consider this live action. If it's on set filming, it's live action. Just because it doesn't, because like, if you watch a Smurfs movie, the Smurfs live action, those aren't real fucking Smurfs. But there, there, there's, there, it's a live set, and I, I know there's humans in that movie, but it, I don't know. I don't know. What else do you call it? The Lion King animated differently. No. Get out of here. <laughs> That's what it is. Get That's out of here. Yeah, you, <laughs> a, you people nitpicking about that, that shit. It's a, <laughs> That's that's the ridiculous part is you people nitpicking about that. Get like that's like that's the biggest offense. Oh, it, it's not live action. Get off your fucking soapbox with that shit. There's other things to fucking get about to argue about. <laughs> I don't know. After the murder of his father, a young. <laughs> I'm reading the synopsis. <laughs> After the murder of, see, the thing is, like, I had that gripe. Of, I had, the, I had the gripe of people getting upset that it's like it's not live action. I had that gripe well before you you had even said it last week on the podcast, Rebecca. So when you said it, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's being described. The proper term is the photo reel, the Lion King. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the photo reel. All right. After the murder of his father, a young lion prince flees his kingdom only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. It's directed by John Favreau. Uh, he directed Chef, uh, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Jungle Book. Uh, this one stars uh, Chuetel Ejiofor as uh, Scar. John Oliver as Zazu. James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Uh, John, is it John Canny? Connie, Canny. Connie? I, one of the two, right? He's the original Black Panther actor. Is that who he is? Did you guys hear my shit falling down over there? The I did. Yeah, I did. What the fuck was that? I don't even know. My house is falling apart. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> You'll have that. That was a. That was, that was some live. That was live action, wasn't it, Rebecca? Would you consider? Sure was. You, <laughs> I think no you faked the whole there. thing. But Brian, that was actually photo real. Um, I, I think that was Foley work and yeah. dropped nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Alfred uh, Woodard as. Uh, uh, Sarabi, uh, JD McCrary as young Simba, 
Uh, I'm just going to read the rest. Uh, Eric Andre, uh, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner. I love fucking Billy Eichner. Amy Sedaris, oh. Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Penny Johnson-Gerald, uh, Shahi Wright-Joseph. A uh, huge cast. Huge fucking cast here. And, um, oh yeah, Chance the Rapper as a little bush baby. Um, you remember that, you remember that, uh, did you ever see that picture of that kid that looked like the bush baby? With the eyes, with the big eyes? And that meme being no. thrown around? No. Yeah, it was fucked up. Little kid that looked like a bush baby. I'll have to show you that thing. It's weird. <laughs> he had big eyes that popped out like a bush baby. Pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, I'll show that to you later. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> weird thing to bring up. I didn't even know Chance the Rapper was in this. <laughs> yeah, Chance the Rapper's in this. Uh, let's see here. Um, what do we got? What did you think about uh, – Jake, I want to know what you thought about The Lion King. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it was hard not to avoid, like, the critical response to this, which was pretty polarizing. It, I think it has a pretty terrible, rotten tomato score right now, like 50-something. So I don't know. I was kind of leery about what this was going to be. Was this going to be another, you know, needless, photorealistic Disney remake? <laughs> um, but I absolutely adored this movie, man. I, I'm going to give it the highest of Tupperwares. Um I really fucking loved this thing. Um, I have a couple little nitpicks. I mean, a couple of the jokes didn't land with me, but for the most part, the emotions really hit me really hard. And I, I thought some of the stuff they expanded on was, was really neat. I was surprised that I came out with Rafiki being my favorite character at the end of this movie. And just, I don't know. I, I thought this was really fantastic. Um, I guess small nitpicks, um, surprisingly enough, I thought, Donald Glover was one of the weaker voice performers. I don't know why, but for some reason, I, his voice felt really disconnected from older Simba to me and was one of the few characters where I just never could fall into like, the fiction of it was him for the most part. So I, I thought Beyonce was incredible. I thought Eichner and Rogan were fantastic as Timon and Pumbaa. I, I really groaned a lot at the casting of Rogan as Pumbaa, too, and he kind of really won me over with this whole thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I... I know people aren't really digging this and they I've heard a lot of complaints that, the you know, the animals don't convey the same emotion that they did animated, you know, without having exaggerated smiles and facial features. But, man, this movie really hit me, honestly, pretty emotional. I mean, the scene when uh, Simba thinks he's going to be reunited with his father again and then is shown his own reflection and how his father still lives within him. Man, I was fucking crying like a little kid during that shit, man. This shit hit me hard. I absolutely loved this. I, I liked it more than the Jungle Book. And honestly, I, I think I liked it more than the original animated version. I'm, I mean, my big hang up with that is how artsy noir the final fight gets. And here we just get they don't shy away from showing a Simba versus Scar. And I kind of like how they expand it into a whole war where it's the pride versus the hyenas, not just the battle between the, the two main leads. So, yeah, man, I could I could gush about this movie for a long time. I'll, I'll shut up and let someone else say how terrible they thought it was hmm. um real quick uh yeah if you get bored google ken burns bush baby he's he <laughs> he was on uh american the idol famous documentary maybe? no no it was uh simon cowell at one of the one of the singers that came on uh, american idol he looked yeah. like a he looked like a bush baby and simon cowell called him out on an american idol and it was his name was ken burns so google ken burns bush baby and you'll see what i'm talking about Funny. I don't know. I'm on it. Maybe it's I'm ins- on it. Maybe maybe I'm insensitive. 
but this <laughs> 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 is funny. It's one of those things where uh, Simon Cowell's calling this guy and this singer look like a bush baby. It's funny. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, Lion King. I uh, I love the first act of this movie. I thought it was fantastic uh, when 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 he was a little um, baby lion. I thought it was great. I, I mean, I really got emotionally invested with uh, that whole story. Like, oh my gosh, like, uh, you know, the, the dad dying and everything. I was just like, oh my God, this is just, uh, this is tragic. It's terrible. And then um, the last two acts of this, Jake, I, I just feel like the stories, and you're going to disagree, and that's fine because you love the movie. I just felt like the last two acts of this movie are just... And even the animated one, which I haven't seen, I saw it one time. I, I wasn't a huge fan. I I just feel like the story and the the character growth at the very end is just very thin. It's very thin to me. Like it's you've got you've got this whole thing where like I just wanted to see, I guess, more character growth out of the out of this out of Simba. It's like it's like he spends years with uh, this warthog and this meerkat eating worms and grubs, and then all of a sudden he just. Now I'm the king. Now I gotta do my thing. And it just, it really didn't, I don't feel like it just came, it didn't come together for me. Like the, I just, I just didn't see enough character growth out of him to like step into his father's footsteps and, and become, and even though the movie shows you at one point him as a baby lion stepping into his father's footsteps and <laughs> foreshadowing that happening, it didn't, it, it, I didn't get that from this movie. There was never a point in this movie where I was like, that's the moment where the light turned on, where he needs to step up and be the leader to his people. It was, I'm there. I, I never think that's a valid complaint. It's more about him knowing that he has to accept the responsibility than the movie really hammering that home with character development. I, I, I think that's a valid complaint. Yeah. It, for me, it was just like, this dude's just been fucking eating worms for years and now somebody you think he wouldn't be so built from all those worms all those years later right you think he'd be kind of a scrawny lion i guess i mean i don't know he wasn't big as his dad his dad was like a fucking his dad was a tank and he was still i don't know i don't know this i just felt like the i, I feel like the story's kind of thin there and um as, as thin as you might think he would look after eating worms jake i <laughs> i i don't know i just i I loved the first act of this movie. The last two acts, I was just not sold on. I was not sold on it. And I kind of, uh, I'll give this movie a middle of the road taste it. I didn't hate what was going on at, at the end of the movie, but I just, I did not love it. And, um, I really think like there's a, I think there's a great story in here somewhere. I just don't feel like this movie, um, showed me the growth of that character at the end where I'm like emotionally invested in like, like, um, yeah, like now, now he's his father. Now he is, now he is, now he's fit to be king. This is like, this is that moment. Like the light turned on, like boom, it just never hit me. So I'll give, I'll give it a middle of the road, taste it, but I will Tupperware the first act. I thought it was gorgeous. And, uh, I, I, I it hit me in all the feels that first act when he was that baby, baby lion. I thought they did a fantastic job there. Who else saw this? Anybody else? I saw it. What'd you think? Um, so I saw this movie in IMAX because I wanted to, 
I wanted to give it like the best possible chance for all the animating that they did here, and I wanted to like see it as in all its glory. And I, I'm a fan of the original. I I watched it as a teenager, and I loved it. I, I will agree with you, Brian, that the the story in the last two acts about Simba's change to become the king it's always been that way. It's always been, in my opinion, very thin. It really is just like a like a snap of the fingers and he goes from being I don't care what happens to oh man now I care what happens like it's always been that way um in this movie um I will say Jake you you brought up something that is actually for me like the biggest problem with this movie is that because these these animals look so real there is zero emotion on their face zero emotion so like the scene like after Mufasa dies and you know I, I, I will admit though I, I cried in all the spots that I cried when I first saw it like when Mufasa dies I cried when Simba um, hears his father's voice you know and sees his image in the clouds and you know Simba remember like I, I teared up like it, it still is there like that emotional impact but like the scene where like after Mufasa dies and Scar comes down to the, like the the canyon, and you know Simba's supposed to be like sobbing, like crying because he thinks he caused his father's death, and it's it's gorgeously animated, it's beautiful. You have this cute little lion cub. There's no emotion on his face, but the voice is like crying of like, oh no, what have I done? I, I felt like that was the biggest problem with this movie is that you couldn't see their feelings on their face like you could in the 94 movie. And I will agree with you that Donald Glover, I, I don't know what happened, but boy, he sounded like he was fucking bored the whole time he was recording his vocals. Yeah, like, I was right? more excited for him than almost anyone, too. So I was really I found it really surprising that I came out with him being one of my biggest negatives. Yeah, I did not care for his performance here like, at all. I thought he was just—I mean, he really sounded like he was bored, and this was a total just a paycheck for him. I thought everyone else. Other, was other than the—I thought his singing was fantastic. Like oh, yeah. the first time you hear Glover's voice is him jumping into the Hakuna Matata, and honestly, that gave me chills. But just like all the speaking lines after the fact didn't really do anything for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I agree with that. Um, I thought it was kind of, I didn't like that they took away Scar's song, Be Prepared. Um, that's, th- that's one of my favorite songs from the original movie. Um, what do you mean they took it away? Like, you go to the it, no, no, no. I, I was there for it, but like, <laughs> in, in, in the movie, it's like a whole production. Like, he sings it and he's like, Be Prepared. Like, it's like this really big thing. And then in this movie, it was more like he, sp- he like spoke, sang it, and it was very like, downplayed like he was just slinking around being like be prepared and i i I don't know i i i liked the bigger production value of the first one in in that particular song um having said all of that i actually you know i enjoyed this movie because it's the, the story is exactly the same as the 94 movie there's really not a ton more of like stuff added here um which i I mean, it's almost scene for scene, a remake of the first movie. So I'm going to give this movie a solid taste it as well. I think, though, if you have kids who have never seen The Lion King, you take them to this thing. They're going to go they're going to go nuts because there were kids in my showing who were like, 
obviously completely engaged and they loved it. And it's great to hear all the songs, you know, like, you know, just can't wait to be king. And can you feel the love tonight is it, great. But it is a pretty much a scene for scene retelling of the first movie. And awkward silence. <laughs> Yay! We did it! Yeah! Good job, yeah, guys. I'm going to taste the awkward silence. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, what, I mean, uh, what do you think about uh, the animals and the. Do you agree with the, that there's no emotion on their faces? I, you know, I, I, that's a, there's not as much like exaggerated expressive emotion. I mean, that's pretty much impossible to do i mean you're gonna get creepy if you uh try to make simba smile the way he smiles when he eats bugs in the animated version or you know but yeah i mean i i I never i never really that never really bothered me i kind of thought that was replaced by just a lot of the just not mentioned like animal characteristics that they added to the characters which i thought was really neat like it was very low-key and the writing and the dialogue never brought attention to it but like you know, Simba and Timon and even Pumbaa and all the other characters just had like little like animal things they did, like little arm and leg twitches and, you know, the way you saw them breathe and stuff. And I I fell into that so much that I, it, it didn't really bother mm. me. Like I, I I was pretty emotional during this entire movie. And I mean, I don't know that exaggerated smiling faces and stuff were going to make this stronger for me. So I, I don't know. I that, that's interesting. I, I get why you can't do that you know it's a, it's an interesting trend translation from the animated to live action so but it to me it didn't have that like hidden valley feel like yeah. I, I don't know i just bought right into it you know the minute you hear that opening like beat of circle of life at the beginning i was like holy shit <laughs> you know it's working for me yeah so yeah i i really dug it yeah i'm I, it didn't it's nothing that i noticed while I watched the movie, I think like the voice acting and the way that the, uh, I thought the voice acting was, was, was very good and that got the point across that I didn't need to see, you know, facial expressions from animals. It, it, it's not, and I, I understand what you're saying, Rebecca. I'm not saying like, you're saying it, it felt weird for you that they're reacting this way and you're not seeing yeah. that on the screen. I totally get that. It's just that never stuck out to me, but I can see why it did stick out to you. I I, I totally yeah. I can understand that. Like if if like if you see that and then you keep thinking about it, like maybe like maybe upon second watch if I if I, if I which I don't think I'll ever watch this again to be quite honest with you. It's one of those like just like the animated movie. I saw it once years ago. I wasn't a fan. I have no attachment to the Lion King whatsoever. And so going into this one, I was like, maybe this will be my Lion King. This one will be mine. And I, <laughs> even, even after, even after watching this one, I was just kind of like, eh, it's, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. It's, it's an interesting point though. I mean, it's just, you know, with it being a hundred percent animated, it's not like you were dealing with like uncooperative animals on set that weren't like delivering the emotion that needed to be delivered. I mean, these were yeah. definitely all deliberate choices in the way they were portrayed and seen mm-hmm. in the movie. So. Yeah, I don't know. None of that ever really bothered me. Yeah, didn't me either. So, yeah, uh, Lion King out in theaters. I saw it in IMAX 3D. Um, not really necessary to see it. I think I'm done with the IMAX 3D. I think I'm either just going to do IMAX or go to real 3D at this point. I don't, I don't think there, I don't think IMAX 3D did anything for this movie. 
Hmm, that's interesting. I remember it being pretty strong in uh, the Jungle Book, so I was expecting more of the same here. <laughs> it really didn't do anything for me. I honestly think, like, if I'm going to see 3D, I'll just go to a real 3D showing. I, I think I'm done with the IMAX 3D. Um, let, let's see here. Uh, um, Harmon, what do you got? You got anything? Uh, let's see. What have I watched recently? Um, we already talked about Stranger Things, and that's really been the biggest thing that I've digested. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about it, actually. <laughs> well, then let's move into this. This Let's move into, did everybody get a chance <laughs> to see the Top Gun Maverick trailer? Jake, you've never still to this day seen Top Gun, so I don't know. Did you even watch? What? The, yeah. Yeah, I did not want spoilers for my eventual watching of Top Gun oh. 1, so I did not, I did not watch this trailer. Oh, fuck. You've never been to the Danger Zone? Come on. I... I do love the Danger Zone song. In fact, I just found out a couple of years ago that that was even from Top Gun. Oh my god! This whole soundtrack is just fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, we've seen the new Top Gun Maverick trailer. This is a how many years in the making is this? The, that, that movie came out in '86, so it's like uh, by the time it comes out, it'll be 34 years in the making to get to uh, Top Gun Maverick. And um forty four years? Thirty four, Jake. Oh, 34, Jesus. thirty four. Still that's crazy. Yeah, thirty four years. And uh Top Gun is one of those movies that you know, I, I, I loved the soundtrack as a kid. I loved the movie as a kid. Um great movie. Great fucking movie. Um and it's funny, I, I I've seen some some reactions online to this trailer. And had, you know, a couple people message me saying like, oh, I had no interest in a Top Gun uh, sequel. And then I saw the trailer. It's amazing. And everybody's going nuts for this fucking trailer. I just want to point out, go back and listen to past episodes. I have been all about this fucking movie from the announcement. Uh, this, this, uh, I, I'll back you up there for sure. Yeah, this is a movie I have been 100% down for. We're not getting movies uh, of pilots and stuff like that and flying around and, and all that stuff. It's going to sound amazing in the theater. And um, I, 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 I've desperately been wanting to see this. And then they stopped production. We didn't get a trailer. We were like, where are we going to get this trailer? When, when are we going to get this trailer? You know, we, we got castings. We got, you know, uh, Miles Teller and, and we're getting all these castings. Why haven't we gotten a trailer? Well, Tom Cruise was like, you know what? Let's stop production. He came out with that one first image. And then all of a sudden we got nothing. Tom Cruise was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to pilot one of these, one of these jets. So we can get some actual, I, I want to do this. I want to take this on. And, um, I, uh, I know Rebecca, you got to be rolling your eyes this entire time. And I don't even care. <laughs> I was getting ready to make a Rebecca joke. <laughs> I, I don't even care. It's, it's one of the, I, I, st- I, I think that Tom Cruise, like as far as what he does in his personal life, as far as him as a person and everything like that, it, it doesn't matter. I, I can separate that from like this guy's craft. Like this guy takes acting seriously. I think like this guy is like one of the best act, one of the best living actors that we have. And like, uh, you know, I'll say like uh, he hasn't made very many bad movies and everybody, everybody brings up the mummy. Every, yeah, the mummy, the mummy. It's like, first off, most of the people that are bringing up the mummy haven't even fucking seen it. So knock it off. But for those of you that it's not a great movie, Tom Cruise is actually probably the best part of that movie. It's a weak movie. 
But I think Tom Cruise is one of those names in Hollywood. He's consistently made good choices, made good movies. And, um, you know, uh, God damn, even fucking his War of the Worlds was great, in my opinion. What was the movie he did with Jamie Foxx? What was that movie? Collateral? Oh, my God. Oh, that was decent. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Minority Report as well. Yeah, I have to watch that one again. It's like... uh, I I love it. It's based off the classic, you know, Philip K. Dick book. And I think it's one of Spielberg's best science fiction action movies. I I like it more than War of the Worlds. It's uh, Oblivion. He did Oblivion. That was fantastic. What was the one that was based off of um, Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, that was so good. That was based off that manga that you love. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So we got this Top Gun Maverick trailer. I've been dying to see this. Um, I wanted to see it in a theater, but I was like, you know what, fuck it. So I watched it on my on my uh, on my flat screen, and um, I'm just going to come out of the gate and say, as far as all the trailers that I've seen from San Diego Comic Con so far, this is by far my favorite. This is incredible. Uh, Ed Harris in this movie, his whole monologue at the beginning, talking about where. You know, Maverick has been, and in his life, uh, you know, here we are, thirty-four years later, and uh, what he's been up to. I was just like, this is great. This is so. This is so perfect. Uh, we got a scene of a funeral in the trailer. Like, who is in the casket? Um, I'm, I'm wondering that. Uh, and then, of course, we got the shots of Tom Cruise actually flying in these uh, fighter jets, like actually flying in these fighter jets, and it was just. I, I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. I thought it was great. Some the music it brought me back to the to the original movie. I can't wait to see where they go with this one. Um, Harmon, what did you think about this? Did I lose everybody? Oh, just Harmon. No, I'm okay. here. I uh, I didn't unmute fast enough. Uh, right out the gate, this is a fucking Tupperware and a half. Like I was into it from the start of the trailer and then when it shows him and he's putting on that old jacket and he grabs the glasses and then when he pulls the cover off the old ninja 900 i was like no this is this is a movie for me Mm. um Mm -hmm. there's that line of dialogue where he's talking with the admiral and he's like you should be a two-star admiral by now and you're just a (laughs) captain like you're you're a dying breed and uh, i think that that does reflect about modern warfare. I mean, there's as we go more into unmanned aircraft, mm-hmm. there's not going to be that many air, uh, you know, mavericks in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be a really neat story about someone who is kind of uh, part of that last generation of old school ace combat heroes. And I'm really excited to see that character story paired with what I can only assume is going to be over the top awesome action. So like Miles Teller, I'm the rumor or like what I've I don't know if it's rumor, it might even be confirmed, like I think he's playing Goose's son in this. That could be a neat relationship to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's true. I th- I think that's correct. Um Is Rebecca Goose the cat named after the Top Gun thing? Huh? Is yeah, Goose yes. the cat a Top Gun reference? Yes. If we're talking about Captain mm-hmm. Marvel Goose, yeah. that is yes. The, yes, that's exactly but it's definitely a Top Gun reference. Rebecca, our resident Tom Cruise hater. What? Oh, God. Okay, can I just... I, I, I want to clarify.
clarify something. I want to clarify Do you want to clarify how much you hate Tom Cruise? She doesn't hate, she loathes. Okay, I want to clarify two things. Number one. <laughs> Here I, we go. Strap I, yourselves in. Here we go. It's going to be a long, bumpy I flight. I don't want to fucking argue with you about Tom Cruise. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pointless argument. Number one, I am a big fan of Tom Cruise's early work. I have said that multiple times i am a huge fan of the first top gun movie i would watch that movie right now if it was on this i'd is... hang up with all of you assholes and watch that movie instead <laughs> if it was on this That's is not this is not his early work though this is his this is going to be his most recent work I'm saying the first Top Gun movie. Yes. Don't, don't be don't be ridiculous. The second thing I would like to clarify. <laughs> oh, shit. I am, I am, somebody's I pinched the nerve. And I think you it's have, I, have. <laughs> I, I would like to just say one last thing. Yeah. Okay. Um do I like him as a person? Fuck no, I don't like him as a person. Uh-huh. But I also have issue with the fact that at some point in his career, he went from being an actor to being a stuntman playing actor. Oh. And my thing is this. You, his gimmick now is shoving as many stunts as he can into a two two plus hour movie, yeah. and like that's the reason for him to go and watch a movie. Yeah, you hear that, Jackie Chan? You hear that, Jackie Chan? I've been saying this about Jackie Chan for years. What the fuck, Jackie Chan? Jesus, so many listeners are getting turned off right now. I know. Brian's yelling again. <laughs> Rebecca this is what I get, live for. Rebecca couldn't even get her point across. You fucking uh, Brian's mansplaining. I am not mansplaining. Stop <laughs> no, it. You're not. No, you're not mansplaining. Yeah, not I, at all. If you were mansplaining, I'd tell you you're mansplaining. You're I not mansplaining. You yeah. um, I watched the trailer, okay? I want... <laughs> to like this movie. I really do because I am a fan of the first Top Gun movie. Okay? But I am afraid that what's going to happen is I'm going to go to the theater and this is going to be two hours of Tom Cruise doing stunts, wearing sunglasses and going, and I'm supposed to love it. And I just don't want to watch a stunt filled movie and it's called acting. Uh, That's my only that's my only point here about his more recent work as an actor, personal life aside, not even talking about the personal life stuff. So I watched the trailer. I thought it was a really good trailer. I will taste this trailer. I give it a middle of the road, taste it. Um, I'm, I don't feel like, oh my God, I have to rush out and see this movie when it comes out. But I will probably see this movie in the theater because Again, I am a fan of the first Top Gun movie, and I would really like to watch this movie and go, wow, I really liked that as a sequel. I thought it was really good. I hope I can say that after seeing the movie. I think I, I think Tom Cruise has actually improved as an actor from his earlier work. His earlier work, he was playing the same guy in every movie. In every movie, he was a guy that was at the top of his game, that was the he was the best of the best. I'm a race car driver. I'm really fucking good. I'm a fighter pilot. I'm fucking great. Oh, something tragic happens. And then what happens? Oh, a wonderful woman comes into his life that brings back his confidence and tells him to get behind the get behind the wheel again or get behind the, the jet again and, and go up there and get it one more shot. And then he does and he gets the confidence and he gets the girl. That's the early Tom Cruise stuff. Come on. Like his new stuff, like if you watch Magnolia, which I know it's a 20 fucking year old movie, but like this is Magnolia. What an amazing performance he had in Magnolia. Uh, Tropic Thunder, even though it was 
was just barely he was barely in that movie. Great fucking performance. He was fantastic in Collateral with Jamie Foxx. The stunt stuff is like some of the stuff that's come out over the past few years, and I think it's just enhanced everything that we've seen him do. It's it's one of those things. He's a modern day, in my opinion, a throwback to actors like Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, who used to do all of his own stunts in movies like the you know the Great Escape and stuff like that. I, I think it's I think it's uh, he's paying homage to the craft and actually wanting to learn how to do this stuff and spend time with these with these stunt actors. I I think it's I I, I don't agree with you. I know we can agree to disagree, and I, I think that Tom Cruise is a better actor now than he ever was when he was younger i wouldn't that's i don't know we could we're just gonna go in circles with tom cruise yeah, uh, yeah. exactly so yeah i i don't want to argue with you about tom cruise i'm glad that you love his stuff so much again I, i'll see this in the theater i'm not thinking i'm not gonna see it i'm gonna see it in the theater because i would really like to like this movie i i hope i like this movie i really do because again i love top gun so i would really enjoy a good sequel. I'm telling you, you're not going to like it. I can tell you right now. You say, I'm not, you gave it a taste it. You're not rushing out to see it. You have made up your mind. <laughs> you have made up your mind. <laughs> as soon as you see him doing real stunts in that jet, you're done. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't want to argue about Tom Cruise. We're not arguing. Oh. <laughs> we are not arguing. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say is that if I was an actor yeah. and I had the chance to learn how to pilot an F-18 Super Hornet, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, I don't know. I just, I guess if I was an actor, I'd be doing that same type of thing, trying to do as many of my own stunts, especially with badass machines like that, as I could. Um, well, you got Leonardo DiCaprio doing stuff like, you know, The Revenant, where he's actually in that cold water and, and, and doing stuff. Like, I think, like... Some of these actors are just trying to take it to that next level, and I, I kind of appreciate that when you, when you, when you see that. It's it, it kind of bothers me sometimes when, especially back in the eighties and nineties, when you're watching a lot of these uh, actors that not that don't do their own stunts. Like you can go back and watch like Die Hard and um, you know Terminator movies and all the Stallone movies, and you can clearly see the faces now that now that we have. Uh, you know, Blu-rays and 4K and you can clearly see faces like back in the day when you were watching something that was like, you know, too, like, uh, you know, like what was, uh, how many scan lines of resolution, like 200 scan lines of resolution on a VHS. You couldn't really always tell that it was a stunt guy. They, they did a decent job at kind of hiding it. But now that everything's like, you know, uh, 1080p and, or 4K, you could you really watch those old movies and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I can really see that that's a stunt guy, and um, mm-hmm. so I kind of appreciate that that Tom's going all out for this stuff and and doing it. I don't think it. Uh, we're not doing this. We're not doing this, Rebecca. We're not. We're not. We're not going down I, this road. <laughs> I walked away from the table five minutes ago. I, I'm just you. You're still here talking about it. I walked away five minutes ago. Called my Uber. You're still talking about it. I feel like this is like this is like uh, this is like that. This is like that. Like uh, we're having dinner with friends. Like a like an old like an old married couple having dinner with friends. And like and like now 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 it's like like you got to bring up the Tom Cruise stuff. We just we. Can't 
can't have a night where we just sit around eating pepper poppers and enjoy. Uh, yeah, Brian and Rebecca, I don't think we'll be staying for dessert. Yeah. I, oh, but I, I just ordered the onion blossom. I just ordered the onion blossom. Huh? Huh? Yeah, we actually ate a little bit by accident before we came. Where's, where's everybody going? Huh? <laughs> I gotta take this phone call. I'll be back in like <laughs> an hour. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. Can't wait for the ride home. <laughs> oh yeah, the ride home. Oh, it'd be so insane. And then, and then one of us will be like, "You had to fucking bring it up." <laughs> <laughs> and, and as we're, this is why we have no friends, Brian. <laughs> as as I'm driving home and arguing, I swerve a little bit, and you're like, "Well, maybe you should get Tom Cruise to drive this fucking car, because you sure as hell can't." So much. <laughs> maybe your stunt driver, Tom Cruise, his last name's Cruise. Maybe he could cruise my ass home safely. Stunt driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I hope that I, the fight that I don't want to see Tom Cruise versus Bieber, I want to see Tom Cruise versus Rebecca. That's the fight. That's the fight I want to see. I'm, no, I'll put my money on Rebecca. What's- what special <laughs> skill will Tom Cruise have to learn before getting into that fight? Like, you know, it's oh. a match. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, uh, can I guess? <laughs> I could probably drink him <laughs> under the table. <laughs> yeah. He'll have to make cocktail two first. Yeah. <laughs> cocktail two. Oh, now that's a movie I want to see. <laughs> Where's that movie? Where's that sequel? Yeah, why can't I get cocktail two? <laughs> hey, I'd be here for it. Oh man, guy, I mean, uh, what's that, Kokomo? Remember that? That's not even a real oh, fucking I, place. The Beach Boys song. Yeah. Yeah, the Beach Boys song. Kokomo. Well, that movie that Tom Cruise did where he had the pool stick and he was flipping it all around all cool and badass. Is that, uh, risky? Color no. of Money. Color, Color of Money. money. Yeah. Where's Color of Money too? Co- Color of Money is a sequel. It's already. a sequel. It's is a sequel. It? Yeah, it's yeah. a sequel to oh. the, uh, it was a Jackie Gleason film with, uh, yes, yes, with Paul yes, Newman. Yes. That's exactly Correct. what it is. It's a sequel Correct. to that film. Yeah. That, and the original movie, which the name escapes me, and I'm sure someone's shouting it right now, is an incredible movie. And the only part that I hate about The Color of Money, Jake, is we – Scorsese did a great job on that movie. I love that movie. The only part I hate about that movie is we don't get to see those two guys actual play, actually play a game. We never get to see who won. I don't think I've seen that movie as an adult. I have seen that movie. I watch that movie every few years. I love. I, I that really movie. need to see it. I, 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 it's very vague in my mind. I remember mm. liking it as a kid. Do you remember that scene where uh, Paul Newman first sees him in the pool hall, and he's kind of he's playing and he's swinging the pool stick around? Yes. Do you remember? Have you seen the video on YouTube where somebody has replaced the stick with a lightsaber? Oh, I, I fell down that well one day and saw like every video possible of what you could replace lightsaber yes. with. And yes, yes, definitely saw it. Oh, <laughs> the color of money lightsaber battle. That that one was really well done. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh, I love that. Who who was the who was the woman in that movie? The color of money. Uh, she was also in the abyss. What's her name? Oh, she's I great. I never remember this. Oh my gosh, I'm oh, looking. Oh, ha- hang on. Um, 
shit. I know who you're talking about. I know who oh. you're talking about, too. Oh, oh man. I looked up the wrong thing. Give me a second here. Uh, I should have looked up the color of Mary money, Elizabeth but... Mastrantonio. Oh, she's so good. What happened to her? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. She was in Scarface. She was in Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, she was made Marion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was made Marion in the Kevin Costner one. She was great in The Abyss. Uh, I love oh, her. Oh, she was. I didn't even know she was in The Punisher. Oh, man. She was in the Limitless TV series. Ooh, she has a bad agent is what happened. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. She was like all. Yeah. She was like real popular, like in the 80s and 90s. But she was excellent in The Abyss. Like that was. Uh, a, yeah. That was an excellent film, but you know, Co- Color of Money is another really good Tom Cruise film that I do like. I do like that movie a whole lot. Oh, I haven't so seen good. it in a long time, but I really do like that movie. You need to watch, I'd say the the last three Mission Impossible movies. Ugh, do I have to? Come on, knock it off, knock it, <laughs> knock, knock it off. <laughs> I, I just uh, this yeah, ride home, I- this ride home with you is unbearable. <laughs> Let's, okay um i listen Paul, uh, Paul, i uh, love tom cruise aside what good good what, what were you gonna say um back uh, back in the 90s tom yeah. cruise would have been my first choice for captain america take that rebecca oh, how dare you <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Just when you think you know a person. He's fucking oh worthy. He is, he's, he's worthy. Um, you worthy? <laughs> Let's talk about something else. All <laughs> right. I, I, now I'm just trying. Now I'm just now, trying. Now, now you're really pushing buttons. Now I'm just trying to trigger you. Now I'm just trying to trigger you. <laughs> Brian's, Brian's a bully. Oh, fuck you. No, you're not a bully. You're not a bully. And anybody who thinks that you're bullying me clearly has never met either one of us. Oh, so, man. No. Uh, God, I love I, I I love the fact that uh, we can we can have these discussions and uh, only mildly get butt hurt at one another. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because, because by tomorrow, by tomorrow, what's going to happen is I'll read something funny or see something funny, and I'll text you about it, or something mystery science theater will happen, and I'll tell yeah. you, and you'll laugh about it, and we'll and it's yeah, fine. It's like, totally fine. N- n- none of these arguments really mean anything. But, They're more discussions yeah. than anything else. I so. am going to throw away our friendship because you don't like Tom oh, Cruise. God. Oh, the and, straw happened. And I found out that Rebecca's into ass sweat. You know, it's like. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. Do I have a robot product for you, though, Rebecca? Oh, man. Oh, shit. Jake, help. oh shit. Jake, you're Listen like up. you're like the Ron Popeil of robot asses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut right there, Ron Popeil. <laughs> uh, yeah, try that. You can either try my pocket fisherman or this sweating robot ass. <laughs> it's, I was gonna say it slices, it dices, it it sweats from the ass. <laughs> it even makes julienne French fries. <laughs> oh my god! I, I want to see. You know how like they they do the demonstration on those. <laughs> Half an hour, half an hour. We sent uh, Todd into the bedroom with his ass. Let's go see how he's doing. How's it coming along? There? <laughs> There's like a pool of water on this bed. Oh no! 
You see Todd just sliding off of it. <laughs> it looks like there's been a snail orgy going on top of that fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now how much would you pay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, seeing that. Also yeah. throw in this free set of Ginsu knives. <laughs> oh, this is one hell of a value. I know. Call now. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Yeah. <laughs> you know what movie I'm really excited to see is uh, Good Boys with the with the kids when they're. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The the, for that. The kids pull out their parents' sex toys. Anal beads. <laughs> they're like these are they're like nunchucks, <laughs> but they smell like shit. It's hilarious. It looks so good. Um, Oh, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. No, who do you think's in that in the in the trailer for Maverick, um, Top Gun Maverick? Who do you think's in the in the casket for that funeral? Do you have any guesses? Goose. No, Goose died thirty four years ago, bro. <laughs> thirty four years ago. Uh, <laughs> I said the only name I knew. Funniest answer ever. <laughs> I, I, wow. I they, 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 I it is Goose. I hope they reburied him or something. What, what, they, they, we've exhumed the body. We're going to bury him again. Reburying it again. Yes. Now I, I hope it is Goose. So it, it's, it's like, it's like when people renew their, it's like when people renew their wedding vows, we're going to have a re-funeral. <laughs> Yeah, you laugh now. Just wait. <laughs> that's what, so that's funny because Jake's like, that's the only name I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, hey, all I'm saying is I hope they have another fucking volleyball scene in this next yes. one. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. I want to. Volleyball would be totally, awesome. To, I, I want to so, see some sweating asses going on during a homoerotic volleyball scene in Top Gun Maverick. So, like, oddly enough, I have seen Hot Shots. And oh, you see? Okay, you've 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 almost seen Top Gun. You've seen Hot Shots. Do they have like food food erotica porn in Top Gun? Is that a thing? Hmm. Because they have the Hot Shot stuff where it gets I or like he's like frying an egg on her. And yeah, I I think there I think there is a scene where they eat something together in Top Gun. I can't remember now, but. I, I think they just take it like to the next level <laughs> this for hot shots. This episode, <laughs> this episode is ridiculous. <laughs> Every, <laughs> no, so no food erotica porn in, in Top Gun. Zero, no, zero. No. Uh, lots of lots of homo erotic volleyball porn though. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's not even a joke. Yeah, I I love how Jake. How how quick you were to the trigger with knowing about that robot ass, that sweating robot ass? Earlier. I googled it. Oh, yeah, that was a thing that you just found out about. Yes, yes, yes. You are good, sir. <laughs> Holy fuck! I googled ro- the porn title you came up with. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and then my phone asked me if I meant robot, robot, and I'm like, no, motherfucker, I mean robot, robot. Oh, and that's okay. what I got. There you go. Rebecca, did you watch Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein on Netflix? I, I did. Jake, did you get a chance to see this? No. Harmon, did you hear about this? I haven't even heard of it. 
Uh, Sounds great. It is a uh, 30, I believe it's a 32-minute mockumentary. Uh, it stars uh, David Harbour delves into the enigmatic history of his legendary acting family as he examines his father's legacy and role in a made-for-TV play. It stars uh, David Harbour as David Harbour... Uh, Junior and David Harbour the third and um also Frankenstein and then Kate Berlant um she uh is in this um I've seen her pop up in some things here recently she uh was in one she's going to be in the new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then she was in last year's Sorry to Bother You and um I I like her um very funny uh Olin Jones uh, Bridie Elliott, uh, Heather Lawless, Michael Lerner, Alfred Molina is in this. Oh, that's um, like the biggest shock to me that yeah. Alfred Molina was in this movie. It's a it's a it's a thirty two minute mockumentary. It has David Harbour playing his father, and 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 he is looking for answers. Um, his father starred in a TV play about Frankenstein's monster, where he gets um, jealous of his much younger co-star and things kind of spiral out of control. <laughs> um, Alfred Molina plays this aging actor who has like this show that's kind of like inside the actor's studio, but not, it's called the actor's trunk where he has other actors pull out props from a trunk and then just start acting on the fly with whatever props are there. It's ridiculous. And it just made me think of like how you can't class up, carrot top and prop comedy or prop mm-hmm. acting. I, I, mm-hmm. I was just like, how, how are you, tr- you're trying to make this classy, but all I'm thinking about is fucking carrot top. Um, and then you've got Kate Berlant. She plays this, um, female scientist who travels to this, you know, remote Island to see this monster for herself. Um, all in this mockumentary. So she's like, playing this character within this play, this made-for-TV play. Rebecca, what did you think about this? This, like, out of nowhere, like, I think it was like a, a, a Wednesday or a Thursday drop on Netflix. It was just like, out of nowhere, I happened to, I think I checked, no, I happened to get on Netflix the day it dropped. And ha- mm-hmm. it was it was front page. I was like, what in the fuck is this? Is this a series? And I was like, no, this is just a one-shot, 32-minute mockumentary. What did you think about this? Yeah, this – okay. <laughs> so I – this is uh, this is another weird one. Um, so like I had I had known about this a couple weeks ago because I had read about this as an upcoming um, Netflix movie and it was a short film from David Harbour and I was like, okay – I'm liking the premise. Um, it kind of goes into the Dr. Frankenstein lore and um, all stuff that I enjoy. Um, I thought it was a really, really funny premise, but I don't feel like they completely 100% executed it well. Um, I liked I liked more of it than I didn't like, but I actually felt like Halfway through, I felt like this would have been a perfect thing to do on a network like Quibi of five or ten minute things released um, like that and telling the story that way because it's very funny when it starts out. It's it's very self-aware because it is a mockumentary, but then it's 
there are moments where I felt like they carried the joke a little bit too far. Like they just told one too many jokes and it was like, oh boy. Um, but I did think it was the perfect length. I, I, if it had been any longer, I think I would have been pulling my hair out. Like this was the perfect length for a one shot thing. If you're going to do it that way. Um, I don't know. It's just so odd. Like I laughed, but not every joke hit me. Um, so, cause it's comedy. What did you think of it? Am, are we on the same page or you, did you feel totally different about it? We're on the same page on a lot of things. I don't know if like I would go with a quibby route with this. I, I was thinking like this could be like a weird thing that they would show on adult swim at like 2 a.m. Mm, that's a, that's a valid thing to say. Yeah. I, I could agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. like if they would have dropped this at 2 a.m. on fucking adult swim and I'd say like, give it a month or two of doing that. And then all of a sudden, like this turns into the next too many cooks. Like people are like, Oh my God, you've got to go onto YouTube and watch this. It's so fucking weird. You know, right. like, like, um, it, it is, I, I, I'm gonna watch it again, cause like, I, I think that there's a lot to, to digest here. It's really weird. Um, there's parts of it that are very funny. I like it when it goes absurd. That's when I kind of loved yes. it. I, I loved do it. Too. Yeah, when it went absurd, especially like what they're talking about in the last few minutes of this, and they're talking about his father and may, what he may or may not have done. Yes. I was just like, this is great. This is funny. I want more of this. And I love that David Harbour is just like, you know what? Fucking, I get it. Hellboy didn't work out. Um, I get it. But you know what? It's not going to stop me. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing things and even, I'm going to do some experimental things. And that's what he did here. This is very experimental comedy. And for that, I really appreciate it. I'm going to give it a taste it. I'm going to, probably watch this it's only 32 minutes so probably gonna watch it again i'm gonna watch it again and see if i get something more out of it i think it's one of those things that the more you watch it the more you'll get out of it and maybe the more you'll appreciate it um i'm i'm right there with you on the rating i'm also going to give it a a solid taste it i think people should watch it yes um it it is like it's 32 minutes you could knock this out it's super quick and just watch it. I think, um, I do agree. When it goes absurd, yeah. I think it's hilarious. I, I love, so, and when David Harbour is playing like his father, um, it's very Orson Welles. You know, he's, he even looks kind of like <laughs> yes. Orson Welles. Yes. Like, 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 like with the beard and he's like, uh, and all of it, he's doing all of these things and he's like such, He's so full of himself and he, and that's how I got into Juilliard. And he like throws that line out at like during the play, like, which is hilarious. Cause then it's like, that's obviously not part of this play. Um, I, I, yeah, I, when it went absurd, I thought it was just, it was so funny, but yeah. then it just, I felt like some of the execution did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it was fun to watch. You know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's terrible. Mm-mm. Um, and I'll be honest, if in a, a couple of months they, you know, he, it's announced that he's doing a second one, I'd watch it. Fuck yeah. I'd totally watch it. Yeah. yeah. If it's like, sort of like, you know, David Harbour returns to the world of his father to, you know, or, or returns to searching more for about his father, I would watch it. Absolutely, I would watch it. I think that there's more to like here than dislike. So, I would like, I would, yeah. I want to see this relationship with David Harbour 
and Netflix deepened, kind of like what we saw a few years ago um, with um, oh my god, uh, oh my god, what's his fucking name? Will Arnett when he when Will, Will Arnett was like sucking and the balls of Netflix there for like oh yeah, we saw a lot. You remember like uh, Will Arnett had like that whole special where he was just remember that fucking. Thing where Will Lynette was just talking about shit, like stuff, like different items and objects. Do you remember yeah, that, Jay? I, I do remember that. Yeah, it like dropped on like April Fool's Day or something, and he was just that was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I, I do recall that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, he did. I, I, I'll watch more from David Harbor. Yeah. Like, if, if if he's doing more stuff like this with Netflix, fuck yeah, I'll watch it. I would watch this thirteen times in a row before I would ever watch fucking Hellboy again. <laughs> Wowzers! I am right. not making that up. I would watch this oh, thirteen that's fucking that's times. Terrible. Thirteen fucking times in a row. I would watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called uh, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein's <laughs> Monsters Monster. I love that name. Comma Frankenstein. It's on Netflix. Thirty-two minutes. Check it out, people. It ain't gonna. Not a not a huge commitment here. Not a huge commitment here. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, last thing that I want to talk about, real quick, real quick. Uh, we got the trailer for uh, Snowpiercer for the TBS series, and uh, I just I guess I just wanted. Quick thoughts on that one. This one stars uh, David Diggs and uh, Jennifer Connelly. And um, let me just let me. I love Snowpiercer the movie. I thought it was fantastic. One of those. It's one of those movies that I saw in the theater. I, I reviewed it on this show, and I raved about it. Loved it. Chris Evans, brilliant, great performance. Uh, this is the movie that uh, he was filming uh, right after Avengers, and. Um, I loved it. I love Snowpiercer. And uh honestly, this it just feels like more Snowpiercer. I I don't I don't know what to think. I I I am going to give this a taste it. I think the production value looks amazing, but it just looks like more Snowpiercer as opposed to like what we saw with the new Watchmen trailer that came out during San Diego Comic-Con, which like like you can say like, oh, it's just more Watchmen. It just they have totally shaken that world up. Like it new concepts being thrown out. Like you've got like a whole group wearing Rorschach Rorschach masks and they've probably gotten a hold of his journal and treat it like the Bible and it's like a religion to them at this point. And uh we've got you've got that shot of Dr. Manhattan on Mars and like it's it it's got Watchmen. But it's like it's Damon Lindelof putting his own spin on this. I feel like the Snowpiercer TBS series just feels like the movie being stretched out over the course of maybe one season. And it just felt like it just feels like the movie. It doesn't feel like I'm really getting anything new out of the series. Yeah. Can I can I talk about the Snowpiercer yes, thing? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ready to kind of shit on this and bag on it a bit too. I was pretty bored by this trailer and i'm just gonna go ahead and toss it i think when you're doing this kind of tv show based off a movie thing you really gotta wow people with this first like stuff that you're gonna show them and i had basically the exact same reaction you did where 
I mean, the movie is the highest of Tupperwares to me. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But this just felt like recycled, not as good version of that rather than very inspired, continued storytelling, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this was garbage to me. Um, This is the kind of thing that if I even watch the pilot, that'll probably be all I watch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I mean, and it's like, I love David Diggs. Blind Spotting was one of my favorite movies of last year. I, I, it's, it's tremendous. Uh, Jennifer Connelly's great. It's just like, this just, I just don't know how, how they're going to be able to stretch this out. Nothing seems new. It just seems like the, the movie, it just, it, it just, everything, it looked like the movie, Jake. Like if, I want the story yeah, it just like go. like budget TBS version of the movie. Made for TV version of the movie. Like it, I agree it didn't, and I don't mean to say that it looked crappy, but it didn't look better than the movie. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It just felt like more of the same. It felt like a show for people that didn't see the movie because the movie wasn't very popular or wide release. So let's oh, yeah, take yeah. a crack at telling yeah. the same story again. So Rebecca, what did you think about this trailer? Man, I, um, I can't really disagree with anything Jake is saying here. I, um, yeah, I, I tossed this trailer too. And I hate to say that because I love the movie. Like the movie for me is the highest of Tupperwares. I think it's such a gritty, dark, it sounds like, uh, it's such an amazing film and the performances in it are so amazing. And I get it. It didn't really do, I don't think it did gangbusters in the theater. Um, but I think it, it's done better like afterwards as people kind of heard about it word of mouth. Um, I agree. I feel like this is a show for people who've never seen the movie because I, th- this doesn't look anywhere near as good as the movie. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, I toss it too. And it, that makes me sad because I was really interested in this show. And from what they've shown me so far, I don't really feel very excited for it anymore. And it does feel like it's the movie stretched out over a season of, of, of episodes. And I don't see how this is going to be terribly different or even expanding on the world of Snowpiercer. Well, because you and, yeah. and 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 you referenced the uh, the Watchmen trailer, which I watched also, and is so so fucking ex- it's like exhilarating to watch that trailer to think of what they're going to do with that world. But I didn't feel any of that watching this trailer. Yeah, yeah like I, on the Watchmen note, I was going to declare that the best trailer I've seen so far this weekend. Honestly. Mm. Like it was just fantastic. Like you're exactly right, Brian. It's mm-hmm. the Lindelof spin on this thing. And you can tell it's got his kind of framework of storytelling where it's, you're just going to get shoved right into what's going on and have to be a smart audience member and figure out kind of what's happening through context. Like I don't, it's a show that's not going to hold your hand. That's going to be steeped in, you know, already built lore. It, it, wow. I, I cannot wait till October. Yeah. Every second of this thing was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's shot beautifully. Um, it Regina looks, King, oh, yeah. when she shot, shoots down that shift uh-huh. and she reacts to that. Oh my gosh. This whole thing looks so great. Yeah. I, Jeremy Irons is playing Osmandius, the older Osmandius, which we don't mm. know if those are flashback scenes. Cause like I hear that he's dead. 
So I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm I, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, see. yeah. And that's the thing with the Lindelof story is they you could think you're seeing something linear, right. but you could find out later that you're very well seeing the stuff out of order too. So here's the thing. Back to Snowpiercer. We have somebody on the podcast who has not seen the movie. So Harmon, don't feel like peer pressured just because all the other kids are saying that it just doesn't look great and that the movie was so good. You have no exposure, no experience to the movie. What did you think when you watched the trailer where you're like, oh my gosh, this might be something that I'm into? Yes, so uh, having no prior thoughts about Snowpiercer, I thought the trailer looked pretty cool. There you go. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the set design like on the train looked uh, like they spent some serious money on it. It was a really nice looking set, and uh, the story seems pretty cool. So I'm yeah. probably going to give this a watch. Yeah. Um, I pro. I guess I'd give the trailer like a high tasted overall. Um, it definitely it's got it's piqued my interest, which is uh, I'm pretty sure what their goal was to do. <laughs> there you go. I I mean this is that that's this perfect. This is perfect because like that's the thing. Like I I I've seen Snowpiercer. I saw this trailer. I, I didn't feel like I got anything real. I'm sure there's some new stuff, but as most of the things that I saw in this are just like, I remember that from the movie. I remember that from the movie. That feels like the movie. Nothing <laughs> seemed new. And I feel like that this is definitely for a broader audience that has not seen Snowpiercer. It's a retelling of the story. They feel like it's a strong enough story that they can tell episodically. And I think that Harmon, guys like you and, and people that haven't seen the movie are the target audience for this. And it may perform very well with you. I mean, it has a strong cast. You've got Jennifer Connelly and you've got uh, David Diggs. I mean, it's got a strong cast. TBS has definitely put some money behind this one. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm definitely going to be watching at least the first episode. We'll see how far, how much farther I go. This, this, this has a lot to prove to me, but... Harmon, honestly, I'm going to tell you, uh, if you have, I know we, t- we told you to see the movie. I would probably maybe hold off on that just to, mm, just to, mm-hmm. to watch this series. Maybe, I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things. Like, if you like this trailer, maybe watch this series and then, uh, see. I, I say fuck it and save all this time. There's so much other good content out there. He liked watch the trailer. The- Watch the already known Tupperware movie. Though. Ah, he liked the trailer though. There, there's no, there's no reason for him not to watch the first episode. <laughs> there's no reason for him not to watch the first episode. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And make an, and make that. a decision right. at that point. Yeah, don't don't commit to the whole thing. Watch the first episode. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. Is uh, I'll avoid watching the movie, which I haven't done in the five years it's been out. So there that's not go. too hard. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll yeah, at least give the first episode a go. There you go. It's it, it, it's currently on Netflix. Like I just double checked, it's still on Netflix. That that the movie uh, Snowpiercer. It's really it's a it's a really really good film. And um, yeah, Harmon, I really think you would like it a lot. Yeah, I'll have to eventually give it a chance. Uh, probably after I give the show a go anyway. Yeah, makes sense. I don't even think we talked about what Snowpiercer was. We just basically gave our thoughts. We didn't we didn't even, we didn't even say anything it was about. No, you did describe completely what the whole thing was about. Really? I talked yeah. about how it was like all of civilization that's left on a train and they can't stop. They got to keep going. I swear we did at the beginning. I swear we didn't. Well, you just did now. Then there you go. <laughs> good, good, good enough. Yeah. yeah. Basically, what's all of left of civilization is on a train, 
and you have different classes just like you have in the real world. And the train keeps moving. Outside of the train, the whole world is frozen. It's negative 119 degrees. Nothing can survive out there. And the train has to keep moving. Otherwise, it'll freeze up. It's got to keep moving. they got to keep producing it, uh, using energy and producing energy. And... Uh, so you got, like I said, you got different classes of people on the train, uh, from, you know, your lower class, middle class, all the way up to the upper class. Um, and the movie portrays this and does it really well. And it's all about like, uh, trying to get yourself out of that lower class up into the upper class and the struggle that it takes. It's, it's, it's a fucking incredible film. And, uh, I'm still hoping, I'm still going to watch the show. I'll watch the first episode and see how it goes. Because I do like the I do like the cast, so uh, we shall see. Let's take a break and then come back with the pop culture leftovers news. Sounds good. Sounds good. Greetings, leftover army. Pop culture leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but. Their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, hey, we are back. And you know what, guys? We're going to jump into the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Don't worry, I'm going to play that bumper. But there's a, something about this show that people don't always get to hear is the moments... When we're not recording, those are special moments sometimes. Like the moments we share on this are fun and real. But a lot of people get to miss out on just like the real talk in the intermissions. Those are some special moments, aren't they? Yeah. I cherish them dearly. Priceless moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you fuckers missed out on them. Everybody listening right now, you missed them. You didn't hear, you didn't hear a goddamn, you didn't hear a single word of it. No, those no. are just for Brian, Rebecca, and the two Jakes. Yeah, they were for us. You guys missed out on them. You're not a that's you're a, not, huh? That sounds like a sitcom they would have made in the early '90s. What's that? What's Brian, that? Brian, Rebecca, and the two Jakes. <laughs> it does. Oh right? uh, yeah, like two a, two guys, uh, a girl, and a, a girl pizza, pizza place. Pizza place. Yes. Which which Brian, then later, which then later just turned into into two guys and a girl, which then later turned into a spinoff porno film. <laughs> I don't think those are candy. Which today. then later turned into two girls in one cup. <laughs> All right, that's definitely not canon connected. <laughs> you know, that's the truth. It's like uh, we uh, we have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of fun stuff on the episode. It's debatable for some people, you know. But for us, we talk about a lot of fun stuff on the show. But many memories are formed during the parts that you people don't get to listen to. And I just want to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> this might be my favorite part of this episode right that, now. That you're not involved in the special moments. Oh, 
Man, I'm going to try to be extra funny during the breaks now. That's that. Exactly. Those moments are not meant for you. It's like uh, it's like in Westworld. The, the the maze is not meant for you. Yeah, those special moments that we have in the in the uh, in the intermissions that you guys that the listeners don't hear, they're not meant for them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm so low energy this episode, Brian. I'm saving it all for the intermission. Oh, which been some special yeah, you moments. Know, you can't blame me. Yeah. I know. It's like I, I. It's like I wait with bated. I wait with bated breath for those intermissions. I'm like, oh god, can we wrap up talking about Tom Gam Maverick? I cannot wait until I hit stop and we can just get to talk like regular people. Have these special moments, and that no one else will ever get to hear. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. There was once a guy who I sent lyrics to and he had to sing, It's gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. This news <laughs> that, is gangster. That guy's my hero. He's awesome, isn't he? Good guy. Uh, we talked about Halloween uh, last week, Rebecca, getting sequels uh, with the rumor that both sequels uh, could possibly be released in the same month of the same year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we thought that that idea was ridiculous. Uh, Screen Rant has our answer. Uh, Universal and Blumhouse confirmed that two sequels to Halloween are coming and have already been given Release dates and titles. The first sequel is called Halloween Kills and will hit theaters on October 16th, 2020. The second sequel and possibly the end of the whole franchise is called Halloween Ends and will arrive one year later on October 15th of 2021. Both movies will be directed by Green again with different writers tackling each of the scripts. Green and Danny McBride will work on both scripts, but Scott Teams will co-write Halloween Kills with them, while Paul Brad Logan and Chris Bernier do the same on Halloween End. So, uh, I am, I'm excited by this news. I, I, I loved, uh, Halloween when it came out. I thought it was fantastic. I tupperware the fuck out of that movie. Um, I don't want them to screw this up though, but I, I cannot blame them for wanting to put this out. That movie did not cost them a lot and it made like $150 million. So I cannot not blame Blumhouse for wanting to do this. I just hope that both movies, um, are as good as what we saw last year. So yeah, I can blame them for something. Uh, the, do, the do, titles. Do, yeah, and yeah, just doing the old, it could be the last one, you bet. It's not gonna be the last fucking Halloween movie ever in our lifetime. No, but I, like, I, they're, they're saying this is canonical with the original, you know, Halloween movie. And that, until it isn't five years later. Well, sure, but you know, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wish they could. The last movie made money. I wish they didn't have to kind of go to this well. The you know the Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter well, as I like to call it. <laughs> as long as the movie is great, I I don't care. And as long as like at the end of the day, I can watch Halloween and then 
you know, these next three movies. And if they, if it's a, if it's a great story, I'll be happy with that. That's fine. I, I agree with that. What's in a name? I mean, if, if it ends up being a good right. movie, it's a good, it's a good movie, but yeah, I just, mm. <laughs> the end name, Halloween, the end is that, or Halloween no, it's end. called Halloween ends. Yeah. Ends. Okay. With an S geez. Well, think about it. I mean, like, uh, well, what do you want? A Halloween Endgame? Would you be happy with that? <laughs> no, I hated Endgame. I know. I, it was a joke. It was a joke, yeah, yeah. sir. It was a joke. <laughs> I know. So, uh, Rebecca, are, are these? I, I know you watched that Halloween movie in the in the theaters. I know you've seen the original. Um, are these movies that you think that you're going to go, or are you are you a Halloweened out? No, I think I'll go. I mean, I didn't really see. I don't think I've seen any of the original sequels, to be honest with you. If I have, I don't really remember them. Um, so, I, I mean, I'll go and see these in the theater. I really did enjoy that latest Halloween movie when it came out. Um, I mean, the titles are like whatever. I, I don't, but I, I don't feel maybe because I don't have such a strong tie to this franchise, it doesn't really bother me that much, or I don't really feel it one way or the other about it. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely go see it. I, I definitely don't think it is, you know, the end. I think, you know, five years later, they'll reboot it or do something with it and bring it back, you know, because that's the whole thing about Michael Myers, right? Like, he doesn't really ever die. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely go see him in the theater, though. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What was I going to say? Eh, probably that important. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I, I have so many thoughts running through my fucking head. I was, there, at one point I was like, ooh, can I make an ass sweats joke about something that we're talking? No, that's not going to work here. And then I forgot what I was originally going to talk about. So let's just move on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> Wise choice. I know. Um, let's see. I got news from the Nerdist. Uh, the last Starfighter sequel being developed. Uh, writer Gary Witta, who co-developed the story for Rogue One, posted on Twitter that he is working as writer and producer on a sequel 35 years in the making. Witta and Jonathan Butel, the writer and creator of The Last Starfighter, have been working on a follow-up to the sci-fi classic. This is one of those things where we've been hearing about The Last Starfighter sequel. I, I, I remember, uh, for, I'm sure it's been talked about for years, but like the first thing that I remember hearing about it is that Seth Rogen was wanting to do something with this, and uh, you know that eventually turned into uh, that series that he does for Hulu. What's that called? What's that called? Something about... Uh, What's that? I can't even remember what that fucking show was called, and I loved it. Something, something up. Oh, Future Man. Future Man. Yeah, it eventually turned into Future Man. Um, what I don't like is like how how uh, Gary Witta responded to this announcement on on Twitter. Like everybody just thought that everybody knew that he was working on a last Starfighter sequel. Here's here's what he said: Lots of people reacting like they had no idea. I've been working on a sequel to the Last Starfighter. Yeah, because we nobody knew. <laughs> like what the fuck dude and he goes on to say yep writing and producing it with original writer creator John Butel uh, check out some of the concept art I posted last year they posted some concept art and it looked really impressive um, It, I mean it's, uh, it looked really good um, uh, the uh, concept art was done by uh, Rogue One's Matt Alsup uh, for the movie and um, so I I uh I don't know what to think about this one. 
A lot, uh, the article goes on to say the film's ending was practically begging for a follow-up considering the state of the frontier. Zur's escape and Alex's younger brother, Lewis, beginning his own training. Witta has cleared up any confusion by confirming a sequel is under development. So this is a direct sequel to The Last Starfighter. How does this work in this day and age? Is my big question. Like the big part, the big thing about the last. Who goes through arcades anymore is what you're saying. Well, I mean, of course we have home consoles, but is, is that what, is that, is that where this movie's gonna go? We saw kind of like, like, uh, I, I think they have to do something completely different than what we saw done in Tron Legacy, which was made 10 plus years ago. Was it, God, is that, is that over 10 years now? Tron Legacy? I feel like yeah, definitely. I'm wanting to You're say right. like that's like 2004, 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. But um, God, it's yeah, it's been a long time since Tron Legacy. I feel like you know, like in the original movie, these arcade consoles, this game was put on different planets, and people were playing this video game. And in the original movie. It wasn't even that 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 console that 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 our stand up arcade cabinet was not even supposed to end up on Earth. It was supposed to go to another planet. It was accidentally, it was accidentally sent to the trailer park. It was supposed to go somewhere bigger on Earth, correct? Like a bigger like metropolitan city, I believe. Ooh, I, I I'm not. I know. Good. At I know. Was that in the? Lore. Was that in the? I don't remember that being in the movie. That, there's a, there's that plot a, there, point. Yeah, there's a. I, I believe there's a quick line, and I could be wrong. It's either that it was supposed to end up in a bigger area like New York, or just a different planet. It was not supposed to end up in this trailer park. That was like an accident, and for some reason, it, you know, the game does end up in this trailer park, and it does. They do find a human pilot that's worthy to fly one of these you know, uh, star fighters. And then he goes on to, you know, uh, to, to fight in the movie and kind of like, uh, um, you know, you know, save the day. And, uh, it, the movie did set up a sequel as a kid. I always wanted that sequel has too much time passed. Is this something that you guys are looking forward to is a new last Starfighter? Because like now we're in a day and age where it's, like and this was one of those movies like that came out like after Star Wars that was very heavy on the CGI and now like CGI has advanced so much it'll look different is this something that you guys are looking forward to a sequel to the last starfighter I'm going to have to say no um I have fond memories of the original but it just feels like something that was of its time and of its place and I just don't think there's going to be enough, A, not enough nostalgia glasses to have this really make a big pop culture impact as far as money. And I, I just, I don't, I don't even know like how good it can be either. Right. It's just so much work has to be done to update it that at that point it becomes such a different thing that why not just try to make that different thing? And like, is the nostalgia even worth it at that, that point? Like, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to say no. Rebecca, do you want to see this story? And if you do or if you don't, well, what would you want to see, like, if you did? I don't know. So I'm pretty much on the opposite end of the spectrum of Jake. I'm 
really excited about a sequel to this movie, but I, I will concede the point that as far as like this living on in like pop culture memory, I think there's a lot of people who there's a lot of people who don't remember this movie very well or just didn't like it enough to want a sequel. This for me was a movie that I grew up watching and just loving so much that when it ends and it ends, you know, on a huge opening for a sequel as a kid, I did always want a sequel and hearing, you know, as an adult that they are going to do a sequel. I I personally am really excited about it, but whether it's going to make a lot of money that I don't know. Um, I would love to know, what happened to Alex's little brother? I want to know what happened to Alex and Maggie. <clears throat> excuse me, when they left, I I, I want to know what happened, and I I want to see, you know, maybe Alex's brother get. I mean, that's kind of where they left off. Like the idea that he might be recruited into, like, you know, the army as well. This what, what was it called? Star Star. I can't remember the name of it now. I have to rewatch the movie. But um, yeah, I mean, personally. I'm super down for uh, for the sequel, um, but I don't know how successful it will be. Wow, this is like a complete 180 from your thoughts about the uh, Top Gun Maverick sequel, which happened to come out around the same time as this film. This is pretty wild, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you done now? Are you done? <laughs> Finished? You'll bring up the out of your it's, system, it's gr- Brian. And, and both of these characters piloted different things that, that fly it's just uh, the, the comparisons are there it's just uh, it's just weird uh, the, the, wow hey, Harmon did you I'm only <laughs> staying with you because of the kids Harmon <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what did you uh, what did Harmon I know that like you're a big uh, you're you're a big fan of like uh, 80s stuff even though that you you didn't really like grow up in the 80s like you you have an appreciation for you know uh john hughes movies and 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 80s films like this is one of those uh, this is something that you've kind of like taken upon yourself as being a fan of the 80s to go back and watch these types of movies is this one that you watched or did the last starfighter escape you oh i definitely watched it as a kid um i have siblings who are who grew up in the 80s, so I got all those hand-me-down tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is a lot of potential for a sequel. Uh, personally, I'm excited for it. I think it's a neat concept. Uh, I think where we are culturally, like, space is on the upswing with SpaceX, and everyone wants to, you know, go to Mars and all this. And, uh, I mean, even arcades are on an upswing now. I mean, a- adults are going to barcades, and I, so I do think that there is definitely potential for a really solid sequel here. However, I don't know if it's going to be a, a huge money maker because it's going to cost a shit ton of money to make it look good. And I don't know if it's got enough power behind the brand name for uh, older fans to want to go back and you know see the sequel. And I don't know if it's got a, it's going to be able to draw in the younger crowd either. Hmm. Both are really, really good points. I think like this is one of those things where you need to, before this movie comes out, you've got to drop The Last Starfighter on Netflix or one of these streaming services like Hulu and uh, 
you got to really promote this movie. And I, I, I think you have to rebrand the last movie too, and start to call it the next to last Starfighter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, maybe the last Starfighter ends could be the the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, right. the penultimate Starfighter. Star <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the 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 last starfighter after next like they could do a whole friday thing right i like a another starfighter comma yeesh <laughs> did you say Star- yeesh or yeet yeesh i know, I know what you said the, la- the last starfighter 2 semicolon dawn of justice <laughs> call it that um i i i'm i'm mixed on this because like in a way, I really want to see this get done. I did like Tron Legacy. Some people did not like Tron Legacy. I I enjoyed Tron Legacy, and I'm not saying like, oh, this is this is going to be like Tron Legacy. Um, I, I I want to see this. I'm looking forward to it. And if it's not a great movie, it's not going to ruin the first one for me. It'll be like, okay, we got it. They tried it. It didn't work. Whatever. Let's move on. This is not. It's not going to destroy like my thoughts of the of the first film, so we'll see. Right? Yeah, I, 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 I'm 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 fine with this. We'll see if they can if they can find a way to capture a new generation with with the last Starfighter. And I think that there is a lot here that they can kind of like expound upon, um, you know, with uh, the world building and like what they set up in the original movie, and they can take it to the next level. It's a whole universe, and um, you know, just like Star Wars. Star Wars expanded; it became this bigger thing. And I'm not saying like this is gonna. This, I'm never saying that this is gonna be the next Star Wars. <laughs> come on, come on. That's not what I'm saying. It, it, but but it is. It's set in outer space, and there's aliens. And the first movie was fun, and you can still have fun ideas introduced into a sequel. It's it is kind of cool where you're, you're you're talking about in that first movie you had a and I don't think that they should go with uh, his uh, younger brother Lewis being like in, if they have his younger brother in this movie at all his younger brother should be part of this fleet but I would like to see what they do with a brand new character that has his hands on a game that he has no idea unbeknownst to him that he's being trained to be an actual space fighter pilot, a star fighter. That's a fun, it's a fun. You were huh? the first person to capture all the Pokemon. We are, we have come to recruit you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun concept and I think it could work today. I think it's a I, fun I, concept. I, if you get a clever enough writer and someone with some fresh ideas, there's definitely a mine here or, or a well of, of stuff of a world that you could actually do some clever stuff with. But yeah, it's going to definitely take someone with some, some writing jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've got, they've got Gary Whitta and they've got like the original guy that was involved in the first movie. So we'll see what they can do. But if the movie's not good, it's not like I'm sitting here eating crow on it. I'm, I'm saying like, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying like, I always uh, thought that. I always thought that thing he talked to on the ship looked like the same thing C-3PO talked to at Jabba's Palace very much as a kid. I remember thinking those were, like, of the same alien origin. I don't remember that. 
Are you thinking... Like the flight of, oh, you're thinking of Flight of the Navigator, the, the, Navigator, the yeah. Pee Wee Herman. I am, I am. Fuck am, I am. Yeah, yeah my bad. Also Wrong a movie. Great, also a great movie, though. No, it's not. What? Have, have you watched I love that movie? Yeah, when I was fucking eight years old. Have you watched that yeah, as an actually, adult? I, that's why I've been so down in this whole thing. For some reason, in my head, I was thinking of Flight of the Navigator. Oh my god, you've been thinking about Flight of the Navigator the entire fucking time. The entire time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Flight J- Flight of the Na- Flight of the Navigator was a fun movie when I was fucking seven, eight years old. But like. Flight of the Navigator, you had a, like uh, this this ship and a robot talking like he's Pee Wee Herman. It, the movie totally dates itself. The Last Starfighter, Jake. It's yeah, the- yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally know exactly what the movie is now. I feel like an idiot. So yeah, that puts what I was saying in way more context. I'm not the whole time you're it- being a snarky dickhead to me. <laughs> As I'm saying stuff, and you're thinking like, about you it, you're thinking about a selling this shit on a flight of the Navigator. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, what the fuck are you? Fuck no. Rebecca, like, I don't, like, I understand your nostalgic feelings for Flight of the Navigator. Have you watched it as an adult? I have not watched it in the last, I want to say maybe 10 to 15 years. I have watched. It's been quite a while. I have watched Flight of the Navigator within the last three years. And it does not hold up. Okay, for, I, as an adult, maybe I I am looking at it through rose colored glasses or, or yeah. nostalgic colored glasses. I just remember really enjoying that that movie, oh, and maybe God. I'm just yeah. remembering my experience as a kid, which is completely possible. Yeah, I love that movie as a kid, but like as an adult, it just does not work for me. Like the the entire movie, this robot on that fucking this alien robot is talking like Pee Wee Herman, Rebecca. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, well, because it is Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yes, and the whole movie you hear Pee Wee Herman through this fucking robot, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it it is dated. I I don't know. I, and that's the I movie that Jake thought that I was it. saying that I want to follow up to. I I know. Like it's it's hilarious to me that we're all talking about <laughs> so the last com- fighter and uh-huh. he's talking about fighting. And Avatar. when I'm comparing it to Star Wars, Jake is over there. <laughs> sn- you're over there snickering. You're over there fucking snickering. <laughs> Can you blame me? Because you're thinking I'm talking about Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? God. What happened to Brian? Yeah, yeah, hold on. You've seen the, you've seen the last Starfighter, correct? Yeah, I, I, I'm completely, I, I'm not a complete 180 where I'm like, oh yeah, last Starfighter. I, or, I mean, you know, but. Well, I'm right there better. with you. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying there's a chance for this movie to be good. I, I'm yeah, not. I agree with everything you said before I. After I realized which movie we're talking about, you snickering fuckhead. <laughs> I know, I know. I think it's pretty. Funny. No, if I was, I was, hey. I was like, I was like blown out of my mind a little bit during the whole thing while I was thinking it was Flight of the Navigator. I'm like, Jesus. Hold on. What would blow my mind right now is if Harmon like raised his hand too and said, I thought you were talking about Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. You know, those are both great movies. I'm down for Flight of the Navigator too as well. No, no. Bring it all back. Thank you, Harmon. It should be a shared universe concept. They should do both sequels as one movie. I like it. (laughs) Flight of the Last Starfighter. Oh, there you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, I actually I want to go back to picking on Rebecca about how similar Last Starfighter is. Oh, to- can we not? Can we fucking not? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Move on. All right, let's move on. Jake, Jake, welcome to the conversation, buddy. Yes. Welcome to yes. the correct conversation. I, I was being very active in the conversation, just actively stupid. I'm I'm sitting here talking about a kid in a trailer park, and you're still thinking it's Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I've, ouch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, both are movies I haven't seen in over 20 years, to be fair. Okay. That, fair enough. You need to watch uh, Last Starfighter again. That's a great fucking movie. I still love that fucking movie. I don't. I don't know how it would hold up to to like kids watching it today, but I guess I don't know. Maybe it is nostalgia for me. But I, I think that there's something that can be done with this. So, what was uh, what was what was the deal with the fucking kid in uh, Flight of the Navigator? <laughs> what was his deal? Huh? What was his deal? I don't. I don't remember. He was just good at games, right? Well, no, he was um. He had been like abducted by aliens, and then when he came, when they brought him back, like he thought it was just like a minute or two or a few minutes, and it really had been like something like five years. Or oh something. yeah, that's right. I just watched and, this movie a few years ago. It's so forgettable because it's not. Well, I good. haven't watched it in like fifteen years, and I remember the plot. And Rebecca <laughs> like wrote the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing it right now. Um. Yeah, she was actually changing it to some of the – she was changing the last Starfighter Wikipedia to some of the shit Jake was saying. (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, like that that was his deal and then he has to get – he has to figure out to get back to the time period that he was um, abducted from and then that's like where his his adventure comes in and like he's being held by scientists who are – studying him because they can't figure out how he's time traveled and why he mm. looks exactly the same even though he's been missing for so long. Watching that movie through adult eyes, I could confidently tell you that that movie is dumb as fuck. <laughs> oh, it's not dumb as fuck. I don't think so. It's fucking terrible. It is it is hot shit on a stick. Um <laughs> I like how you used your civil voice to end with the review being dumb as fuck. <laughs> it was good comedy. I've got uh, Terminator Dark Fate news uh, from Entertainment Weekly and uh, also from the uh, San Diego Comic-Con panel. Uh, but anyway, Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly interviewed t- uh, director Tim Miller about Dark Fate being a direct sequel to Terminator 2. He said, uh, that the movie will deal directly with Sarah Connor's de- uh, destruction of Cyberdyne systems. And he said, I honestly believe this would be the best version of the movie after the second one. He then went on to say the first two movies really deal with time as a loop. What's happening is the same thing that happened before. And everybody is fighting to ensure that happens again. And Jim Cameron had this lucky break that he only broke that rule at the end of Terminator 2 when Sarah destroyed Cyberdyne. It's the first thing that happened that hadn't happened before, and so it was going to change the future. But no one knew how. And I don't think the movies that came out after it really explored that in a clean way like I believe we are, with true consequences. And it makes perfect sense for Sarah to be the one to face those consequences since they were her choices to begin with. 
I am, uh, we're going to talk about the featurette. Did everybody get a chance to see the, uh, Dark Fate featurette? Yes. Oh my God. Can I just say that Tim Miller's excitement for this franchise, like, brings a fucking tear to my eye? Yeah, for real. I love that he's certainly pumped. Like, I, I was surprised to see swearing in a featurette from Tim Miller. That was awesome. Oh God. What, what did you say, Harmon? Oh, I said he seems just, like, so pumped. Like, you can tell he's passionate about this. He's a fucking fanboy, and I, fu- I, I love that. I love that. And I, more, more times than not, I've seen, like, we've seen, like, people take over some of these franchises or properties that are not fans. And they've put out movies that maybe aren't beloved. And so... I've, I don't know. I, I, I'm really, I'm really torn on what I've seen from Dark Fate here. Like, I love everything that I've seen. I just, can they, can they recapture this? Can they make a great Terminator movie? Um, maybe we'll talk about that later, but I also wanted to talk about some other things that he talked about in this Entertainment Weekly review, uh, interview. He said, he addressed the film's rating. He said, the DNA of Terminator is an R-rated fucking movie. And that was his quote. We're getting an R-rated Terminator Dark Fate. I I love that. I and that was like reaffirmed in the featurette where we saw Linda Hamilton say, "I hunt Terminators, you metal motherfucker," which was like a fucking amazing line. I loved that. Um, and then uh. What did you guys, let's talk about that featurette. What did you think about that featurette? Um, Rebecca, what were like the big standouts to you in the featurette? Things that you liked, maybe didn't like? Um, I really loved this featurette actually. Um, I'm going to echo what you were saying about how excited Tim Miller is here to be directing this. Um, I, I think for something like this that's coming as a direct sequel to, to, to Terminator 2, so long after that movie debuted, I mean, you've got to have people involved that are, like, real fans of the franchise. Um, I thought it was really exciting to see how much passion Linda Hamilton has for the role again. Like, um, her talking about playing the character. I, I love seeing Arnold there. Um I loved watching how they were filming it and they were, you know, talking about, you know, I got cameras on this one, cameras on that one. I mean, I thought the featurette was great. Um, I loved all the cursing in it. Like even just like the interviews, like when they were talking to the camera, you know, I thought that was great. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much like, there's so much heart. It seems like being put into this movie that it makes me really excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harmon, what did you think about, uh, any of the statements that I've given or, or, or the feature at itself. So when Sarah Connor just opens up that door, she, it, it almost reminded me a bit of the actual Terminator, like how just like stone face badass she was. I mean, she, she shoots the dude and then she pulls out the rocket launcher. And uh, seeing that scene, I was like, okay, this is, this is something I definitely want to watch. Uh, the featurette was great. Seeing how passionate everyone seemed about the movie was great, and uh, I'm definitely going to be there opening weekend. Ah, oh, I love I love hearing that from you, man. Jake, uh, did you watch the featurette? Yeah, I did. I did. I I, I Tupperware the featurette. I, I thought it was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, it seems like for the first time since Terminator Two, 
like a, a creative team actually understands kind of the Terminator formula, right? It's finally we're tapping back into that kind of classic Cameron formula of, you know, nonstop white knuckle kinetic action, mm. but still very like human characters that you can relate to. So there's actually, you know, stakes to that action, you know, just well-filmed, good cinematography, white knuckle action, classic Cameron feeling. This, this got me really pumped. Um, I was surprised at how great Arnold looked in this trailer. I didn't expect to get excited at seeing him. Uh, I thought one of the standout scenes for me when he was just unloading, right, like dead into that face. Of oh. Robot. oh, God, Jake. I fucking, I came so hard when I saw that. Yeah, and it's just, and it, that just, the whole thing kind of reminded me of that classic Cameron formula and how yeah. they really haven't tapped in. Even though I like some of the stuff they've done since Terminator 2, they've just never given you that two hour roller coaster ride again where yeah. you just here you set up the concept you set up the plot and then boom you just send them on the action roller coaster you know and you don't know what's going to be around every every corner you know it's almost terminator one and terminator two are almost thrillers in like the way they're set up as movies you know and here's the thing it's like i can like uh, as far as terminator two terminator and terminator two I got a few things. I got a few points that I want to make here. Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 have great action set pieces. Great action set pieces. And I'm also going to compare the action set pieces that we got in Deadpool that are memorable. Like for for me, like I you know, I can I can I can gush about the action set pieces in Terminator all fucking day. Like they're just they're incredible. They're memorable. And um they're my favorite in any action movie ever. And 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 even Tim Miller, like what he did with Deadpool, like I can, you know, like the the highway scene, yeah, you know, it's 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 awesome with Ajax and like them, them fighting on the highway, and then even at the end that that uh, decommissioned fucking uh, hel- uh, hel- uh, uh, helicarrier that they're on, that battle that takes place with Ajax is like a very memorable scene. There's some very memorable action scenes in the first very in the first Deadpool, and uh, just having a. Cameron involved in this one and seeing the action that we've seen from the trailers. I, I honestly think that a lot of the beats that we're going to get in Terminator Dark Fate and a lot of people are going to come, are going to watch this movie. They're going to come out of it and some of the complaints are going to be like, this was just watching Terminator 2 again. It's just, it's the same movie. And to those people, it's like I, Force Awakens again. <laughs> well, and to those people, I want them to watch Terminator and then watch Terminator Two. Those two movies are the exact same fucking movie. Mm-hmm. They're the exact same fucking movie, beat for beat, exact fucking same. If you don't believe me, watch them. Watch them back to back, and you'll be like Brian, you were right. Yeah, you're exact. not wrong. They just shuffle the pieces around. <laughs> a bit. They did. They did. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot. I mean, there's a lot that we see in these trailers that are exactly out of like those movies. There's a fight in a factory in this movie. At one point we see Mackenzie Davis in a factory fighting another Terminator. And like the first movie ends, the fight ends in a factory. The second movie, the fight ends in a factory. This movie has a factory scene in it. I mean, I I feel like it's going to be a lot like the other movies. And, um, We'll see how it goes. I, um, oh, uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I found Diego Luna's Terminator is called the Rev Nine. That's the name of his Terminator is the Rev Nine. So he's that Terminator that can split off into a dark Terminator. 
So it, it, it's kind of like, like in the, you know, Terminator 2, we had like the liquid metal Terminator. This one actually like the liquid metal can split off and become another Terminator, leaving behind the exoskeleton, the dark Terminator. Um, and did you guys happen to see the other Terminator in this trailer? This featurette, excuse me. It was a tentacled mm. Terminator that's fighting Mackenzie Davis. It's a Terminator that has tentacles coming out of its back. I did not notice that. I didn't see that either. I must have missed that. I didn't see that one either. Yeah, there's a very quick clip of a tentacled Terminator. I don't know if this is a scene from the future or if this is a scene where Mackenzie Davis is in our time. But I'm looking forward to seeing that and whatever that means. Um, Here's another thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, The Terminator Dark Fate panel... Cameron, James Cameron confirmed that Edward Furlong is returning to the role of John Connor. Um, no other actor has actually played John Connor twice in any film. And so I made the comment last week that he is not in John Connor shape to play the role. And oh my God, did like, like as soon as this article dropped, that yeah, the, this this announcement dropped that he's uh, playing John Connor again. Boy, did people fucking! I even somebody on Facebook even fucking quoted me. Well, here's the thing, and here's where I get my redemption because I I I'm still right. The rumors that I'm hearing, maybe I'm not 100 percent right. We'll find out. But he's not in John Connor shape to play this role. I mean, you've got have you seen recent pics of him, right, Jake? Rebecca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably oh, just yeah. like James Cameron like throwing him a small amount of money so well, he doesn't like, whine about on got, Twitter and give him bad press. Well I've 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 got I've 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 got what I think is the answer here because like He's he's look he he's looking less like John Connor and he's looked more like John Goodman in recent years. So it's it's yeah, it's true though. And so like when I made the comment and like when I made the comment, I was it's not like I made a comment out of left field. Like and I'm sure some people can say, oh, he can get in shape for the role, blah 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 blah, whatever. But here's the thing, bloody disgusting. They're hearing from sources, and here's what here's what their sources have told them. We won't be seeing an adult version of Furlong's John Connor in Dark Fate, at least not in the most recent cut of the film. My source tells me that, yes, Jude Colley was in fact cast to play young John Connor, and that CGI was used to put Furlong's face on his body. While Furlong isn't physically in Dark Fate, he does deliver a brand new performance that's been digitally placed directly onto Colley's face. So yes, Furlong is technically in Dark Fate, oh. just not exactly how we all expected. So for all the people that tried to fucking, um, you know, finger point me and say, "Oh yeah, you were fucking wrong," well, fuck you. I was fucking one hundred percent right. They're fucking. They're not really using Edward Furlong as we now know him. He's not playing like John Connor now. They're taking him putting a new performance in there and digitally placing his young face on this actor who physically looks like he did back 
1991. So, um, whatever. I, I, uh, I still stand behind. He is not in John Connor shape. I still stand behind my comments. And I think that this, they found a way around it. And I'm still, lo- I'm looking forward to this. I think that it could be a very cool scene of seeing Edward Furlong. And it's not like I never wanted to see Edward Furlong return to the role. He just, he's not, he's not, he, he just, as an adult, he just doesn't look like John Connor, like what we would envision John Connor to be. So I still stand behind that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I didn't. I don't need to see Eddie Furlong in the in where he's at now in life re-portraying John Connor. That's not going to do this movie any favors. No. So I don't know, but I am excited. I, I mean, it's not like God. If he was in, if he was in, uh, if he was in the physical condition to play the role, that I think that that would be fantastic. It sounds like they're just doing a, a flashback scene of something we hadn't seen the character do, and it, so it's going to be a flashback scene. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it Agreed. sounds like. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Mm, people fucking quoting me on the fucking Facebook. <laughs> fucking fuck you. Fuck. They, 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 nobody, nobody quotes me when I get shit right. Nobody fucking gives me credit when I get shit right. You know what I mean? It's always what it's always what no. I say. It's always what I say something that they. Oh shit! Brian was wrong. <laughs> It's That's like, life, though, right? No, I mean, it's like, it's like hanging out with you in that car ride on the way home when we've had our cruise <laughs> argument. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, a few weeks ago, like I, we're talking about, like who we want as uh, as a uh, Catwoman in uh, in in, a, in the Matt Reeves Batman movie. I, I suggest Vanessa Kirby. What do we hear a few weeks later? Rumors that she's going to be. Uh, Yep, on the short list. That she's on, on the, the short, short list. list and that she's even recently expressed interest in the, uh, in playing the role. Do, what, do, do I get anybody pat me on the fucking back there? No. It's just when I say one thing about fucking Edward Furlong. And I got people, I got everybody in the fucking world saying, uh, oh, yeah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they like to point fingers at me, Jake. I'm going to point it right back. No, you're well validated. Fuck that shit. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, uh, Harmon, you saw the uh, Dark Crystal featurette. This is something I didn't see. Did anybody else see this with Harmon? Uh, yeah, I, I watched it right before the show. I did not. Harmon, Dark Crystal featurette. This is the, uh, what's it called? Dark Crystal colon, what's it called? The Age of Resistance. Oh, shit. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. Uh, you watched this featurette. We had the trailer come out a few weeks ago. What did they reveal in this featurette? Are you looking forward to this? I am so looking forward to this. Um, I give this featurette a Tupperware right off the bat. What's neat is that they go into a bit more behind the scenes on how some of these these puppets and scenery were made. And you see that all these puppets are hand-built, they're hand-painted, hand-sculpted. You even get to see some of the mechanics on the inside that these puppet operators are moving the the hands, and you see the joints. And then you get to see the finished product, and it just looks astounding. 
and uh, I I cannot wait to finally see this to get more Dark Crystal because the first the movie was just so damn amazing, and uh, you you don't get a whole lot of that that Jim Henson look anymore because it's it's such a unique feel, and I'm I'm definitely going to be there as soon as that drops on Netflix. Yeah, uh, do we know how many episodes we're getting of uh, Dark Crystal? I haven't seen any numbers come around yet. Hmm. Jake, yeah, what did I'm you think? as well. Jake, what did you think about Yeah, I thought this it was really feature? cool. I mean, it was just like Jake said, it was kind of more of a, a little featurette about the making of and the puppetry involved. And and yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we, we don't see stuff that looks like this anymore. It very much, you're like, n- no fan of the Dark Crystal is seeing this stuff and going on a Twitter rampage about how they've you know ruin their childhood like this is right in line with pretty much what you would want if you're a fan of the dark crystal so it's yeah hard not to be excited about this if you're not a fan i can't wait for this series i've heard that they've even made some of these puppets uh so realistic <laughs> no that, that their asses sweat <laughs> you knew it jake you did you did you saw it coming didn't you <laughs> <laughs> Three words into that joke. They're actually puff butts. We, we, got, <laughs> we have gotten a lot of mileage out of that, uh, that uh, ass wet shit, right? Yeah, it's one of the best Google searches I've done in a while. Hey, do you think is that a? Do you think that that's a real like uh, like people are really into that like sweating asses? Do you think like there's like whole sweaty uh, uh, sweaty ass videos out there that people like get off to? I mean, yes. I, I, that's a bet that I would take. Holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> not shitty asses, sweaty asses. Oh, Jake. But both, I'm sure both are well represented. Both are. Uh, ooh, man, you're you're dirty. You're a, <laughs> you're a dirty guy. Um, Rebecca, you looking forward to Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance? Um, to be honest, it does not not particularly. Only because I I have tried to watch the. Dark Crystal many times and when I was a kid that movie freaked me out and so for a long time I was like oh, I don't want to watch this movie. I've tried to watch it as an adult and it just doesn't grab my interest so I, I don't feel terribly invested in this series um, so I'm not, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't really affect me too much Alright, All right. wish I wouldn't have asked you. Yeah, I, I agree you probably should have asked me. Probably the ter- <laughs> Terrible, terrible way to end that segment. I apologize. Yeah, I, I suck. Hoping to, hoping to really maybe have a deep dive into, 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 you know, and it, you just, you sucked all the, all the fun out of I'm everything. I'm sorry. I just, you, I, what could I say? I, yeah, you I, know, I'm not even looking forward to it as much anymore. After that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a, uh, I heard a rumor that when they started filming, Tom Cruise actually spent like a year learning how to be a puppeteer. And, <laughs> Harmon, <laughs> the wedding is off. No, 
You just crossed the line. Carmen, Our pretend just, wedding is pretend off. <laughs> you dodged a bullet, buddy. I'm telling you. <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna get on my Kawasaki with my aviator glasses and ride away into the sunset. <laughs> oh man, you misheard that rumor anyway, Harmon. It's he. He learned to become like an actual puppet and to be. Puppeted by someone. no, no. That was Daniel. Got- that was when Daniel Day Lewis was attached, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis became the actual puppet. It was Tom Cruise that became the puppeteer. So Harmon was correct uh, of Daniel Day Lewis, huh? Was Tom Cruise Daniel Day Lewis's puppeteer? Tom Cruise was puppeteering Daniel Day Lewis at one time. Yes, that is true. Oh, <laughs> what we could have had. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, I've never really been uh, excited to ever watch a Barbie movie because I have a penis. But The Wrap confirms that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are going to be writing Barbie for Mattel and Warner Brothers. And now I cannot wait to see what they do with a fucking Barbie movie. I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, Greta Gerwig, she's the director from A24's Lady Bird, which starred Saoirse Ronan and Bina Feldstein, who I just learned in the recent weeks, Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister. I, did, I had no idea. That blew my mind yeah. when I found that out. Makes that is surprising. Sense when you, once you know, though. You can uh, well, definitely see the similarities in their oh, faces. Yeah, absolutely. So I like, I'm sorry. I, I've never, guys, it's, it's, I didn't grow up playing with Barbies. My sister did. So like, I have no attachment to like, you know, and there was a Malibu Barbie. The car sucks. I'm just not a huge fan of Barbie, right? So it was like one of those things where like, I didn't care. But now that you've attached Greta Gerwig, a director who I think is absolutely fantastic. I love Lady Bird. And I'm like, I can't believe that they're taking like an indie approach to this at all. Which I guess you could argue because at one time they had Diablo Cody writing a script for this. Diablo Cody who wrote Juno. But then on the flip side, they also had Amy Schumer attached to this project at one time. So it was going to be like a comedy. So I don't know where they're going with this Barbie now that Greta Gerwig's attached to it. But... I'm more excited now to see this movie than I ever would have been without her name attached. Um, uh, I think Anna Hat, Anne Hathaway was once a, like rumored to be Barbie at one time. Like that was a rumor, but they are getting, uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is going to be playing the part of Barbie. I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. Now, when Schumer was cast in the movie, the synopsis for the film followed Barbie, who goes to the real world after finding that she does not fit in the doll world because of her unique nature. I don't know where they're going to go with this now, uh, what their new take is. But, um, Rebecca, I'll start with you. Um, did you play with Barbies? Are you, and, and, uh, Hell, you might even be currently playing with a Barbie right now as we're recording. I don't know what you're doing. No, I'm not playing with that. Would be Uh, fucked up, wouldn't it? Like all of a sudden, like you're holding like two Barbies and you're like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" How did he know? How did Um, he know? (laughs) Um, 
So uh, when I was uh, when I was little, yes, I definitely had Barbies, and mm-hmm. I had um, I I had the pink convertible car, which I think came with Malibu Barbie. Um, I always wanted the Barbie house, the dream house, which had the elevator, but I never got that. Um, as an adult, you I sound have- like a, you sound like a lot of women there that. Uh- <laughs> Talking about talking no. about talking about their mates that they choose. Like that sounds like another conversation we're having in the car ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, uh, but like, okay, so yeah, as as a little girl, of course, I had I had Barbies. Um, as an adult, I have a more complicated relationship with Barbie because of the um, unrealistic body stuff that Barbie has inflicted on young girls from day one. So. When I heard about this movie, I really don't know what to think about this movie. I love Greta Gerwig. I love La- I love Ladybird. Um, so her doing anything is exciting to me. Um, but the topic of the movie, I think, very it's just very odd to me. Um, I definitely want to see like a. Uh, I definitely want to hear what the storyline is. I want to hear, or like what the premise is. Um, I want to see a trailer, of course, once they start filming and stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I feel very conflicted about this news because I, I don't know what they're going to be doing with the story. Yeah, it's just the, I, hold on. I'm not trying to be insensitive here. Like the, I don't. Do you think that like when they first designed the Barbie doll that they that I don't know. Like, was it designed by men? Well, I gotta go back and watch the toys that made us. Like, well, of course, yeah, like, it was. It was designed by men, and it was modeled after a uh, Japanese porno doll or something. Oh, really? So, yeah. So when they brought that here, did the, the ass thing, sweat? <laughs> I, I believe that was an extra feature you had to pay right. money for. You had to um, pour water in like the back of her neck. Exactly, and, yeah. then, and then she would. Yeah, I mean, so from from day one, Barbie has portrayed a a, a body image for little girls that mm. is one hundred percent impossible to attain. So did he man. So did he man for boys. God damn, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Ab- <laughs> absolutely. I mean, but like, if Barbie was a real woman, her her proportions, she wouldn't be able to stand uh, I, up. Yeah, like the waist. Her waist is too thin and her boobs are too big. Like, if she was a real person, she would have to walk on all fours. And I know, like, oh, yeah, I know. But in real life, like, that's not – no no woman could ever achieve that. And so I don't don't mean to get all, like, feminist ranty about it. I'm just saying that I have a conflicted – I have a complicated relationship with the source material. So I don't know – and I'm and I'm not saying that Greta Gerwig is going to make a movie about women having eating disorders or uh, putting this you know unattainable image that like that's what girls should do. I, I don't think she's going to do that. I just I don't I don't know how to feel about this because I just think it's certainly interesting choice, but I I don't know what it's going to be about. Yeah. Wow. This got deep as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I have a complicated relationship with Barbie. <laughs> yeah, my sister had a uh, my sister had Barbies growing up, and uh, she had a few of them. And there was one that our dog Sparky got a hold of and chewed the fuck out of her hand. And so, like, uh, my sister wrote this like whole backstory about like how this Barbie got her hand fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. 
You know what my favorite like Barbie that. movie is? <laughs> well, There's more. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Armin, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, stop right there. Stop right there. It's like, uh, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing. Um, it, it, what's, what's hilarious about this is not the fact that uh, you're, you're actually going to name a movie. The, 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 the funny part about this is that you're expecting me and Jake to throw out answers. <laughs> well, the... Uh, in my opinion, uh, the <laughs> finest Barbie movie is this little film called Small Soldiers. Oh! Oh, oh yeah! Talking about. Oh, I love that movie. Where the Barbies were voiced by none other than uh, Christina Ricci, who I've forever had a crush on. And um, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Best Barbie oh, movie. Oh, God. Uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst is also in Small Soldiers. She plays the uh, love interest to the to the kid. Yep. And then Phil, Hartman. uh, Phil Hartman's in that movie. Yeah. All of the commando elites were almost voiced by the cast of Predator. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, the main guy, right? Yep. Uh, that was supposed to be Arnold initially. Oh, my God. I, I uh, Small Soldiers is one of those movies. I actually I saw that twice in the theater. I loved it so much. Oh, it's fucking great. And it's directed by the guy who did Gremlins. It has that feel. Oh, God. I remember. Joe Dante. Yep. Joe Dante. Yes. And then uh, Phil Hartman is so good in that movie. What were they, what were those little monsters called? The the the, Gorg- the Gorgonites. Gorgonites and, and Phil yes. Hartman. Phil Hartman's out, out in his front lawn wanting to surrender to him and he calls him the Gorgonzolas. <laughs> <laughs> he's waving a little white flag and he's like, uh, uh, Gorgonzolas." <laughs> and then he's talking to his wife at one There's some subtle comedy in this movie. There's a point in that movie where he's talking to his wife, they're watching TV and he's like, you know what my favorite war is? World War Two. <laughs> <It's just like, laughs> Phil Hartman, com- com- comedic genius, everybody. Oh my, his wife, what a bitch, right? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, it's, I didn't think that you guys were going to disagree with me on that one. Ah, <laughs> no. uh, terrible. I don't know. Maybe you just didn't see her side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Being a little insensitive. I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. What, what, what does she have to say about the matter? You know what I mean? Jeez. Oh, God, uh, that was dark humor. I got a kick out of that. <laughs> that was dark. Not going to lie. <laughs> That's, a, that's the uh, that's the biography I want to see. My side. <laughs> Barbie. Um, <laughs> that's how I end that. Uh, we got our. First <laughs> you know who would make a great Ken, though. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Tom. <laughs> uh, uh, He's going to become a plastic doll. He's going to have his body transformed, replace all the flesh with plastic, uh, and uh, become the doll. Oh, God, God damn! God damn you for taking your craft seriously, Tom. <laughs> Fuck you for taking your craft seriously. <laughs> I'm going to halt production 
for 26 years so I could transform into a living doll. Oh, oh my God. Oh, let's, let's, let's mock the man's passion as an actor. That's it. <laughs> 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 Uh, this, uh, this, these rides home with Rebecca are so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh man, this one's gonna be real bad. I'm yeah, sensing. <laughs> Not gonna end well, I don't think. <laughs> you get a little alcohol in you, and you just think you're just there, huh? You just think you're funny. Big show off in front of your friends, aren't you? Huh? <laughs> big show off, huh? <laughs> oh, oh, your your big man didn't care about Barbie because you got a penis. Is that it, big man? <laughs> Big man, big man with your big penis. I've seen it. It's not that big. Okay. All right. Okay. Rebecca is scathing. The Ken doll, the Ken doll is rocking something bigger than you. Okay, buddy. So don't get too fucking excited. All right. I know. She's, she is mean, isn't she? God. Jesus, Jesus, Rebecca, we're all friends. I know. Gosh. Just insulting my manhood. <laughs> Unfucking believable. God, these rides home are torture. Um, hey, we got our first pick from Ghostbusters 2020. And this was uh, tweeted out by, uh, it was either tweeted or Instagrammed, whatever the fuck the kids are doing these days. Jason Reitman put it up online. Uh, it featured Carrie Coon, uh, Grace McKenna, and Finn Wolfhard. Um, we know that Paul Rudd's going to be in this movie. I'm hearing that he's going to be playing one of the kids' teachers. But looking at that picture, I've, I've got to think that these are the grandkids of Egon by looking at this picture. Did you guys see this? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. See, Are you guys excited for Ghostbusters 2020? I've been excited since we got that first little teaser where uh, you just see, like, the, the tail end of the Ecto-1. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be much more true to the original Ghostbusters formula. And uh, I'm definitely, I mean, depending on how the rest of the trailers go, uh, I'm probably going to be there open and week. Yeah. Um, it's got Paul Rudd in it, for crying out loud. Jake, it's got Carrie fucking Coon in it. Yeah, it's got people I like. I, I don't know though. I I'm still kind of over the Ghostbuster franchise, honestly. I to me, there's been nothing that's been a really great, great, great movie besides the first one. And I don't know. I these great actors can find something better to do than Ghostbusters yet again. So I I would let it breathe a little bit more. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know. It's just just my my personal. I mean, I'm going to get more ecto cooler again. So that's thumbs up. But other than that, I'm I have little to no interest in Ghostbusters 2020. Huh. Rebecca. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite as like I'm not quite all the way over where Jake is, but I, I'm like a I, I wouldn't call myself like a Ghostbusters mega fan or anything. I'm I'm like a regular fan of Ghostbusters and um I mean I, I I think I'm I think I'm pretty excited for for this movie. Um I, I'm not like, oh my God, opening night, I've got to be there and see the and see this movie, but I'm sure that I'll see it opening week for sure. Um 
Yeah, but I'm like, I, I wouldn't consider myself like, you know, a Ghostbusters mega fan. I'm, I'm like a regular casual fan of Ghostbusters. I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. Harmon, I, 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 proton packs, right, man? Look, uh, you give me a proton pack and some ecto cooler and I'm good to go. Like, I even like Ghostbusters too. I know that's a, a divisive statement, but that's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I have hope. I, I hope it's good. I mean, I want another. I want. I want a great Ghostbusters movie. I, let's see what they do with it. They're they're taking a different approach here. They're, of course, they're going to be mixing in stuff that we do know. We're getting, you know, that we're getting the Ecto One back. It looks like, and and these kids are definitely going to be related. I believe to a Ghostbuster. We're getting Paul Rudd in this movie. Like I. Not excited. Paul Rudd is great. He's golden anything. Like, and I think that he fits into this world. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm really, I've, I'm hoping for the best. I'm, I, I really, I'm not saying you guys aren't hoping for the best, but I guess I am a little bit more hopeful and a little bit more excited for this project. And I can't wait to see like the first trailer. Um, I, I, it's ghosts. It's Ghostbusters. It's it's it, it's where you're rocking proton packs and going around and, and and catching ghosts. And if it's kids going around and catching ghosts, that that might be fun to see. I I, I want to see them having fun and catching ghosts and and then by the end of the movie have some something big that they're going against. That uh, I think I think this could be a lot of fun. I really do. I think this could be a really good movie if they do it right. And I think that. I think that um I don't know I'm trying to think about what they could do here to to right the wrongs of what we've had in the last few years and I think like we'll we'll see I just think I still think proton packs are cool the ecto one's cool um going around catching different ghosts is, can be fun and and we'll see it, it it is different though because like that first ghostbusters movie you had like SNL alumni and like SCTV guys in their prime. And this is a different approach. We've got, you know, kid actors and we'll see. I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. I'm yeah, definitely I, there with you. Like I'm I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Yeah. And I think there's a lot that can still be told in this universe. And uh that that feeling that I think a lot of people got when we saw that first teaser and you just see the tarp throw up. That speaks to the power of the franchise and yeah. just how big that trailer got. So I definitely think that there's there's potential here. I have more. Uh, uh, I have. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I have more hope in this than I do Men in Black International. I'm just saying, like, I love Ghostbusters more than I love the Men in Black franchise, which I still think. I still think the Men in Black franchise is like it was a great idea. Like that's a great idea. Like that whole universe. That's is interesting. Like, it's like, oh yeah. It's a. I. Go ahead. I think Ghostbusters one is better than the entire Men in Black franchise, but I think as a franchise idea, Men in Black may be better. Like it, it to me, it lends itself more to trying to do a series of connected movies than making sequels to one of the greatest comedies of all time. Like I, to me, that's like the big, like 
part that I don't think these like execs understand like that. And I, you kind of touched onto it, Brian, you know, with where the first one is just all these great comedians in their prime. And kind of since then, the what they've done is tried to like make it more about the mythology and just less about the amazing one-liners and comedic timing. And you know, they tried, they're just trying to make such a franchise out of it. And you can kind of feel that. Um, you feel it in Ghostbusters 2. You feel it in this last movie that we just had a couple years ago. And surely you're going to feel it again here. I mean, we're talking about Egon's kids and... Uh, we don't know I, that. I, I, I'm speculating that those are Egon's grandkids. Is, yeah, but I, even even if none of that's true, we've already heard lots of rumors about all the returning cast member cameos, and it's going to be Ghostbusters' greatest hits bullshit. Where at the end of the day, if if I'm going to get a Ghostbusters movie that I'm going to respect, I just want it to be funny as fucking shit because that's what the first one is, and anything other than that. I'm, I just don't really give a shit about. Well, I, I think that they, like, if you're saying, like, that's what they're going for, I think that they've got a good start here by casting Paul Rudd. I mean, he is one of the funniest guys on the planet right now as far as, like... Yeah, you say that, but, I mean, my two of my least favorite MCU movies are both starring Paul Rudd, where, you know, maybe it could be the same thing here, where Paul Rudd doesn't get to be very Paul Ruddy at first because he's bogged down by 18 cameos and proton packs and Slimer mythology. I, 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 just, I, I that think that sounds just so boring to me. I would rather see Paul Rudd in a Ghostbusters movie than Chris Hemsworth in another Ghostbusters movie any day of the week. I agree. But my argument is I would rather see no future Ghostbusters movie than any of that. Oh, I have. If they, if they want to try to resurrect Ghostbusters, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Oh, I, I I get that. I yeah. get that. But I, I'm explaining my stance. I'm not. That's fine. I'm not arguing that one was better than the other. Like which version of the reboot is the proper way to reboot it? I, I'm arguing that I don't want any of these reboot reboots at all. I mean, I go back to Ghostbusters two as far as that's concerned. Like everything after one was needless. Okay. We, uh, We'll see. I mean, I, 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 uh, I guess like I, as far as like my excitement for this, what I've really been kind of like basing my excitement on is the stuff that I've just talked about is the Ecto one and the proton packs. I, I think you're the same way, Harmon. Like those are, those are, <laughs> they're just so cool that I want to see more of them. And I just want to see like the right pieces in place to like use those. Uh, pieces of uh, ghost hunting technology to to make a fun movie because I, I I I don't know I there's there's something about um there and I don't know if they can recapture it. I don't know and I don't know if they can recapture it with fucking kids and Paul Rudd I don't know but there's something very fucking cool about seeing people take on ghosts and swirling winds and then yell and then yelling as they're trying to to capture a ghost. It was just a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm praying that like somebody's going to be able to recapture, uh, the magic that we got from Ghostbusters because, um, you know, Ivan Reitman did a great job and here we've got Jason Reitman, you know, the sun taking over. So, so we'll see. I, I hope they can recapture this. Do I, in the, at the end of the day, Will they? I don't know. It's up in the air. It's a fifty-fifty at this point, man. I was I was really hoping that the that the the last Ghostbusters movie was gonna fucking do it because uh, what was it? Ghostbusters answer the call with 
with uh, Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones and what's her name? Melissa McCarthy. Like, I was hoping that that would do it for me, and I, I just wasn't a fan. So we'll see. I was the same way. I was really hopeful for that yeah. movie because that, that was a great cast of comedians. And Paul Feig and is just, the director. I love Paul Feig. Right. Yeah. And it just it fell so flat for me. It, it felt like such a different type of humor. And uh, it just it just didn't jive. And I get like, yeah, well, I was, as far as different humor goes, casting these kids in this movie is it's it's a complete it's completely different than casting Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. You know what I mean? It's just completely different. Oh, no, for and, sure. And Harold Ramis, of course. So. Yeah. I don't know. Happy Death Day 3 isn't happening. It's dead. Not happening. Christopher mm. Landon. No the, Groundhog Day for that franchise, huh? <laughs> Christopher Landon took to Twitter. Um, and uh, he's the director. And he said, uh, since I keep reading stuff about it, I'll say it loud. There is no Happy Death Day 3 in development. It's just a rumor. Unless Netflix wants to pony up and finish this trilogy, it just ain't happening. So it sounds like he has a trilogy in mind, but it's just not happening. And Did the second one flop? It didn't make as much money as the first one, but critically it was within 2% of the original Rotten Tomatoes rating. So the first one was, I believe, a 71%, and the second one was 69%. Uh, it didn't make as much money, but, I mean, it was just as fun and charming as the first one, it was more of a sci-fi kind of movie, but I, I I loved both of them. I thought they were both great. I really liked them. What was the percentage on that second movie? I believe sixty-nine. <laughs> nice, <laughs> ah, you dirty dog, <laughs> Armin. Oh man. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like we're getting Happy Death Day. Did. It, Anybody else on the podcast watch any of those movies? I haven't seen either. I watched the first one. Yeah, get get around. Watch the second one. It's good. What did you think of the first one? Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was enjoyable enough. Um, yeah, it, I'm not. Uh, yeah, usually I'm not a fan of the whole like repetitious storytelling thing of like re- like repeating the day over and over again. But um. I don't know. It kind of worked for me. I, I liked the horror element to that storytelling technique. And I thought the main actress, I'm blanking on her name. Um, oh, she's, she's great. She's, she's great. She's very, um, she's very charming. She's very engaging. Animated and, as fuck. Oh yeah. She, she's, um, I was just trying to, she, um, what I like about her, especially in that first movie is uh. like, She's not like this damsel in distress. Like she totally takes, she totally like tries to figure out like what's going on on her own and break herself free from it. But um, yeah, I, I thought the first one was a whole lot of fun to watch. I just I didn't watch the second one yet. Yeah, I, what I liked about her in that first one is like she's, you can definitely see the character growth of that. You know what I mean? You can see the character change because yeah. like she's very kind of like uh, one dimensional at the beginning of that movie. You know what I mean? She's she's in the sorority, right? Yeah, you know she's I mean? like very vapid in that in the beginning, and then as the movie goes on, she does like grow as a person. Yeah, and like by the second movie, I fucking think she's she's great. I loved her by the second movie. I'm just like, you know, I thought she. I don't know. So yeah, it just sucks. I wanted to see more of her, and if I don't see more of her in a Happy Death Day three, give her some more fucking roles because she's really good. Mm-hmm. Like I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. I I don't know if if Netflix. 
would do like Netflix is already doing Russian Doll, which is kind of like a repeating the same day thing. You didn't? Were you a fan of Russian Doll? That, that's a whole repeating the day thing. You know, I, and again, it, um, when it first started, that first episode, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh fuck me, this whole uh, thing is going to yeah. be like this." Right. Um, the first three like, episodes are just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but um, the end. And I have to give credit to Paul Hart, my co-host on, on Backcast. When he was on your show, he said, mm. you have to watch at least three episodes. Yes. You've got to get through the first three before you make, before you make up your mind. So when I started watching it, I really was going to be like, oh, I'm not watching this. And then I was like, oh, well, Paul said watch three. I'll watch three. At the end of the third episode, that's what sold me. The, yeah, yeah. the twist at the end of the third episode, then I was like, okay, now I have to watch more. And then it became very interesting to me. And then once you, you knew what was happening, um, I felt like the repetition wasn't as much in certain episodes. And then I, I was all in on the story. It was a, yeah, I, I felt like once you got the big reveal at the end of episode three, and Paul was right, you know, and, and, and Paul was like the guy that kept me watching this show too. Cause like I would have been done after episode one. And mm-hmm. then Paul was like, you gotta, you gotta, gotta finish episode three. And then I, I did. And, uh, he was absolutely right. It's what, it's honestly, I think Russian Doll is one of the best shows I've seen this year. It's one of the best shows I've seen on TV this year. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Natasha Leone also in that role. Oh like, yeah, yeah, she's good for her. Yeah, her her, um, her accent, the way that she talks, the way that she her, her her comedic timing, like everything about that character, and and a lot of that is her. Um, it really makes that show what it is. You know, I, I honestly, I think like in this car ride that me and you are having, like one of the things I'm saying is like. Uh, uh, if Paul told you to watch Mission Impossible <laughs> Six, would you watch it? Huh? <laughs> uh, what if, I what bet if, you would. What if Paul asked you to watch the new Mission Impossible movies? Would you watch them then? <laughs> we get in this whole argument about Paul. You know, like, I've been telling you to do that for years. Paul tells is fine. Then you watch it. That's the thing. I said. <laughs> You know, another thing we do. Hey, Cobra Kai. This car ride is very long. I know this car ride. <laughs> Fuck, are we ever gonna get home? Jesus. Why are we home yet? No shit. It's crazy. I, oh, it's ridiculous. This fucking car ride. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna get out and walk. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm getting out of this fucking car. I'm just walking home at this point. Cobra Kai season three is happening. Uh, we got news from Entertainment Weekly. Uh, they talked to Ralph Macchio at San Diego Comic Con. He said this about season three. For season three, something I can tease is that, albeit we have a lot of cleaning up to do based on the events of season two, some of the stories will dive into the origins of both Miyagi-Do Karate and Cobra Kai, like the beginnings of those two forms of martial arts, and we'll learn stuff about both that we never knew. And that includes LaRusso going to Okinawa, which is a piece of season three. Uh, Harmon, I'm going to jump straight to you. You are a huge fan of the Karate Kid, the entire franchise, and uh, Cobra Kai on uh, YouTube Red. Um, this news, I got to know your thoughts, dude. I am so excited. Uh, the actual origin of Gojuru Karate, which is what Miyagi-Do is based off of, is fascinating. Um 
Shojin Miyagi got lost fishing and uh, came back to Okinawa, I think it was 13 years later, with a Chinese wife and a couple kids. And he had studied Chinese martial arts and then mixed it with traditional Japanese to create that style. Um, so I'm sure they give that a Hollywood flair, and that could be a really cool story to see Daniel discovering. And then likewise, uh, the Cobra Kai style is based off of a Korean martial art called Tang Sudo, which is only vaguely addressed in the Karate Kid Part 3. Um, and we and the, the Part 3 really wasn't a, a standout film. So getting to see that revisited uh, through the Cobra Kai series, I think is going to be a huge treat for the fans. And I, I just can't wait to see more of this world and to see possibly Daniel and Johnny actually team up together because uh, that's that's what I think is going to happen and I'm I'm so pumped. Like, I'm there day one. One of my favorite things about season one uh, was the kids that they introduced and and I, I, I loved them all. I loved Hawk. I, I, you know, I loved all these kids. Um, I thought that they were all great. And then I'll be honest with you, like, my favorite stuff about season two was, of course, um, you know, Daniel and, and, um, Johnny. It, it, the kids not so much in season two. I, I feel like they've gotta, ugh, for me, they've gotta, they've gotta do their work with, uh, getting me back into, like, the, the kids' stories because, like, I was, uh, I, Dude, like you know, the, every scene with uh, with with Daniel and Johnny, I was just one hundred percent invested in in season two, and like that's what keeps me coming back. But like some of the stuff with the kids, I just it, mm, I don't know, man. It just didn't work for me. And you know, I can I can nitpick and say that oh, it was the it was the fight at the school, but like there's even more than that. It's not just the the ridiculous fight at the school at the end of the movie. There was a there was a lot more about the kids' story that just didn't work for me last season well like uh in season two daniel's daughter had very little growth over the season and uh at the end of season one it it was built up like oh this is going to be a really important character and she never changed she never grew she was still just kind of a bitch the whole season and uh maybe she'll end up going to okinawa with daniel and learning something and having that personal growth that i want to see that character have hmm yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I, Rebecca, I know that you, I think from what I remember hearing from you is that you were, you were a big fan of season two overall. Yeah, overall, I liked season two a whole lot. I think I liked it more than you did. Um, although I can't really disagree with what Harmon is saying about how there, the daughter didn't have a lot of character growth. Um, which is a shame because they did set her up to be like a really big important part of this show. Um, I, I was pretty much on board with most of season two. I felt like the last episode with the fight at the school was just so ridiculously over the top. Um, and just so, I, 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 I thought it was, it was just ridiculous. Um, but overall I did enjoy season two. I do think that, uh, Daniel and, um, Oh, Johnny. I almost said Billy. That's the actor's name. Uh, I do think that Daniel and Johnny will team up. I think that that is happening. If they go to Okinawa, do you think that we'll see Kumiko again? Hmm. I don't know if we'll see Kumiko. Um, but the guy that he fought in 
the Karate Kid Part Two, mm-hmm. I could see him making a cameo. Shozen, I think his name was. Okay. Um, I could see him making a comeback. I don't believe the actress who played Kumiko has done anything since, so uh, I'm not sure if she would be willing to reprise her role. But I'm also excited because of that tease for Allie at the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're going to get Allie. I, I think we'll definitely see her next next season. It seems that way. Oh, and she, we know that she's a doctor. And isn't she doing all fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, Okay, so here's the thing. It's like, but she's doing like, Elizabeth Shue's doing something else right now, right? Like, isn't she in a big project going, like a, a, like a series she's, or something? She's in The Boys, I believe. Yes, yes, on, thank you. On, on Amazon. And that just got renewed for season two. It did. It's already renewed for season two. But like season one is, is, is filmed. It's done, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, they could, I mean, and it just, if Allie comes back, it doesn't mean she's going to be in every episode. Like she could just be in a couple of episodes or, or just one. But you know, they, the, the creators of the show have said at the different comic cons that they've been to that every character that exists in the Karate Kid universe is a character that is that could potentially come back. Um, so they I mean they they have not. They basically have said they will bring people back if it you know fits <clears throat> the story, and mm-hmm. they've certainly set up Allie returning as a plot point. Here. I don't think that they would set her up if she's not agreed to come back in some capacity. I I agree. I, I don't totally think- agree. I don't think you tease her coming back unless you have you have a signed contract from her that yes yeah, she'll be back she'll be in season three. Yeah, I I agree. Harmon, I would I if I if I had one wish for next year it would be to be able to sit down and and binge this show with you. If I had one wish, it's that I could somehow star in Cobra Kai season three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, but, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna sitting make down that. with you and watching it would be a close number two. Ah, fuck you, Harmon. I, you know, I come in second place to the, you know, I, I totally agree. Like, I would love to, <laughs> I would, no, I, I would actually have more enjoyment, uh, sitting by myself and then watching Cobra Kai and all of a sudden you're in, uh, you're, you're fucking, you're a new student in class. I'd be like, oh my god, look at that glorious bearded son of a, that's Harmon! Oh my god, he's in the show. Give that be- scorpion guy a run for his money. <laughs> I'd fuck that scorpion guy, right? Ooh, that's the thing. I trained with Daniel since I, I already trained in that style anyway. Mm-hmm. And then me and Scorpion had the fight and I kick his ass. Oh, it'd be there we go. Battle of the Beards. YouTube, send me some money right now. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I know you're listening. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to season three. I think that they're, it, it, season two, Jake. For me, season two of Cobra Kai was like how you felt about uh, season two of Stranger Things. Yeah, that's too bad because you were really high on season one. Just love season one. One of the best shows that came out that year. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, bow, 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 bow. Last thing we're going to talk about news before we get to the big Marvel news, which I have no idea what they announced at San Diego Comic Con. None whatsoever. I'm going to be finding out for the first time when we talk about it. Uh, we are now going to talk real quick before we take a break and then jump into that shit. Uh, Quentin Tarantino Star Trek. Um, Rebecca, this is really interesting stuff. This was an interview with Deadline that they had with Tarantino and he said, I just don't think it's that big of a deal, but if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it my way. If you've seen my nine movies, you kind of know 
My way is an R-rated way and a way that is without certain restrictions. So that goes part and parcel. I think it would be more controversial if I said I'm going to do a PG movie and it's going to fit exactly in the universe. It's not me. What the fuck am I doing? I mean, I didn't even do that when I did that CSI episode. Uh, article goes on to say, uh, I actually got this article from Screen Rant through Deadline. They say, as long as Paramount likes the idea and the script, they almost got nothing to lose right now when it comes to Star Trek. Deadpool showed that you can rethink these things, do them in a different way. So really, even before J.J. knew what the idea was, his feeling was, if it wants to be in our rating, fine. If it wants to be the Wild Bunch in space, fine. Unlike Abrams, who was a Trek neophyte going into his first film tarantino is a big old trekkie who admits he likes star trek more than star wars and a big part of the appeal is william shatner's performance is james d kirk which he dubs quote one of the greatest greatest performances in the history of episodic television of a series lead and rightly so because very few series leads have ever gotten the opportunity to play all the different wild crazy things uh, he was also asked the million-dollar question that everyone wants to know. Will he direct it? He replied, I will say one thing about Star Trek that I've been waiting for someone to bring up. I don't know if I'll do it or not. I've got to figure it out. But Mark wrote a really cool script. I like it a lot. There's some things I need to work on, but I really, really liked it. Uh, he goes on to say, I get annoyed at Simon Pegg. He doesn't know anything about what's going on, and he keeps making all these comments as if he knows about stuff. One of the comments he said, he's like, well, look, it's not going to be Pulp Fiction in space. Yes, it is. If I do it, that's exactly what it'll be. It'll be Pulp Fiction in space. Yeah. Uh, uh, this whole interview I read was in response to Simon Pegg making those comments about it not being Pulp Fiction in space. So I love Tarantino for this kind of Rebecca, I know this has got to be driving you crazy as like a Star Trek, probably like Gene Roddenberry purist and hearing these comments. Um, can you let this exist if it happens or like is this going to kill you inside? Uh, I mean, I just I'm just scared. I'm <laughs> just scared of this movie. Um, Why? Why? What are they- I, I know it's OK. Um I'm this is just me personally I'm I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan so him getting into my favorite franchise and making a movie mm-hmm, okay. is is like it's not like upsetting to me like I'm not going to like you know be personally hurt if he makes this movie um I don't know I just what if he cast Tom Cruise's girl? You know what? He fuck you so much. You are so ridiculous. Um, I'm going to do all my stunts and use the F word. Uh, <laughs> um, I've had it with these motherfucking triples on this motherfucking starship. <laughs> See, now that would be funny at least. But, like, yeah. I mean, I I understand that like the I understand Star Trek franchise has to grow like you have to let it evolve and change otherwise it stagnates and it never goes anywhere like as much as I love like the original Star Trek stuff you know I also do love Discovery which is not what every Trek fan feels 
And but I know plenty of Trek fans that are very excited for a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie uh, because they are fans of his work. Um, so, like, I mean, if it ex- if it happens, if it exists, you know, it's Star Trek. So you better believe I'm going to be there opening night mm. to watch it in IMAX because mm-hmm. it's Star Trek. And of course I'm going to watch it. Um, will I love it? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It'll just depend on, on what we get. The fact that he is a Star Trek fan, which I know that he is, I mean, that in of itself makes me feel like a little bit better because I feel like he's not going to do anything like to shit on the franchise or, uh, you know, anything like that. But I, I just, I don't know if I'll personally love it. Is what I guess I'm saying, but Here's the, I mean, yeah. it's it's not, that's not going to hurt me if it exists, and even if I don't like it, it's still not going to hurt me. Like all the other Star Trek stuff that I love still exists, I could still go and watch that, and I would and see, be okay. I, I would be honored as a fan. See, but see, I'm also a Tarantino fan. I would be honored as a fan of like any franchise to have Tarantino direct my fandom. Like here, Jake, right. Jake, hear me out. Quentin Tarantino directs the next Transformers movie. I am so I don't care. I can't I can't wait to see this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the franchise that proves that wrong and I, I'm not coming up with that franchise. I'm like a, a Tarantino Tarantino giving dialogue. I want to see like like how uh, at that point when they announced that movie, I'm like, I wonder how Tarantino's gonna write Ironhide. Is he is is Harvey Keitel going to be playing Ironhide? I cannot wait for this movie. Like these are the <laughs> these are the things that I'm thinking. Like Samuel Jackson. Like who's he going to play? What robots he going to play? I cannot. Oh man! I just, these are all the things that I'm going to be asking myself. As uh, but see, I get it, Rebecca. You're not a Tarantino fan, and so you're worried about uh, him take doing this. I it's going to put a lot of eyes on Star Trek, and maybe uh, Star Trek will gain a lot of new fans if he does yeah. this. Yeah, it's. Um, Hopefully he does it and makes a shit ton of money, and then it forces Star Wars to have balls. <laughs> you know, it's it's that's a very valid point that you bring up, Jake. Because you know, when when Discovery came out, a lot of Trek fans were like, you know, this is not Star Trek, you know. And then now with all the talk of all the new stuff that's coming, you know, the Below Deck series, and uh, which is going to be from the Rick and Morty people, or the excuse me, the Rick and Morty writer. Um, which is going to be very different than any other Trek that we've seen. It's going to be very adult animated, very different. Right. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, so I understand that if you just give me the same stuff over and over again, Star Trek never grows. It never expands. We never draw in new fans. Right. I get that. And even if you look at from like the original series to next generation, um, one of the reasons why that first season of Next Gen was so rough was because Roddenberry was so involved in it and he was trying to recreate the original series and it wasn't working because it was a different time. And so it, that had to grow and change mm-hmm. and evolve into the other shows. So I, I understand that for most people, this is very exciting news and I don't take that away from anybody. Because I know I'm in the minority when I say I'm not a Tarantino fan. I know he has a huge fan base of people that love his work. So I hope that this puts eyes on Star Trek. Absolutely. Even if I don't like it, I hope it does the franchise good. And maybe it will show Star Wars that they could make something a little bit different and still be part of the Star Wars franchise. But 
you know, have some balls, like you said. Rebecca, I got a question for you. Um, is there a Tarantino movie that you do like? There are exactly two Tarantino movies that I love, and they are Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards. And I will tell you the only reason why I love those movies so much is because racists and Nazis get the shit kicked out of them and die horrible deaths. And that's really the only reason why I love those two movies. Real, oh man, I Django, uh, Django, I love. I, I, Inglourious. Yeah, I, I, I know yeah. you're not an Inglorious Bastards fan. I and I, I, I know why you're not for the yeah. the, the purist of the right. World War Two. Yeah. But I, I don't know when 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 Brad Pitt gets up there and starts talking about how you know I he's in the how does he the line is so good about he's in the. He's in the in the Nazi hunting business, and brother, let me tell you, business is a booming. I love that. I get so excited when they get the guy with the baseball bat who beats Nazis' heads in. I love it. I watch any movie and Nazis get it. I love it. Yeah, I, I I was just curious. I was just curious. Um, and you have every. I mean, as a you're bigger start. Trek fan than I think we've ever had on the show before. So like you have every right to be very protective over, over the franchise. But, uh, you know, and I, I love Star Trek. It's just part of me, like, this is like, this is a movie that shouldn't happen and it might happen. And I can't wait for it to happen if it does happen. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just kind of like want to see how this experiment turns out. Um, <clears throat> do, do, Jake, do you think that this, Jake, here's the question. Do you think we're going to get this movie? I happen to think that it'll never happen. I happen to agree with you. Yeah, no argument. This is just going to be a studio muck and muck, and probably. I mean, I, I, I really want it to happen. Yeah, but yeah. I just have no faith. Like, I'll be every step along the way of news for this. I'm still shocked we're getting news for this. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I thought that this was going to die out like as soon as it was announced. Like, and then that, and then it just it keeps steamrolling. So I, I think that. I don't, it is Tarantino though. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes out. I'm not saying like it needs to get like, uh, oh, it needs to perform well before the studio's gonna give Tarantino a shot at a movie. Like he, it's like he's on a level now. Like, you know, so it. Yeah, we'll sounds see. like Simon Pegg will get fired if he gets the job. God. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I love the fact, Tarantino yeah. don't give a fuck, man. He just says whatever, right? He's, yeah, that's funny. I fucking love it. We know who's not getting cast in his fucking movie, Silent Peg. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. We know who doesn't have an official line to the fucking, like, what's going on in the Trek universe, Simon yeah. Pegg. Yeah, oh, yeah, Simon Pegg. Oh, it won't be Pulp Fiction in space. He's like, fuck yeah, it is, dude. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing? <laughs> like, he said, that's absolutely what it will be. <laughs> He just accepts that fucking terrible, like, you know, yeah. calling it that, you know. Rebecca, the oh. the Picard trailer came out. Yes. I oh, love it. Bye. Tupperware. God, right? <laughs> oh, my that, God. That trailer, first of all, the whole Hall H panel, uh, wait, was it Hall H? I'm not sure. But the whole San Diego Comic-Con panel for Star Trek, um, I pretty much watched it as it became available in little snippets live stream. Um the whole panel was so emotional. Patrick, excuse me, Sir Patrick Stewart was, uh, 
getting all emotional talking about the show. Um, they revealed who's going to be in the show besides the cast they've already mentioned. And um, they showed a trailer, which I have watched about 300 times today in a loop. Um I cannot wait. They did, however, say the show will be coming early 2020. Not late this year, I think, was the original yeah, you're, plan. Yeah, you're right. It was supposed to be – we were supposed to get Star Trek Discovery season two, uh, season two and then then this. Yes, and um, they did talk about Discovery season three a little bit on the panel as well. Um but yeah. Oh, Picard season three. Trip. Season three. I apologize. I said season two. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Um, yes. Um, but yeah, the, the Hall H, the, the San Diego Comic Con panel for Star Trek, um, it was really good. If, it, if you're a Trek fan, you seek it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. Absolutely watch the panel, uh, because there are, I was really surprised who they revealed is going to be making appearances in the show. I was extremely surprised. Um, did you want me to talk about that real quick? Fucking spoil it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, we already knew that Jonathan Frakes was going to direct two episodes. He's already directed his two. He will be back as commander. Well, now he's captain. Captain Riker. Marina Sirtis will be back as Deanna Troy. Um also, uh, Data, Brent Spiner is back. He is going to be in this show. How much, I do not know. But uh, also, Jerry Ryan will, will be reprising Seven of Nine in this show, which, who the fuck saw that coming? Uh, that blew me the fuck away when I saw uh, that. Yeah. That, that was a huge surprise. Yeah. Right? I had no clue. I, I Seems figured, like the main villain, too. You think, you think she'll be the main villain? Seemed the trailer positioned her that way to me. It seemed like, huh? I didn't, I didn't get that vibe. But I mean, it would be interesting to see her if she is, like to see how she takes on that role because I really loved her character arc in in Voyager. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see what she's doing now. Um, To me, I think the biggest tell of what we're going to see in this show was the fact that there was an actor who was on the hall, who was on the panel who he played a character in the next generation called Hugh. Now he was a Borg that the enterprise rescued uh nurse back to health. They were going to just leave him for the Borg to pick him up again. But while he was with them, he gained individuality and gained his own consciousness away from the collective. When they returned him to the collective, they didn't know what happened to him. A couple seasons later, his character shows up again and he's still independent thinking he's got other Borg who have broken away with him and who were basically like resistance fighters against the Borg. Um, he apparently, he is coming back as Hugh for this show. I think that's extremely interesting to bring that character back and the opening shots of the trailer where there's like a young woman who's running towards Picard when he's on the farm and she's like, I don't even know who you are, but I'm drawn to you. I think you can help me. I think she's somehow connected to Hugh. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now that sure. you're saying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 100%. I think um, th- this series is going in a direction I never anticipated. 
Um, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying I'm, I'm angry with it. I was talking to um, Neil a little bit on, on, on Facebook Messenger. He's a big Star Trek fan like I am. And we were just talking about the show and what we thought was going to happen, et cetera. I mean, he he's excited. I'm super excited. Um, you know, I had said previously that I didn't want, like, tons of TNG people on here all the time. I still stand by that. Like, I, I don't mind that we're going to see Brent Spiner as Data again. I think I think that's a great choice. Um, I don't mind seeing Riker and Troy again. I just don't want them to take away focus from Picard. That's that's my only thing. Because I, I don't want this to be TNG 2.0. I want this to be its own thing. They don't need to rehash Next Generation. I already love that show. You don't have to tell me that story again. Um, but I'm excited for all the new characters. The The show looks amazing. The production value looks like a fucking movie. It's gorgeous. So beautiful. When he said engage at uh, the end, yeah. I started crying. I said, oh, my God. If he says make it – if he doesn't say make it so, which I, he has to say make it so in this movie, uh, in the show, I'll fucking lose it again. Like, I cannot wait for this. I'm so excited for this show. Uh, but definitely – uh, go, go on YouTube, find the panel from um, San Diego Comic-Con today. It's really worth watching because they talk to, like, the different cast members, and they talk to the cast members from Discovery, and they talk to, like, Alex Kurtzman, who's the showrunner for Picard. It's a really interesting panel just talking about – and they talk about um, uh, B- Below Decks, which is the new animated series. They talk about Short Treks, which is going to be, like, little short stories that they're doing with Discovery characters – Absolutely worth watching. All right, yeah, I'm looking the, forward the actor to it. Who, uh, I, I saw a bit of the panel. The actor who played Hugh, his name's escaping me. I'm sorry, uh, the Hugh the Borg. But man, yeah. you could tell his enthusiasm was just through the moon. Man, thirty years of doing these conventions finally paid off for this guy. Yeah, well, he's. A, I, I would say um, he's probably I, like not that he's like a huge character in Star Trek lore. But certainly he's a fan favorite for a lot of TNG because Picard's story is so tied up with the Borg. After, after what they've, you know, after what happened with him, mm-hmm. um, in, in the show, of course, his, his story is, well, he'll, in, he'll always be, have a connection to the Borg. And well, so. Picard's name, Locutus or something? Yeah, like that. Locutus of Borg, yeah. Um, so they'll always have that connection. And I do, like that they've brought Hugh back. I always thought Hugh was such a great character um, and so interesting. But, you know, it's just like classic Star Trek sci-fi stuff, you know, where, like, he's going back out into space and he's still that restless adventurer, that restless explorer who can't settle down, even though he's on the farm. And, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Well, I mean, I'm already, like, I'm... You're probably going to announce that you're going to do a Picard recap show. Like, that's probably going to happen, right? Uh, it's more than probably going to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> I, I just... I, 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 I don't want to spill too many details, but somebody did approach me about doing one, and I said yes, so we just have to put it together. But, yes, I will most likely probably assuredly be doing a recap show. I pretty much figured. <laughs> awesome. Um, guys, we are going to, I, we gotta do it. I, I, now, I'm, I'm, I can't wait any longer. I, I've, we're moving into Marvel news. I wanna know, okay, yeah. Taika Waititi's doing Thor 4. No shit, that's happening. Um, and, uh, the Endgame writers, uh, revealed that, uh, Gamora survived the snap. No shit. Okay. 
what happened? I, I have no idea. Like, I've been waiting hours now. Oh, we're not now. taking a break? Fuck the break, dude. Oh, I need a break. I was, I was needing that break. Jake, Jake, <laughs> yeah. you go take a fucking break. You go take a break right now. I'm not stopping the podcast. You, t- I got to fucking know right now. You go take a well, fucking Jake break. When Jake gets back, I think I'm going to have to head out. Okay, that's fine. All right. Take a break. I... God damn it. I, I guess we're taking a break. God damn you. <laughs> You're the one who sold it. You said after the Star Trek stuff, we were taking a break. So my bladder. Was fuck like, the okay, break. I got to fuck it. Oh, fuck your bladder. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I'm dying to know what happened. It's, I guess it's my fault for not knowing. Let's take a break. But Harmon, we're going to say goodbye to you. Uh, uh, Harmon, uh, where can people find you, man? Yeah, just search wherever your podcasts are found for Brute Force and Ignorance, a D&D podcast. We're an actual play podcast involving people from all over the United States and across the sea. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. There's about 40 episodes up now. Uh, most of it is our journey through Null Rock, and then we recently started a new adventure with new characters. Wow. That's, that, that's incredible. You guys are still going, still going strong. It's a great show, and thanks a lot for joining us this episode, dude. No, absolutely. This has been a, a ton of fun, and I loved getting to talk with you guys about all this awesome, nerdy stuff. Yeah, if there's something in the future that's coming out that you want to talk about, just shoot me a fucking message and just – you 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 know my fucking number. Just send me a text. <laughs> Cobra Kai Season 3, man. There I'm you there. go. There you go. Yeah, you, just shoot me a text, dude. We'll have you back on whenever you want to. Will do. All right. Thanks a lot, Harmon. Yeah, thanks, Other Jake. All right. Goodbye, Other Jake. Jake. (laughs) All right. And we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Because Jake's got to go pee-pee. I do. (laughs) I I actually have to go, too, but I was was going to hold it. The seriousness of that, I do. (laughs) I do. I really do, but I was going to hold it because I'm fucking dying to hear what's going on with what the announcements were. So we'll be right back. Ever wanted to try those pre-portioned, make-at-home, fresh-ingredient meal kit services such as HelloFresh or Blue Apron, but the price tag is a bit out of your budget? Here's a new, well, it's a used, meal kit service for you to take a bite out of. Brown Apron. Brown Apron is a meal-by-mail service that cuts the cost while also cutting the quality of the ingredients they send you. The company was started by a couple of bottom feeders surviving off the damaged, discarded, and returned items from the dumpster behind Blue Apron's order processing plant, and it quickly grew once they realized they could sell the garbage for profit on the internet. And because you're listening to this podcast today, you can enter the promo code BUGCHECK at checkout, and the Brown Apron team will give your first order a second glance to comb through it for bugs and stuff. Check out Brown Apron today. You won't be disappointed that you hadn't heard about them sooner. Bug check promo code may only be used once and only applies to your first order. Ingredients provided may or may not make a complete meal and do not come with a recipe. Do not order from Brown Apron if you have not had a tetanus shot within the last eight years. It is not recommended to feed garbage to children under the age of 12. Brown Apron provides no freshness guarantee. Hey, we are back. And finally, I get to find out what the fuck happened at the Marvel panel. Marvel Uh, panel. Yeah, man. Who's doing this? Who's breaking this down? Who's breaking down this fucking Marvel panel? Who came out? Who came out on the stage? Was it the Russos? Was it fucking Feige? Who the who the fuck walked out on the goddamn stage in Hall H? I, I got you. If you don't mind, Rebecca. No, go for it, Jake. Go for it. Um, the Russos came out first to thunderous applause, but then it was kind of re- they weren't to anything to do with the presentation. They were actually just getting their seats in the front row in the audience for the whole thing. Ah, fucking cock teases. 
Yeah, yeah. They they had Chobot, Jessica Chobot out there hosting the whole thing. Um, Kevin Feige, for the most part, narrated what was going on. Um, lots of pictures, and they pretty much outlined the entire next phase of Marvel, man. Oh, they, my God. It's phase four. They put the... Like, what are the next seven, eight projects out there? Oh, my wild. God. Yeah, Shut up. Did they did not, not expect this much Marvel news. Did um, they show did they show the title, the titles like did they show the artwork for the titles? Was it like did they do it and artwork? I, I, I the presentation was really neat how they did it before they rolled out all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, they did a big retrospective of all the movies from Iron I just lost you. Shut the fuck up. Like, you just cut out. Hold on. Are you back? I I cut out? I'm echoing. Yeah, you... All right. Fuck my life. I am never going to hear about this goddamn panel. I'm... Hang on. Can you hear me now? (laughs) All right. Verizon spokesperson from 1999. (laughs) Okay. You obviously hear me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Hold on. So... They showed like the ne- next seven, eight movies. You're saying, yeah. But um, let me explain the, the lead up to that. Was they showed like a big sizzle reel for all the previous movies from Iron Man to Endgame. Um, they officially, you know, named it the Infinity Saga and gave it a logo, which means it'll, you know, probably get its big packaging when Endgame comes out, where you can buy all the movies together in one big whatever set. Um, celebrated it and said, you know, now they're moving on to phase four. And they put up this graphic, and the graphic just basically had a bunch of dates and times with different Marvel Studios untitled uh, projects. And it went, there's one on May 1st, 2020. There's one fall 2020. November 6th, 2020. February 12th, 2021. Spring 2021. February 12th, 2021. That's Black Panther 2, right? Well, we'll get to it. May 7th, May 7th, 2021. Spring 2021. Summer 2021. Fall 2021. And November 6th, 2021. And when they first showed this, I was like, okay, here's our... They always do this. They show us their tree with the planned times and dates for all these things. And usually we get like a couple of them, like three to five of them. And then we have to wait for everything. And then they outlined this whole thing on Hall Age. It was it was pretty wild. Um, People were kind of going crazy at first thinking it was all films. But it was pretty obvious to me and a lot of other people that this was TV projects involved, too, in what they were laying out here. So... It's made official that Disney Plus series are going to be part of Phase Four during the Hall H presentation here. But let me let me get to the goods and just start naming stuff for you here. I will tell you one thing: none of these things are Black Panther two. Oh God, that's upsetting. Yeah, it's pre- pretty wild. I well, was surprised by that too. I mean, and like the by the dates, I'm thinking like I was thinking Guardians of the Galaxy would be summer of 2022, and so like I don't even know if we're getting a. Uh, excuse me, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't even know if we're going to get that announced. Exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is also not any of these Phase 4 movies. Yeah, that's. I thought that that was going to be 2022. That sounds right. God damn it. I'm, I don't know if I'm excited anymore. Yeah, it, this is s- still some really cool stuff. Okay. Um, just for the ease of conversation, I'm going to outline these projects in the order they come out. 
rather than the order that they were presented on stage. You yes. follow? Yes, yes, please do so. Okay. So, and for example, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the May 1st, 2020 thing, and that is the Black Widow movie, which will be the newest thing to come out, but was actually the last thing presented at Hall H. Um, it was the only project that was presented with any footage. Um, it was announced Scarlett Johansson will be starring. Uh, she'll be joined by Florence Pugh, Rachel Weiss, and David Harbour. Um, and they debuted the first footage. We don't really, you know, know too much about it other than they showed that Taskmaster w- was for sure one of the main villains. Yeah. The, the, I don't know if you, Rebecca, I don't know, Jake, I don't know if, have you guys seen the set photos of Taskmaster and stuff like that that have been released online? I yeah. Have. We've, we've heard rumors and stuff. I've seen it too. Did you know that Florence Pugh and I share the same birthday? Oh, that's awesome. Like, exactly oh. the same day? Yeah, same day. No, well, no, she's way younger than me, but we same the same birth date. Like, oh, birth day, yeah. Know that. The same day, not the same birth date. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I learned that when I was looking up Midsummer Facts. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> she's got the same birthday as me. And we share the same birthday. As Mel Gibson. So, yeah, that's another thing. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, lucky you guys. It used to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not age. Age well. No, it hasn't. But, uh, but, yeah, and I mean, we'll just, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about all of these projects. When before. does that fucking movie take place? Do we have that information? It does take place post Avengers Endgame. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, from everything I've seen, let me, let me, Check this. I'm looking at Slash Film again right now. Hold on. It seemingly takes place after the events of Captain America Civil War. Well, that's so I that's guess not, not after not, Endgame. Not post Endgame. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, that's uh, that that's been the rumor. She's dead. <laughs> yeah, you said post Endgame, and I was like, what are they going to do? Show her a rotting corpse? Like what the? F- <laughs> <laughs> Here's a time lapse of Black Widow. Hey! Yeah. David Harbour again picked a bad movie. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> like, what, well, like, what do they do? They just stand around the body? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I, I'm, I've got the full, like, trailer breakdown and all that stuff. But honestly, there's just so many other projects to talk about. I'd rather kind of maybe just save that stuff for later. Right? I, I feel like in soon we'll be able to see this thing. Like, I'm sure there's leaks available and... You know, better than what I can tell you what happened in it. They had a major description. Hold on. Hold on. Back up. You're talking to somebody that doesn't even know that there was a trailer available. Oh, yeah. That's what I what I said at the beginning. This was the only project that actually had any footage available. uh, And they did. They did show a trailer. Okay, when you, footage is different. There's like you're saying, like there's a trailer. Well, I, the, I, I shouldn't use the word trailer. I guess it's not a trailer. It's nothing that will ever be released to the public. Okay, I think the technical word they use is they call these sizzle reels as well. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm just trying to get the facts right here because like I'm, yeah, it's it's no different than like when they showed like other footage of other big Marvel and DC properties. These sure. are exclusive panel only sizzle reels. You gotta understand that- like how big this is for a, a, a you do of all people. I, I I'm basically, I'm more saying this for the audience. You got, you gotta understand like how big like this stuff is that comes out at San Diego comic con when it comes to Marvel stuff. Like 
that year when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a thing, there was just that concept art that they showed. And, like, for the next, like, year, that's all we fucking saw was that fucking concept art. Like, that's how big this shit is. And so when you're saying that there's footage of the Black Widow movie that they released at Comic-Con, like, I'm just like, oh, my God, what the fuck was shown? What's the direction of this movie? And so this takes place between Civil War and Infinity War then? I would assume that that's correct. We don't. We only know that it's post Civil War. We don't really know where it's going to end. Mm. Okay. Well, can you give us like? Can you tell me a little bit about what happened in the footage? Hold on, I'm I'm googling at the same so, time. Here. Sorry, I'm like. <laughs> I'm yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here yeah. We go. All right. Glimpses of Natasha's past come flooding in the teaser, flashing through. Assassin Academy memories from Age of Ultron. I made a family, she says, as the footage leads her into Captain America Civil War, where she made a decision to let Captain America escape. So it's, let me skip all this. It's all just stuff we've seen before. And then we cut to Budapest. Natasha cautiously makes her way up an old turn-of-the-century apartment building with a lavish staircase but weathered walls. Entering an apartment, she points her gun and calls for Yelena, which was uh, another Black Widow. In the comics. Oh, wow. Uh, we're grown-ups here. Uh, Florence Pugh's... Okay, so she's playing Yelena. Appears from around the corner, pointing her gun. They stand mere inches apart, gunning each other's faces for several seconds before both disarm each other. The camera showing their graceful parallel movements. Obviously students of the same school. The grimy fight is reminiscent of the Bourne films, especially in its low light and intense close-ups. Oh, my God. Finding their usual tactics too well-matched, their fight gets nasty and brutal, with Natasha pushing Yelena's head down a sink and Yelena breaking a plate over Natasha's head. Oh, my God! Sorry. Eventually, they resort to knives. They find themselves (laughs) at several impasses until both of them have placed each other in chokeholds with the apartment's curtains. Oh, chokeholds with the curtains. After a cut to black, they're shown having drinks with each other. Oh, my God! And then... Natasha says, it's good to see you, too, (laughs) handing Yelena a shot glass. The the teaser then leads into several car chases Uh. with Natasha weaving in and out of Eastern European streets, quick shots of a solemn, brutalist imagery and foreboding silhouettes. I got rid of my ledger, Natasha declares, though it seems like she hasn't completely been rid of her past. The teaser closes out with Natasha getting pinned behind a flaming car on a bridge with a hooded man attacking her in the middle of the street. The hooded uniform and its sleek design with red lining resembles that of Taskmaster, Taskmaster, a Marvel villain that has recently been rumored to appear in the Black Widow. But who is it under the suit? Holy shit. So we don't even know who's acting as Taskmaster. It does not look like we have that cast. So Taskmaster in the comics, correct me if I'm wrong, basically is a guy that can, like, on the fly, kind of like, learn fighting techniques and skills from yeah he he sees something once and then he can copy it right yeah i've I've seen people on twitter people were saying that saw this said that they did display that in the brief moment that they showed him really yeah so i don't know if they they show a quick scuffle with him and black widow in the sizzle reel or or what 
Who is David Harbour playing in this? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure at all. So wow. here, here's what I found on Twitter. Um, and I don't know a ton about all this stuff, so maybe this will mean something to you guys. Um, a clip of David Harbour saying, explains the complicated feelings at the heart of his Red Guardian character. Oh, the Red Guardian. That's that's what this says. Hang on, let me just take a look here. Uh, da da da. That's what he's telling Variety is that he's playing Red Guardian. Okay, but I that's, don't know who that is. You you guys might know. I always thought that that was a character more associated with Iron Man than Black Widow. That's interesting. I mean, it's the MCU though, and they can just kind of use what they want and put whatever they want. Yeah, it's just like yeah. what they did with Iron Patriot. So, yeah, that's interesting though. Yeah, I mean that's super fun. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, I I will say that. Uh, Hearing about that fight between Black Widow and Florence Pugh sounds in fucking incredible. That sounds yeah, it really awesome. sounds like a, like a different style. One thing I kind of noticed from all of these announcements was it really feels like Marvel's kind of getting a little bit more creative, like artistically with what they're doing with these movies. So I'm kind of really excited to see that. You know. All right, now I'm just waiting for like I, th- I know we're. I, just the official announcement of the Hawkeye series. Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. All right. Next up is the November 6, 2020 project. And it is another movie. And it is officially announced the Eternals movie is coming out then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've been hearing a lot about the Eternals movie. Did they have the Eternals cast come out on stage? They did have the Eternals cast come Shut out on stage. Shut the fuck up. Hold on. My biggest question to you is, did Millie Bobby Brown walk out on stage? She did not. Oh, Rebecca, she did not. I know. Wow. I was waiting for her to come out, and she did not. Mm. She did not. We got Angelina, of course. Yeah. Um, We got Richard Madden. We got um, Kumal. uh, Lauren Rudolph. Oh, Kumal Nanjiani. He is going to be in the cast. Awesome. Yes, yes. Brian Tyree Henry. Yes. Selma Selma Hayek. Wow. uh, Leah McHugh and Don Lee. And so we were given an official logo, of course. We were given official logos for all of these projects, by the way. Um, and then I got some info. Um, they talk about it a little bit. Um, any Was there any concept art or anything that was released? N- not too much, no. Not more than the logo. Kevin Feige says the Eternals will be something that is entirely new and entirely different for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But not unlike Thor Ragnarok, this movie will really lean into the vibrant and stylish brilliance of Marvel's iconic artist and writer, Jack Kirby. Mm. Uh, wow. These these cosmic characters have spent 35,000 years on Earth, so they've already been part of the MCU this whole time, and we just didn't know it yet. They're a race of immortal aliens who have been sent by the Celestials to protect Earth from a race of humanoids known as the Deviants. So, um, director Chloe Zhao, who has wanted to make a Marvel a movie for Marvel Studios for a very long time now, says it's about this group of incredible immortals, but it's also about what it means to be human. Even out of this world, stories need to be grounded. After all, uh, uh, so, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish. Uh, Sama Hayek will be playing Ajak, the leader of the Eternals, sort of the mother of this crew. Richard Madden has been confirmed to play. 
Icarus. Ugh. Angelina Jolie is Thena. Don Lee is playing Gilgamesh, who um, I read a funny moment on Twitter where they asked um, Don Lee if Gilgamesh could beat the Hulk in a fight. And uh, Don Lee asked if Mark Ruffalo was there. And when they told him no, he said Gilgamesh could easily beat the Hulk in a fight. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, Leah McHugh is playing Sprite, one of the oldest Marvel characters to appear in the movie. Uh, Kumal Nanjian? No, it's uh, his last name? Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani will be playing Kingo. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry is Fasto. And Lauren Ridoff, um, the first deaf actress playing a deaf character, will be playing Macquarie. So, really interesting stuff for the Eternals. Huh. Um, no footage, like I said. Um, they really didn't show any concept art or anything. This just seemed mostly about, other than Black Widow, there really wasn't concept art. This was mostly just announcing when the things were coming out and a lot of official casting and character confirmations. Chloe Zhao, uh, she's the director, I believe, that she's best known for like a movie where the pigs are dying, correct? Mm, I forget what that's called. I, I'm not familiar with her. I think that we talked about that on a previous episode because that sounds really familiar. That like none, nobody, none of us knew who she was, and that was like the biggest movie she had done. Yeah, it's a movie about like pigs dying. I think I swear, I swear, I oh, I gotta look this up now. It's driving me fucking crazy. Turtles. <laughs> oh my god! See, if I look it up on IMDb, they've already got the fucking logos on there now. This is crazy. Why the fuck did they have a picture of? Uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill there on IMDb. Chloe Zhao. What's she done? She did a movie called... No, maybe I'm nuts. No, that's not the movie. That's not the movie. Oh, man. She's done a... She's done some short films. The the Atlas Mountains Daughters... um, She's done some short films. Not she doesn't have a whole lot behind her. All right, Jake, what's next? Next is the uh, fall 2020 spot, and this is the first of our Disney Plus series. This is the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Uh huh. This is the uh, Carrie Scogland directed show. Yes, yes. Um, they actually did have a small clip from this show. Um, one thing very interesting is they announced that Daniel Brule will be returning as Baron Zemo. Wow. Um, the villain from Captain America Civil War. And um, this footage is pretty shocking, too, some of the stuff that happens. Um, here we go. After taking the shield from Chris Evans, um, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. It begins with the code words that activate Winter Soldier and Baron Zemo is seen sitting into frame, wearing a coat, looking ragged with a beard. He says he's hijacked the panel, and he says, Gentlemen, I'll be seeing you very soon, and then puts on the purple mask that the classic version of the character wears, and the video goes haywire. So just right there, I mean, Zemo, purple mask action, pretty cool stuff. I think that's going to make a lot of people happy with um, you know, what we got with Zemo in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it just doesn't it seem like Marvel's trying to make us forget about the Netflix Marvel series? <laughs> like, oh, right? definitely. Oh, oh, you 
you think that now. Just wait a little bit longer. Oh, oh. shut the fuck up. Oh, we, we're getting uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. We're getting one of those. Shut the fuck up. Here we go. go keep going. Keep going. Okay, so – so yeah, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier features a writing staff that includes Derek Kolstad. He's uh, the writer of the John Wick films, so you know, could make some really cool stuff with this. Um, and like you said, Carrie Skolsgand, one of the directors. Who? What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Carrie. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> um, just lots of TV, lots of TV under yeah, the belt there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mackie and Stan will star alongside Daniel Bruhl. Um, there's no official word about Emily Van Camp yet, who was once in talks to reprise her roles in the miniseries as Sharon Carter. Uh, I think they're done with her, aren't they? Yeah, seems seems very likely. Yeah, feels like. All right, the next one's next one's some super fun stuff here. Uh, this is the February twelfth, twenty twenty one movie. You want to guess what this might be before I tell you? Uh, February. See, I said Black Panther earlier, which. You know, in all honesty, probably a stupid thing for me to fucking say, uh, considering, like, I think that that should be a summer release now. It's such a big thing. Uh, let's see here. I have no fucking clue. Just tell me. February 12th, 2021 is the Shang-Chi movie. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, and it is called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Holy shit! So they're actually bring they they they're doing that they're doing that they're doing so the the is the Mandarin gonna be his father? The real Mandarin is yes. in this movie, and they officially announced it. He's been cast. Shang Chi has been cast. Yes. So yeah, hold on. I'm trying to. My thing is going slow. It's directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who did uh, Short Term Twelve. Simi Liu, a Chinese-Canadian actor best known for his role in the hit sitcom Kin's Convenience, is who is playing the lead character. You're not going to hear anything out of me. I have no idea who the fuck that is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then Tony Long as the Mandarin and Aquafina in an unknown role. Oh, shit. Aquafina's going to be in this. I love her now. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and they, you know, they talked to the actors and just how excited they would be. Um, the actor playing the lead character was actually just cast, like, this week. Like, he did his final test, and it was made official, like, less than a week before this panel. 100%. So, Shang-Chi is going to be the son of the Mandarin in this fucking thing. Yeah, I could, I could easily see that. 100%, I think. Like, okay, it, think about, like, what the, like, what Marvel has done with characters and fathers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. There, there's definitely the family connection is definitely. Um, well, and there's a huge Iron Man connection now with the Ten Rings. Yeah, exactly. Ten Rings have so, been teased fucking in Iron Man 1 and then teased again. And they were teased in Iron Man 3, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Teased in Iron Man 3 with the whole Mandarin stuff. So next up is the uh, Spring 2021 Project. Yeah. And that is the WandaVision show for Disney Plus. So, and that is going to be that does take place post Endgame. Uh, it's going to get weird. We're going to get deep. Olsen promised. We're finally going to understand Wanda Maximoff as the Scarlet Witch. Uh, it takes place after the events of Endgame. 
which it means it also takes place after Infinity War, and that presents a bit of an interesting scenario regarding Vision, who was seemingly killed by Thanos at the end of that movie. So what's going on with Vision? Paul Bettany says, I have no idea, but I promise you it's going to be very surprising and weird. So um, those two won't be the only MCU characters to appear in the show. Monica Rambeau, the young girl from Captain Marvel, will play a role. This time played by actress Kayana Paris, who describes the role as a dream. So that's interesting. They're recasting a character from Captain Marvel. Well, that movie took place in the 90s, and that oh, she was a little girl. Dar, dar, dar. Good, good point. Good point. I wasn't thinking. Um, so, yeah, um, Kevin describes the show as exciting, different, and strange. And speaking of strange, just a few minutes later, he learns that Scarlet Witch will be appearing in the next project, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and that WandaVision itself will tie directly into that movie. That really does lead us to believe that Wanda's full potential as a character will be realized here. We're really excited to see what happens in this show. Yeah, so it was announced that very much that WandaVision and the upcoming Doctor Strange movie are going to be very closely tied to each other. Scarlet Witch herself is going to play a big role in the movie. Um, the Doctor Strange project is the May 7th, 2021 project. Oh, my God. And it is called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Um, and Scott Derrickson's attached to direct Scott this one? Scott Derrickson is back. Um, and they're really up in the press. And whether or not this pans out to be the way it is, but they're really going heavy with the, this is going to be a Marvel horror movie. That this is going to be a scary Marvel movie. And um, fucking, hold Scott, on. And Wanda's going to be a big part of this movie? Yeah, Wanda's going to be a huge part. Scott Derrickson's returning. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is returning. What about... Marvel's made it official. What about Chiwetel Ejiofor playing Baron Mordo? Like, is that... Is he, has he been cast? I mean... We do not know about that. Wow. Um, Scott Derrickson says this will be Marvel's first horror movie loaded with psychedelic weirdness and villains from other dimensions and worlds. He doesn't fight villains from this earth, he told the crowd. So this is going to be that, our first introduction into the multiverse. Yeah, I mean, it's in the title. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, no shit. I'm sorry, I'm getting just getting used to the title. No, I know, Holy I know, fuck. it's crazy, it's crazy. The ti- One of the things that really blew me away was just the boldness of the title of this movie. Um, and then, yeah, he doesn't fight villains from Earth. He wanted to make – Scott Derrickson wanted to make the first scary MCU film. He wanted something loaded with gothic horror. Um, Derrickson comes from a horror background. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Um, um, Cumberbatch was there too saying that the multiverse of madness takes a crazy line into horror but will also maintain the humor from the first movie. He'll be facing unexpected things, Cumberbatch said, while not knowing what's coming at him. So Strange's usual authority, as seen in other films, will be turned against him as evil forces try to destroy him. What do you then, think about what do you think about this, Jake? Like, hold on. Like, do you think like this will be like a legit like this is Scott Derrickson doing a horror movie in the Marvel universe, or do you think like this is Scott Derrickson doing his best? Like, what would Guillermo del Toro do with a Marvel movie? Yeah, I don't know. I I think at the end of the day, it's going to be more the A. Because, I mean, especially with them tying this so much into such important Marvel stuff. I mean, 
I could see it being scary, but only like I don't know. I don't. Well, think hold on. Be- like, okay, what is DC doing now? Like, they're doing, and I'm not even trying to compare these two at all. But in a way, I guess I am because I'm bringing it up. DC's doing a movie called The Trench, which is a horror movie based on the Aquaman villains that we saw. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people theorizing the villain for this piece is going to be Nightmare with with the stuff that's been laid out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, none of that's been confirmed, but a lot of people seem, you know, very into that idea. Um, this is also where they announced that um, Elizabeth Olsen will have a major role in the film. And in fact, WandaVision, the upcoming Marvel Disney Plus show, will tie directly into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What the fuck? Hold on. Rebecca, like, Yo. do you think that this is a smart thing to have a show directly impact a future MCU film? Um, yes and no. I think it's got its pros and its cons here. Pro, you know your hardcore fans will be watching it. They'll get the Disney streaming service just to, even if it's just to keep up with the Marvel stuff, they'll get it to keep up with in between stuff of the movies con being that if you've got casual fans um who may not have the disney streaming service they will come into these movies and maybe feel lost um i don't know i i could see both bad and good in it but i feel like it's a i feel like it's a really smart way to tie in all your universes together and let people know this is definitely part of the MCU. And if you like the MCU, you you have to watch this so that you can be up on what's going on. It's weird because I'm going to say this. I think at the end of the day, it'll be no different than the previous Marvel movie tying into the next Marvel movie. And if you hadn't seen that previous Marvel movie, the movie will do a way, find a way to explain it to you. Am I making sense? Agreed. Agreed. Mm, Marvel's been great at been great at that. I mean, you can watch Captain America three without watching any of the other Captain America movies, and let alone dip in and dip out. I mean, you you have, it's more enhanced when you watch everything and you know the whole like what's going on. But you're hardly ever left alone by yourself by any of these movies without all the baggage. Like I, the whole point, the whole reason these movies make this much money is because you don't have to be the uber nerd that has all the baggage. You know, yeah, right? I, it's accessible yeah. both ways. That's like the the, the magic here that well, you can dive in as deep as you want. But even on a surface level, people love these movies. I think it's in a way it's exactly like what you're saying. And it's also like comic books, too. Like when you're reading the event stories, you can read just the event. Or if you want to go all in, I guess you could buy every tie in issue. But you yeah, don't. I think, ha- that, I think that's a fantastic metaphor. I yeah. You don't have to read every tie in issue, though. Um, I guess, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, 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 I agree with you, Jake, that if you do watch the, the Disney Plus series, it'll just enhance it. It's, I guess I just have to go back and I think there, I think the reason that they're putting so much stress and Rebecca, I think the reason that they're putting so much stress into like how it's this this WandaVision 
series is directly going to tie into it is because they're wanting to sell you a subscription right now. Of course, yeah. Oh, it's going to work. They're going to all these announcements where they're tying multiple Disney Plus series into the MCU is going to sell a buttload more of these subscription services. Yeah, but I think the movies. The movies standalone by themselves will kind of explain everything if you didn't watch the and, and they've always been good at that if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, Christ, you can watch Endgame without Infinity War and those movies are arguably like part one and part two. And you can skip Infinity War and Endgame will catch you up from that. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I... Yeah. Oh, and I'm not. I'm not making fun. Yeah. That's that's good. They don't waste much time doing it. It's it's good storytelling, yeah. and they move it along. But they don't make you feel like you're missing too much baggage. I think they're really good yeah. at that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, next up, this this one is uh, is kind of low key, but it's honestly one of the announcements. That did you, did you say low excited. key? If you say it's low key, and then it's low key, I'm gonna be. I wish. I wish that was true. <laughs> I'm like one or two off from that, Joe. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, this is the uh, February 2021 project. Okay. And this is the first ever animated show uh, that this... takes place within the MCU. I'm sure you might know what this is. It's the What If series. It is the What If series. Yeah. Um, and this sounds really cool. They announced that The Watcher will be played by Jeffrey Wright. Um, you know, Westworld. Fuck James yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna yeah. be in the new, uh, I mean, I got it, he was in, uh, he's in that new, uh, the Goldfinch movie, he's been, he's doing a lot of stuff, right? He was in, uh, he had a, he had a, that brief appearance in a game that, I love Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I think that's fantastic, and what's really cool is more than two dozen actual MCU actors are coming to, like, reprise their roles and play mm. their animated counterparts. Oh, um, my God. A bunch of people were listed. Um, notable people were Michael B. Jordan, which means we're going to get, you know, <gasps> kind of a Killmonger spinoff. Oh, my uh, God. Stanley, Stanley Tucci, which means we're going to, you know, he's Dr. Erskine in the first Avenger movie. That's right. Yeah. So this sounds really neat. Um, no, he was very, uh, he was in uh, Cap- uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, that's what I. That's what the first Avenger movie. I, I. I'm sorry. I said it a very dumb way. The first Avenger I, movie. I was thinking the 2012 <laughs> Avenger. Yeah, film. you thought I meant Avenger's one. No, he I, was I, the. I skipped, yeah, yeah, he was the, the scientist that invented the super soldier serum in exactly. Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, Jeffrey Wright plays a watcher. He's a non-earthly being who observes all things. He's watching over the multiverse. And occasionally, may oh my not. God! I hold on. I I did not express my excitement over Jeffrey Wright being a, <laughs> yeah, the know, fucking watcher, but like, oh my fucking God! Yes, that is awesome. Uh, he he occasionally may or may not intervene with the happenings of Earth. Shut the fuck up! Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> other than that, he's off doing his own things, which I can relate to. Jeffrey says, "Today is the 50th anniversary of the lunar landing." So the Watcher first appears in 1963 in Fantastic Four, and he turns up on the moon because although today's the 50th anniversary, the Watcher had a crib up there ages ago. Uh, we'll see where we'll <laughs> take it. We'll take it anywhere. Who um, else? People, Who else? Who else is involved in this? Um, you know, they show. I got a screenshot, and I, I let me see if I can zoom in better. It's someone took a shot. You're obviously not supposed to do that on your phone, but I. It's hard to see it. I'm okay. sure in time someone will um, 
here I got zoomed in. I got Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Sebastian Stan. Ah, so uh, the Winter Soldier. Josh Brolin, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel Jackson, Chris Hemsworth, Haley Atwell, Chadwick Boseman, Karen Gillian, Jeremy Renner, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Chris Sullivan, Michael Rooker, Jeff Goldblum. We're getting Yondu? Yeah. Toby Jones, Taika Waititi. We're getting Korg? <laughs> Sean Gunn, Dominic Cooper, Natalie Portman, and Neil McDonald. A lot of people. And there's yeah. people I can't really see because it's kind of a fuzzy picture. I, right. I just skipped over it if I couldn't make it out very quickly. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I like them dabbling in the animated stuff. I've always found it annoying that they keep having to constantly – I think their animated stuff is a bit of a mess when it comes to, like, continuity and canon and taking place when and where. And this is a step in the right – ironically enough, a uh, cartoon about the multiverse and what-if scenarios is going to be the most, like, canonical, you know, <laughs> thing in the MCU. So. Honestly, like, Amy Pascal has to be just like, whatever, we got into the Spider-Verse too, bitches. Just wait. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that that is probably true. Yeah. Um, fall 2021, that was the Hawkeye announcement. All right. Uh, Very cool. For the Disney Plus. Oh, Brian, wait till you see the Hawkeye logo. It is so inspired by Matt Fraction. Like, yeah. It's it's like that logo. Oh, like yes. ni- it's like ninety percent that logo. Ah oh, yes. Um they announced that it will draw on the Matt Fraction and David Aja comic series. Yeah. Jeremy Renner back in the role of Hawkeye. Fuck yes. And fan favorite Kate Bishop will be appearing too. Yes. Uh do we get Pizza Dog? They, they said they did not bring it up. There really wasn't much ready for Hawkeye. The big reveal via via a teaser, but that didn't have any actual footage was that Kate Bishop would be appearing in the series. Fuck yeah. We, did, we don't know who was playing her. Renner was on hand to say that Bishop is the better version of Hawkeye. The series will find Hawkeye teaching someone else how to be a superhero without superpowers. That makes everyone a superhero, Renner said. Oh my god! Fuck yes! Um, <laughs> oh shit! So heavily inspired by Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh I mean, you could tell, my god! Like, oh my god! You got you got to see this logo. Like, you have to pause and see this logo. I already, I just found a picture of it. All right, hold on. I'll Google. I'll, I'll just PM it right to you. Yeah, I'm on it. Are you sending it to art. my? Are you sending it to my phone or? I PM'd it to your messenger. Oh, cool. Let's see, Rebecca. What are you? What are you thinking? Did you fall? Yeah. Um, okay. No, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I was <laughs> yeah. on mute. Um, yeah. For, uh, all of this stuff. First of all, I'm I'm loving your reactions, Brian. They're yeah. basically my reactions that I was having on mute. While I was trying to follow everything that was happening earlier, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like this is all super exciting stuff. We've been talking and theorizing and wondering. I'm really excited about everything so far that has been announced, especially like this Hawkeye series. I am excited they're bringing Kate Bishop into the MCU. Very excited for this. Oh my god, I'm looking at the fucking logo right now. That it, is isn't, isn't it amazing? Jake, like I remember the day I walked into my local comic book shop 
and picked up Hawkeye number one by Matt Fraction. And I remember, like, thinking to myself, like, dude, I've never been into Hawkeye before this. You know what I mean? Like, I'd read some Captain America runs where Hawkeye was, like, a character in it. But I did you know, I've never really cared for Hawkeye. I took that book home, and I fucking read it, and I was like, oh, my God. I cannot wait for issue number two. And, like, that whole run was absolutely incredible. Introduced, like, it's it's Hawkeye in his off time. It's, like, Hawkeye not being an – Hawkeye's an Avenger – but it's Hawkeye when he's not with the Avengers. And, you know, it's Hawkeye dealing, like, Hawkeye living in his apartment, dealing with, like, fucking, like, gang members and, like, Russian KGB and, you know, just people people wanting to fuck with Hawkeye. And uh, this, oh, my God. If they do anything close to that, I am just going to... And if we get a fucking pizza dog episode, I will lose my fucking shit. Yeah, it's hard to imagine they would ignore a fan favorite like that. Hopefully it's more than an Easter egg, though. And like yeah. you said, they, they go whole hog and do the whole episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is this is incredible. And, like, it'll finally give Jeremy Renner. I, I Yeah, if they do this right, if they do this fucking right, it'll finally give, like, Jeremy Renner, like, what he's due with this character. Because, like, Matt Fraction wrote a great run on, on Hawkeye. It's, it's like, you know, and, like, as much as I love Jeff Lemire, like, when Jeff Lemire took over the book, it wasn't as... It was Jeff Lemire that took over the book, correct? Like, yeah, yeah, that's Jeff, true. Jeff Lemire did Green Arrow, and then, like... Wasn't it after he did Green Arrow with DC, then he went on to do... Yeah, it, he went on to do Hawkeye with Marvel. I I didn't stick with it. Like I And I love Jeff Lemire. I love most yeah, of Yeah, I think Lemire got a little bit too prolific and was like kind of spreading himself too thin between yeah. Marvel and DC for a bit of his career there. Yeah. All right, keep going, keep going. Fucking... Uh, one one yeah. more... I mean, there's a couple more things, but the last dated announcement is the November 5th, 2021 movie... And it is Thor 4, which is going to be called Thor Love and Thunder. What? Yeah, it is the return of director Taika Waititi. Um, stars Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Uh-huh. And Natalie Portman will be returning to play a female goddess of thunder. Oh, my God. They're doing what Jason Aaron did. Yeah, they're and they're saying that they're basing it off of the Jason Aaron run. So, um, here we go. Taika Waititi joked around a bit about what Thor is up to. Is there an ongoing relationship between Thor and Korg? The filmmaker inquired. Do they continue the love and affection that they established in Ragnarok? Who knows? There's nothing more powerful in the world than love. Uh, Hemsworth added, and Thunder, to which Waika continued, and the combination, I dropped this microphone but it's too expensive. But who will be alongside Thor this time? Tessa Thompson is coming back. And Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, as Jane Foster will be stepping up to play the female version of Thor from Jason Aaron's comic book art. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Crazy. It is this when I wild. When I first saw this, because a lot of people were doing hashtag uh, fake Hall H news and just making up jokes and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm like following along, and then all this Natalie Portman 
female Thor stuff comes up, and I'm like, okay, okay, good joke. You forgot your hashtag. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the deal. <laughs> so hold on. So are we going to have unworthy Thor and then Natalie Portman is her – so Jane Foster, it – okay, will she be – Will she be like terminally ill with cancer and then pick up the pick up the hammer and become become female Thor? Yeah, we have, we have no idea. Taika says when we were shooting Ragnarok, I was reading one storyline by Jason Aaron, the Mighty Thor. And for those of you that know that storyline, it's incredible and introduced Love and Thunder for the first time. Female Thor. Uh, Natalie Portman came out to the stage. Thunderous applause. And she held Majornor in her hand. Feels pretty good, she says. I've always had a little hammer in me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a totally shocking development for Marvel, especially since they didn't even bring Natalie Portman back for Avengers Endgame. They used footage from Thor The Dark World. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portman herself has even said in the past she was probably done with Marvel. So, I mean, she must really like what the role that they're giving her um, had a good meeting with Taika Waititi. Hey, Taika seems like the type of guy that could have a sit down with someone and completely change their mind on how they feel about a project. Honestly, please forgive me if I forgot about this and I'm sure that there's like people in Marvel comics that are more versed in, in this stuff than I am, but didn't Thor, didn't he become, oh, and Jake, I don't even know if you know this, didn't Thor become unworthy Thor, in original sin, didn't he lose Mjolnir on the moon? Yeah, yeah. There was a storyline where he became unworthy Thor. He got a different weapon. He was riding like a goat or something. Uh, it was like pretty wacky. But yeah, there was a time where he was unworthy Thor. And then yeah, and then like Jane Foster, who's terminally ill with like cancer or something, like becomes becomes Thor. Yeah, yeah, that, she that, became that was, Thor yeah. and it cured her cancer. And then I don't know how that story all worked out, but yeah, that that was a story in the comics. I wonder if that's yeah. who, I, I wonder if that's the route that they're going to go in this movie is I bet it'll be like 40 60. I bet they'll they'll figure out something else besides the terminal ill disease, right? It feels like there's no lead into that unless they Oh, but here's the here's the big question: How does how does Mjolnir come back into play after blah 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 blah? Yeah, it is interesting that they're taking the opposite route that Jason Aaron took. Like, because when Mighty Thor one came out, the the hype was who is this female? Yeah. Thor? Oh yeah. That yeah. But then here, we're not even we're not even beating around the bush here. We're like at Hall H saying Jane Foster is female Thor. Well, you've got to you've got to. If, if you got your actor, you got to announce your actor. That's a, that's what's different about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it is just interesting when one promotion builds around the mystery, but the other one, it's like we don't even have a trailer yet. But, oh, I know the mystery, yeah. but the fact that they did it that way. The reason I brought that up is what makes me believe they may write something different than the terminally terminally ill cancer. If we're, it would just be kind of hackneyed to all of a sudden Natalie Portman's in a bed dying, you know. And this is the first movie we're talking about that. It doesn't sound very Taika Waititi, too, honestly. I I kind of expect her to show up fully formed the first time we see her. And Chris Hemsworth to be like, what the fuck, you know? And this is happening post the Doctor Strange film, which is already introducing the actual multiverse. So we'll see what's going on. It's a great point as well. It, she could be from a different, complete plane. So Well, she would Hard have to be if we're dealing with what 
the MCU is now calling the 616 and the Mjolnir has been taken out of play in the 616. And if she is rocking Mjolnir in another multiverse, you know, perhaps, so, yeah. perhaps whatever universe that they went to and pulled from, pulled Mjolnir out of in Endgame, that, that, Jane Foster. I don't know. We'll see. I, have no I see what you're clue. saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. great point. Um, panel comes to a close. Uh, Kevin Feige reveals a few more projects in the works. Uh, he says he cannot give specific dates for any of these yet, but they're coming after Phase Four. Um, fans will be getting Black Panther Two, Captain Marvel Two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and a Fantastic Four film. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back up. He, he, he didn't announce dates, but he, it, this is all part of phase four? No, this is all after phase four. All after phase four. He, he, he did tease. God damn it. I gotta wait until after, I gotta wait until like after, until like 2022 before I get Black Panther 2. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's I'm telling you, like. like that's, uh, as far as like the Marvel movies that I'm, and the characters that I miss the most, it's the characters from Black Panther. Like that's I I want to see those characters again sooner than God I gotta wait till twenty twenty two at least until until I get Black Panther too. Yeah, he also mentioned mutants, which was really confusing. Um, it seemed like he was naming a movie, like a movie called Mutants. Um, a lot of people are very confused as to whether he was just saying mutants were coming or if he was saying a movie called Mutants were coming. Why would a, mu- um, a movie called Mutants be coming? That would yeah, suck. I know. It did. It did seem like it was hmm. part of this list of things that he was saying at the end. Now he was probably just saying like mutants are coming. Don't worry, we're gonna get them. Yeah. Um, so people don't know if it's the actual title of a new X Men movie or just mutants. Blah 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 blah. And then one big final last reveal. Oh, the the, the Fantastic Four not uh, entering the universe is not a big deal. That's hold on. That's huge. Fantastic Four. He said it. Those words came out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic Four film. Shut the fuck up, Jake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my I God. Mean, we I know. I, we knew it was coming. Just to hear it, though, right? Oh, yeah. Super exciting. Yeah. Super exciting. Okay. What else? But, um, what else? One last reveal. We are getting the return of Blade in a brand new Blade movie. <laughs> uh, this is how they closed the uh, Hall H presentation. Oh, shit. And, uh. This is where I brought up the whole uh, Netflix stuff will never be connected stuff because our actor playing Blade, oh, I forget the name of the villain he played in uh, Luke Cage. Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, yes. <gasps> oh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Motherfucker, yes! Oh, fuck, yes! Dude, I guarantee there's got to be, bo- I think there's boss logic art of Mahershala Ali as fucking Blade out there yeah. already like this is like a fan casting it absolutely is a fan i've seen people throw his name around for a while now as a new blade fuck yeah like people were saying that you had some people saying oh here i yeah comicbook.com right now two hours ago here's what mahersa ali would look like as blade like it's already fucking people are already, boss logic i guarantee boss logic's already done it but, like, people were saying years ago, like, you know, Mahersa Ali, but, oh, we can't do it because he was fucking Cottonmouth, and yeah. they're saying, fuck no one gives a that. fuck. Fuck that. Oh, my God. So, this is 
definitely, I mean, if you didn't need confirmation, if you weren't sure before, you're sure now that they don't care about that Netflix universe. Yeah, because they Disney are Disney Plus and this. Yeah, they do not care because they are pulling an actor who was in the Marvel Netflix series to play a completely different Marvel character, which means uh. if they ever wanted to use, you know, any of those actors to play other parts, they could. We could still see, you know, Charlie Cox show up somehow or or Vincent mm-hmm. D'Onofrio or a- any of those actors could still show up in an MCU point. project. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but they would show uh, are they showing up as the same characters or different? No, like, I, understand. I, I don't I, I don't think so. I think if I think this casting tells me that they wouldn't play those same characters. Because he played an established character in the in that Netflix universe. If you recast, if you cast, let's say Vincent D'Onofrio in some role, it, it's not going to be Kingpin. It'll be something else. But you could still use that actor. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not saying I want something either way. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not saying this is the same thing either. J.K. Simmons is now our. J. Jonah Jameson, and he's already played the character, but I understand that was with, with completely with a different Spider-Man franchise with Sony. Yeah, it was the original trilogy. I understand that. Um, I'm just glad that they, and I love the actor. I'm just glad that they didn't cast John Boyega as Blade. I've always wanted Mahershala Ali as Blade. Yeah, he seems way more like scarier, you know, and serious. Like it mm-hmm. just. Like, John Boyega just seems like a guy I want to hug and have beers with. Yeah, John Boyega <laughs> just doesn't look like fucking Blade. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I want to hang out with him and <laughs> kick it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. But not, I, I, when it comes to killing vampires, I want, you know. No, dude. If fucking <laughs> Mahershala Ali walks into a bar all tatted up and fucking he's got, like, fucking swords and shit strapped to his back. Like, <laughs> I am fucking running the fuck out of that bar. <laughs> right? For yeah. sure. For sure. Somewhere Wesley Snipes is crying, right? Somewhere Wesley Snipes is saying, <laughs> hey, can I play the role? <laughs> Hold on. No, 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 no. Chill, chill, chill. I'm not making a joke. Somewhere Wesley, Wesley Snipes is saying, can I play the role of Whistler? He's definitely asking to play a role, I guarantee it. I I, I feel like he'll be on good terms with this, most likely, honestly, to, to all jokes aside. Well, Chris, I could, okay. I could see them putting him in a post-credit scene or involving him in some way or another. Chris Christopherson played the role of Whistler in the original Blade films, the guy who would supply him with weapons and all this stuff. I would have zero problems for Wesley Snipes to be playing Whistler in these new Blade movies. I would have zero problems with that at all. No, I agree. I, 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 all jokes aside, I completely agree with you. It'd be really cool. Hopefully, um, that's something they would consider. And they, I mean, they may want to just distance themselves and make this whole thing seem super fresh, you know. But who knows? I, I'd be kind of fine either way with this. Yeah, I would. This movie, de- this movie doesn't need Wesley Snipes. It doesn't it would, need it would Wesley Snipes. It would be a Snipes. nice gesture. It would be a nice gesture because honestly, it's like we talk about these comic book movies and shit. We talk about R-rated comic book movies. Blade was a motherfucking movie that set this shit off, dude. Yeah, Blade was like the first Marvel Studios movie in many ways. So, yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. And then, you um, know what? They should pay some homage to Steven Dorff. I'm kidding. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, get Triple H in this shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, get, let's get Patton Oswalt in. <laughs> um, I'd like really quick want to apologize to our listeners. Just it's a little bit of spotty reporting on this stuff. All of this stuff was, you know, coming out within the last 90 minutes to two hours yeah. of us recording the episode. Yeah. I'm sure by the time you're hearing us talk about it, you're going to hear the information more clearly and maybe even more information added on top of it. So, but right. you know, we just thought it would be fun to get you know, like Brian's first reactions to hearing all this news just right off the top. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, we just did what we had to do to at least get some of the information out there. And I'm sure we'll be covering all of this in much more detail in the yeah, months to years to come. We are. I re- thought you did a great job though, Jake, to be honest, you, 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 you got it all out there, man. Thank you, Rebecca. Wow, when's the last time you've ever complimented me on anything? Wow. <laughs> this oh, yeah, I didn't mean to add to the drive home. Now Are I we still like... on the drive home? <laughs> oh, I'm like the next Paul Hart now, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you can tell Jake. I'm telling you, man. Job. Jake, there there are many lonely dinners in this household, I'll tell you that much. And most most of the time it's me heating up a hungry man. It's uh I'm a queen over there talking about oh this is so so alone. Wow, way to way to trivialize your fucking (laughs) sadness there. People, you got to understand, uh, we're recording on Saturday. This news dropped on Saturday. We're finding out about it the first time. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, Jake, I think you did a, I think, you know, I'm not going to suck your dick like fucking Rebecca did a moment ago. You did a fine job, though. No, you know? thank you. I just thought our listeners kind of deserved <laughs> a little bit of a disclaimer because it was just like so on the spot, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. How did it feel uh, getting a compliment from Rebecca? How'd that feel? It was okay. I liked it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm curious, you know? I know. I know. <laughs> you know? I, you've forgotten. You've forgotten the feeling. I, yeah. 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 Speaking of Tom Cruise, you've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> oh, that love and feeling. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I want to thank, I want to thank Jacob Harmon for joining us this episode. Uh, yeah. Check out, uh, Brute Force and Ignorance at Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. Well, check it the fuck out and stop talking like that because you sound like an idiot. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, Rebecca, that got real meta there. It did. It did. I, I like. I started. I started mocking our listeners a little bit for not listening to his podcast. Used a silly voice and then mocked them for a silly voice that they probably don't even have in real life. Um, yeah, it could have got, it could have got, anyway, Rebecca, and thank you. Thank you for, I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've, we finally made it on Brian and, uh, yeah, all of our arguing about Tom Cruise and whatever. Uh, thank mm. you for having me on. Mm. I always enjoy being on the show with you guys. It was a lot of fun as always. Oh man. She, Jake, I'm telling you, she can keep a straight face when she's lying. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) I believe it. This isn't surprising information. Uh, Man. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mm. Mm. 
You know what? Thanks, everybody. Uh, I don't know, Jake. Does I'm telling you, like that Marvel news is pretty fucking exciting. But I'll be honest with you, San Diego Comic Con, it just doesn't feel the same anymore, man. It's not quite what it was, dude. No, because it, it didn't used to be just one clear winner. It used to be um, like a, a dick waving competition, practically for yeah. all these studios. You know, not yeah. not to be so crude about it, but. Like, what are we getting tomorrow? Fucking, like, supernatural news for the final season and stuff like that? You know? Season 76. <laughs> season 76 supernatural. The yeah. brothers visit Oz. Oh, my God. How long has that show been on the air? Fucking, like, 17 years? How long yeah, has it been? I, I, think, I think, like, 17 or 18 years. I don't know if it's been that long. Hold on. Get on I, think for, I think you're perfect. I lived in my... I lived in my parents' basement when the pilot of that show came out. Shut the fuck up. I swear, I remember recording it on the DVR in my parents' basement. Supernatural came out in 2005. Yeah, that's 14 years, though. That's, yeah. uh, I, I, I was a little over, but it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Helping, helping with my brother way back then. Holy fucking shit. I, yeah, I was still in my 20s. For Christ's sake, that's insane. Yeah, I had moved out and then moved back in to help help with my brother because my parents had to work and there was no one to watch him. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember it being a, like Supernatural feels like it's just been on my whole life at this point, it's, you know? It's, it was, yeah, it's like the, mm-hmm. well, fuck, The Simpsons came out when I was... I think I, I think I was. In oh yeah, that has been on our whole lives. Yeah, I, I was in the sixth grade, I think, when The Simpsons came out. Yeah, I mean earlier than that, if you want to count Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman, yeah. No, oh I'm yeah, not, I'm not Girl. counting Tracy Ullman as far as. I the mean, Simpsons. that just makes their them being existing our whole lives. You yeah, know? I no, I, I get that, and I watch Tracy Ullman because I love sketch comedy, even as yeah, a me kid. too. But yeah, eighty nine. The Simpsons. Oh my! That, didn't Simpsons get renewed for like another two, three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It did. It, it did. did. Yeah. But that was under the Fox deal. Is that going to go through with with Disney now? I think, yeah, it it, yeah. it is. I, I I'm pretty sure that it's still official, but I they don't know about the next yeah. negotiation. The the 666th episode is going to be there. It just worked out to be their uh, Treehouse of Horror episode. Yeah, I saw that. They're doing That's Stranger awesome. Things for the first time. Yeah. Hey, hard to imagine they hadn't gone to that well yet. What? What well? The, stra- the Stranger Things well. I'm oh assuming. yeah. No, that's that's smart. That uh, yeah, that they're eventually doing it. Yeah, I'm looking. I'll watch that. That'll get me to watch it. I've. It's been probably a good three or four seasons since I've been watching The Simpsons. Like, yeah. it's one of those shows that like it, I always know it's there. So like every once in a while I'll go back and watch it and. I think it's been like a good four years since I watched it regularly. Yeah, unless there's an event, I really don't watch new episodes either. But I do just log on to the app and watch like a chunk of like ten new episodes in a row, like one or once or twice a year usually. Yeah, I you know what I I, I um and I know this is like no surprise to either of you because you don't care. I uh, yeah I haven't watched like Family Guy in like the last three years. I didn't even know Family Guy made new episodes. Still, they they do. I. I I watched some of last season stuff. How is it? I'll, I'll 
I'll be honest. I I don't think it's very funny anymore. Mm. Um, I, I although I do see people who feel the opposite for sure online, but I, I don't think he. I, I don't think it's been funny for quite a while. I think um, American Dad is funnier. Fuck yeah! Right now. Yeah, I Woo! I think it is. I really yes. do. Um, but uh, yes. yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah. Family Guy is just. I don't know. It's still going, but it's just, in my opinion, it's not funny anymore. American Dad is my fucking shit. I love Roger. I love. He's he's great. Well, I, I love I love that Roger just. I mean, much like Stewie, like Roger just gets like more and more like sexually crazy every year, which is great. But like the the voice is such like a Paul Lind reference, uh-huh. which yeah. is such a throwback if you know who Paul Lind is. That it's just like you know who ate all the pecan sandies. Like it's like <laughs> that stuff. It's just like so. If you grew up watching Paul Lind, you know exactly who that is and and the way that he spoke and all that. So yeah, I, I think I think American Dad is, is way funny. Uh, I love American Dad. That's like, oh, American Dad is my fucking jam. And I love the fact that, and I even pointed it out on Facebook a few weeks ago, that fucking Kevin Bacon, his Twitter profile pic. (laughs) Kevin Bacon's Twitter profile pic is Roger. With the nose? With the Kevin Bacon nose. It is so (laughs) fucking incredible. I love that. That Kevin Bacon can laugh about that. That whole episode where he like impersonates Kevin by putting on the nose and everybody thinks that that is actually Kevin Bacon is so hilarious. It's so funny. Oh god. What's the what's the one character that he plays that is like his most epic character? What's oh god, what what is the name of that fucking character? Ricky Spanish? Ricky Spanish, thank you. Ricky's back. Ricky's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's your, what's what's the duo that him and Steve play? Wheels and Wheels and the Legman. <laughs> I can't even do the stupid theme song, but they're like the detective agency. Wheels and the Legman. One of my favorite. I, I love it when Steve sings. Yeah. <laughs> He becomes like this R and B nineties singer. Yes, girl, like it's just so funny, <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, I love that fucking. You know, do you know you know the origin behind Klaus the fish? Do you know why why he can talk? Uh, yes, they put they switched the brains of like a German Nazi guy, I think, with or like a German supervillain with the goldfish. A German. Olympic skier. Olympic skier. Yes. Duh. A yes. German Olympic right. skier. They took his brain and put it inside of a goldfish. Yes. And I love I love that he just is like their pet. And in, in the first season, especially like the first two seasons, they really leaned into Klaus like having a thing for Francine. Francine. And it like yeah. the first episode, he's like, straddle my bowl. Oh, <laughs> Like he's yes. really, they really uh-huh. lean into that, and then they kind of got away from that, and then just like Family um, Guy got away from like Stewie yeah. with all the inventions and trying to kill his mom, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they got away from that, and then yeah. now it's more like they definitely have like Roger 
and Steve having like a weird sexual tension, uh, which, you know, again, they really play into even on Family Guy. They do that with like Stewie and Brian, you know, too. So American Dad, not part of Fox animation domination anymore, but it is on TBS. Have you guys seen the new animated series that's coming to Fox with like Maya Rudolph and who else is going to be in that fucking thing? I can't even remember the name of it. It's coming. It's going to be part of Fox Animation Dan- Domination or whatever. The, uh, Fox Animation Damnation. <laughs> That's what they should call it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't yeah. remember hearing about that. Maya Rudolph's going to be in it. I think it's coming out later this uh, in the fall. Oh, some okay. kind. It, it, I, it, I love her. She's great. I love her too. It's got a huge cast of like uh, some really talented people in it. Um, it's just that the trailer that I've seen for it was not that funny. So we'll see how that goes. I can't remember the fucking name of it. Look it up, people. Look, go on to IMDb. Look up Maya Rudolph and you'll see an animated show she's in. That's the show that I'm talking about. Then you can look at the trailer and judge for yourself. Hey, we're going to end this fucking episode. How's it sound? <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore. Don't give a fuck anymore. Don't care. Don't care. Haven't cared for a long time. Haven't cared for a long time. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't feeling it this week, and I don't know like if this episode reflected that. And if it did reflect that, don't give a fuck. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with my shit. You know what I mean, Rebecca? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Right. It's like just uh, fucking deal with it. That's it. Just yeah. deal with it. Yeah, I'm fucking menstruating. Deal with it, bitches. <laughs> menstruating. I'm menstruating. Deal with That's it. That's hilarious. Rebe- if Rebecca has to deal with my ass on the ride home, you got to deal with this fucking episode. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Jake, Jake's, you know what Jake's silence means? It means I want to get off of this call and I want to eat something. I'm hungry and I got to pee. <laughs> I'm in no rush. I've just I've watched very little American Dad. No, uh, we're not talking about American Dad. I'm talking about you wanting to get off the fucking call. That's what I'm talking about right now. So, uh, we are. I have been in my off, mouth, motherfucker. I- <laughs> Jake, Jake. Oh my god. Hi, I'm your server, Jake. <laughs> I got served is what I'm trying to say, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That was good, Jake. That was good. I liked it. Hey, you know what else I like? Ending episodes and not talking to you fuckers for a week. I enjoy that. (laughs) I enjoy that as well. This has been a uh, mediocre San Diego Comic-Con episode. It's been a mediocre episode overall. And so we're going to end it with that. Um, And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode 290. (laughs) (laughs) 294. See ya. (laughs) Fucking bitches. (laughs) never thanks for listening to pop culture leftovers congratulations i don't know how you did it i couldn't do it you people need a t-shirt saying i just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap anyway if you'd like to reach the pop culture leftovers cast you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com 
You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture push over. Pop culture leftover. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff and we're the chaff, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.